Welcome to the Pulp MX Show, presented by BTOSports.com. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, right outside the Lions' Den, with your hosts, Steve Mathis and Chris Kiefer. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah! Welcome, everybody! May 1st, 2017, the Pulp Mech Show, presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing, is coming at you live from Las Vegas, right outside the lines. Then we are back with a jam packed show. There is a shit ton of stuff to talk about. From Marvin Muskan moving over. Letting Ryan Dungey win, to Joey Savacci's penalty, to an insane semi-race, to Zach Osborne's incredible ride at New York Supercross. There is so much to talk about. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. On the show tonight, rock star Husqvarna's Dean Wilson will be on the number 15. Is he as good as the last number 15? No, but he's not bad. Dean Wilson will be on the show, qualified very well in uh, New York, and uh, had a decent main event going until he fell, I believe. I'll ask him. It was hard because I was watching Marvin putting the pass on the points leader, his teammate, and freaking out over that. Uh, but we'll talk to Dean about that. Super trainer Alden Baker will be on. Baker's guys went one, two, three in 450s, and Osborne won the 250s. He has four guys. That's how he did. Suck on that, every other trainer in the sport. Phenomenal. We'll have Alden Baker on from Baker's Factory to talk about that as well. We will have uh, also David Bailey and Jeff Ward. They are racing across America on bicycles, and uh, along with Mickey Diamond and Doug Henry and Wardy and Bailey will be on to talk about that. Love talking to legends. We had RJ on a couple weeks ago, and that was great too. So anytime we can talk to somebody like that, I'm all good, and I love it. But I wouldn't be able to talk to those people without you people listening tonight. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, including all those people that are very mad at Marvin letting Dungey win and all those people that sent me a photo of Frankie's pit board that says Ryan on it. Thank you as well. I love you people too. And the guy that said he saw me in New York and I look like a fat whale. Thank you also to you too. Thank you for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. BTOsports.com, fly raising, NFAB, Jeep and truck parts, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Vortex Racing, Gear Alloy, Roost MX, Pivot Works, X Brand Goggles, Michelin Starcross 5, KTMPartsExpress.com, Works Connection, FMF, Atlas Neck Brace, W Wheels, EK Chains, Guts Racing, Get Data, Ride Engineering, and Honda World of Downey, all on board with us tonight, taking this magical mystery ride down the road. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. We are going to give away a set of Fly Kinetic Rockstar gear in honor of Wacko Zacko's win. I don't know whether we're going to do an email contest. I don't know if we're going to do a call-in contest. We're just going to give it away at some point. And we have a commercial word of the day. We forgot to do that last week. We will do it this week. So listen to the word of the day in one of the commercial blocks and if you send an email to contest at pulpamexshow.com, you will randomly win a hat, a t-shirt, something. Clips of Rocky's Bassett hair, maybe. We'll do something for you. It's been great to have you guys listening. Uh, you can get this on the Pulpamex app, Droid or iPhone. You can get this on uh, a TuneIn app, Pulpamexshow.com. Uh, 
you can get there live and the archive. You can get it on um, uh, Stitcher as well. Although I guess the Stitcher show was messed up last week. That wasn't us. That was them, people. Lots of ways to get it. Amazon. If you're going to Amazon, uh, click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com first. Takes you to pulpamex. Takes you to the Amazon. Then we get a small slice of that, and we appreciate it. Also, Patreon people, if you want to go on Patreon and help us out, no problem there. We give away some uh, things on there. We give away some discounts, some deals, some early podcasts as well uh, go on there. So, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for you people. Thanks for listening. Met a ton of you guys in New York, man. Took a lot of photos. Met a husband and wife from Chile. Chile were there get, taking photos, saying they listen to the show. Then I met a couple guys from England that flew in just for the race, and they were flying out. That was awesome. They were super stoked. The best part of the England guys was talking to them under the RCH tent next to Kenny Watson, the, our own Kenny Watson. And the guy said, uh, I've been listening to the show for two years. And then uh, Watson said, what about the old co-host? And the guy's like, I don't know. Kiefer? Villeman? I like those guys. This guy had no idea who Kenny was. And then Kenny started screaming, I built that show! I built that show! The guy had no idea who Kenny was. So that's great. Thank you, English guy, for doing that and making Watson furious. I appreciate it. In the co-host chair for the entire show from Dirt Rider Magazine, DirtRider.com, Kiefer Inc. as well. You know him. Chris Kiefer. All right. All right. Anything happened this weekend? (laughs) Anything? Kind of run-of-the-mill Supercross. Yeah, I watched Arena Cross. all I watched. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Uh, we got to get into it. Yeah, uh, I got a lot to say about uh, that. Oh, you do. You were fired oh, up on Twitter. A lot. Uh, how's things at Dirt Rider Magazine? Everything's good. Yeah, I got the new issue with the 450 off-road shootout. Yep. and You got uh, a guy on the cover wearing uh, king gear. Climb. Yep, that too. <laughs> Climb is an off-road gear. Uh, Rollerball used to wear a gear called Kings. Kings? Yeah. Early like 90s. Like S or just King? Kings. Okay. Yeah, Rollerball. Is that like kind of like Hawks? Back in the day, Hawks gear. I don't Remember know. that? Uh, no, I don't. Travis used to wear Hawks. Really? Yeah. Oh. Ocelot? No. Wolf Sport? Um, everything good? Kiefer Inc.? Everything's good. Yeah. Kiefer Inc.'s good. Dirt Rider's busy. We're uh, just hauling ass on the July issue, and I'm doing a bunch of August dues. So, yeah, it's good. Cool. Um, later on, Kiefer After Dark, we've got some emails. Very, very later on. Yes. Kiefer After Dark will make an appearance. Yes. Uh, thank you for hooking me up with Jerry Bernardo. Yeah, how was that? It was unique. Bernardo's podcast coming out this weekend on Racer X. He's full of crazy. I don't know how much. He nah, he didn't dive into crazy stories. Nah, he didn't. Not nothing. Stories of mescaline and all this other crap. And I really uh, wanted Boston. him to go. I really wanted him to go deep. He didn't go deep. Yeah. Well, he he does have a lot of knowledge of the sport. He's been yeah. around a long time. That's good. Look for that this week on Racer X. Um, Great radio. We miss you, DV. Man, DV, you missed it. I was pretty bored on the way up here. I wish you were in Yeah, the... Heather didn't come with you? None of your Nothing. Janky, none of your janky buddies? No, I'm solo. Uh, thank you for the Starbucks, Kiefer. As always. Uh, we, are on Ra- we are on Facebook Live on RacerX Online. I think. Are we on? Hi, RacerX. Yeah. Okay, we're on. Oh, and I brought my trophies so everybody can look at it. So Adam can suck it, and so can Steve. Thank you. Adam and Tyler. Anything nap in studio last week? They were great. That's they were right. Awesome. Uh, taking your calls, handling things behind the scenes. Working on the app update, probably. Probably not paying attention to what's going on the show. The Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? Did you say something? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good. Are you going to race this weekend? No. He was at Salt Lake Supercross. Okay. And Didn't tell never you. told me. I never like said a word. I like that move, though. No tickets needed. No. Just in no. case he had to bounce. He's, you didn't got to worry about it. He never anything. said, hey, bro. 
Yeah. Where are you at? My me, my wife and I, we were walking around the pits, and it was like, it was after six. We got there a little late. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were walking through. She's like, Where, where's Steve at? I thought, Probably at Cowie. Let's go look. Sure enough. <laughs> he was. Standing there at Cowie. So <laughs> we kind of hang out for a minute, and, and we're going to, he was talking to somebody, so we didn't want to interrupt. And she's like, well, what do you think? Should we, should we yell his name or something? I was like, oh, let's just go walk around for a little bit, and we'll come back by because mm-hmm. Cowie was, was kind of at the entrance. Go through the whole pits. Takes half hour, 45 minutes. Walk back by Cowie. He has not moved. Oh, same spot. Same spot. We were in-depth conversations about... It looked very intense. Yeah, we were talking... Uh, All the smiling and laughing. Sternstrom and myself and maybe Mike Williamson was there as well. You were talking to one guy when we first got there? Yeah. Two... Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I was know there a coffee Williamson in his hand? Uh, we were probably talking about Stu. No, he had point. his hands behind his back. Literally oh, okay. every weekend, I'm like, hey, are you going to hire Stu back? You should hire Stu back every single weekend. So. <laughs> we'll see how that um, goes. Hey, we're going to give away some fly, fly gear as well. Uh, thanks to Jason Thomas. He'll be, he will be on later. And, uh, yeah, man, lots to talk about here. Uh, brought to you by RoostMX.net is Chris Kiefer. RoostMX.net, use the code PulpNation when you go there. they got a whole section. I put it on my Instagram. Go look. Whole section of uh, PulpMX t-shirts, some real cool uh, logos and signs. And, and use code PulpNation to save money on that. You can get stickers. You can get custom graphics for your bike. You can get their own graphics for your bike, uh, RoostMX.net, the official gear, or official graphics, I should say, of uh, Cycle Trader, Roost, uh, RoostMX's. And uh, Luke Reslin did well this weekend. Rock River. Alex Ray got taken out mm. by Dakota Tedder. We will talk about that. A lot of taken out this week. Tyler Entignap. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> he was 10 feet away from making his first main event. People weren't happy with my tweet. And Devin Raper's leg was stuck. It wasn't. It was. It was in the knee brace. He was fine. He was fine. <laughs> Drag his ass into the finish. It looked like he tried, and the bike wasn't going. Ah, it just looked like he. I tried. would have picked him up by his jersey. You're coming with me. Hop on the back. We're gonna go. <laughs> uh, all right. We're gonna talk about that later too, as well. I want to. Uh, maybe we'll. Maybe we'll uh, gear out like cold call. Uh, Tyler. He's yeah. driving here, so yeah. He's got nothing to do. Uh, we also have the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Offs, the NFAB uh, JGR check-in <laughs> with Jake Weimer. We have the uh, Truck Hero question of the day. And we have uh, Race Tech emails. And, uh, yeah, appreciate all you guys uh, listening again. As, like I said, it's great. It's great to have you guys on. Arena Cross this Friday night. Yeah, I'm going. I'm but stoked. You, but you are not sticking around for the I'm leaving Friday night. I'm in and out. Just like at home. Um, we cold call you last week. Yeah, you like that? Oh, I was sleeping. Sure you were. Yeah, sure you were. <laughs> Uh, I forget what it was about, but we tried to cold call him about something. One of the only guys that never answer is the guy that host, co-hosts. Sorry. The cold call. I'm usually pretty reliable. Music literally has you in it, and you yeah. can't even answer? Damn yeah. it. And couldn't even pick uh, it well, up. Well, next time, if you want to cold call me, just call Heather. She usually answers. Um, so. Hey, the truck hero question of the day. Let's get right to that. Whether it's back industries, undercover, NFAB, bedrug, husky liners, truck hero is a name you can trust when it comes to providing the finest products for your truck, Jeep, or SUV. Truck-hero.com. They help out the uh, JGR Suzuki guys. They're a parent company of NFAB, a supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA. Truck hero. This is the truck hero question of the day for Chris Kiefer. We'll get this right off the top. New York City Supercross. Are you okay with that? With what Marv did? Are you okay with that? Because I am. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with Marv pulling over on the last lap mm-hmm. to let Ryan Dungey by. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a it's not a, a team sport. I realize that, but Marv proved his point. He was faster. It's three extra points. You want your team to win, and you want your one of your best friends to win. Mm-hmm. I'm 100 fine with that. Yep. If the other teams are mad about it, hire more faster riders. Right. So I'm completely okay with it at this time of the year. Um, what I'm not okay with is 
the BS that comes out of the writer's mouth in the press conferences or on the podium. And I know people have been sending me, oh, it's against the rules. Here's the rule book. And it says fixing. There's no fixing of the race. But to me, that's a prearranged. That's prearranged. You're assessing the situation as you're racing, right? So Marvin, which I do believe Roger didn't have orders, but I think Marvin was thinking in his head, okay, I passed him in the main, which I think was good for Ryan because it's easier to ride offensively than defensively. So Uh I'm sure it got him into a flow, follow Marvin's lines. And then Marvin started thinking, I think, okay, well, I got to give these points back. And I called that. We were sitting, me and Travis were watching it at home. And I'm like, he's going to pull over last lap just to make sure everyone knows that he is the man tonight. That's a way to get paid your bonus. KTM will pay him his win bonus. Someone's got to. Of that, I'm 100% sure. Yes. But you have to sort of prove that you, you right. the race was yours. He was, did they show it on TV? Because I didn't get to the mains yet. I, I had to watch the semis first, and I never made it to the mains. Then I had to get ready for the show, and I had a podcast this morning about hockey. But did they show Marv looking around? They showed Marv looking back, like he almost looked back at the manager's tower. He looked around like three times yeah. out there on the track. Right. Like going like, okay. Where's the time? Where's Dunge? Where's the time? What's going Like Yes. He was assessing the race, and he was assessing the situation. So... That's fine. That's why you hire good riders as a team okay. in case this shit happens. I'm going to ask you this, though. Truck Hero question of the day. Yeah. Before you get to your point. Okay. I'm okay with it. You're okay with it. JT's okay with it. Wygant's okay with it. Hey, in the corner, are you fine with what Marv did? Yeah. Okay. So there's five of us that are perfectly fine with what happened. Why are so many people angry? Because he, from what I've gathered, from what I've read, is people are angry because... They think Dungey didn't earn it, which I hold on. Uh, so I think it's BS. If you're in second, you still earn. You're in the position to do this, right? If he's in sixth, Marvin ain't waiting for you to come around right. to get fifth. Yeah. So he earned it. I think he's earned whatever he's. It's not a championship. He didn't earn the championship. Bullshit. First of all, those three points aren't going to matter. Okay, let's say he wins by eight. Doesn't even matter. Does it? They're they're not going to matter. Right. I don't see anybody getting in the way this weekend in Vegas. No. So. My point in my, in my rant is I wish we were more transparent in our industry. I don't need to know every single fucking thing out there, but give us some transparency to make it more legit for the fan base. When you sit there and lie, when we just saw what we saw on TV and the people in the stands and you say it was a mistake, that is a slap in the face to all of us. That's like, do you think all of us are retards? That's not cool. I feel like it, no one's going to get can fined. You say, can no you one, say retards anymore? Can you still say retards? He just did. So, okay. no one's going to get fined. No one's going to get docked. Listen to me. If you just came out and say, look, I'm not in the, 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 the title chase. I'm way back. My teammate's behind me. It makes sense to get my him. My teammate and one of my best friends. Right. It, it makes sense for me to give him the points because him and Tomac are close. That's it. And people still might not be happy about it, but at least they'll respect Marvin and his honesty and KTM transparency. That's what I'm upset about. Like team tactics, whatever. That's great. But let us know what you're doing. There's so many instances, Kiefer, that I can tell you over the years where as a media guy, you get told two different stories about what happened or what are, where riders going. And I'm always like, all you had to do was have a meeting and everyone get the lie on the same page and they can't even get their lies on the same page. And that's how us find things out and, yeah. and report on and things. And then they get because, pissed off at you. Yeah, because these guys are so <laughs> dumb, they can't get their shit together. So I'm not surprised that there was probably no meeting. 
about what to do. No. There's probably no meeting about what to say. That's why Marvin's confused. And Marvin, one of the nicest guys ever. Right. You could see his interview, podium interview. Yeah. And he is. He's the nicest guy, but yet now he's going to get shit for lying. And it's KTM's fault for not just being like, hey, if you do something, it's okay to say, I let him pass me. Because, and I, look. And I, honestly, okay, I don't care what the rule book says. I saw the same thing that people, people tweeted me, the same thing they yeah. do. Uh, that would never hold up. AMA would do nothing. nothing. They would do nothing about what happened if they admitted it. If, if Marvin said, I can't win a championship, but I know KTM can, so I let Ryan Dungey win, nothing would happen. Is Arena Cross AMA event, yes or no? I don't think it is. I think it's AMA. Is, is it AMA? I think so. Okay. So, it happened. I watched Denver. Ben LeMay and number five guy. Jason. Jason Owen. Ben LeMay pulled over last lap. And let Jace win, and just straight up set it on the podium. So if it's an AM in the AMA rulebook, someone would get fined if that was going to hold up. It would happen there. It didn't, but they were just like, "Look, he needs the points." So here I go. I'm pulling over. Everything's fine. I said it. If people are pissed, whatever. It's part of having a good teammate. You need those guys at the end of a, end of a series to help yeah, you out. Yeah, Arena crosses AMA. Okay, yeah, so yeah. there you go. I just watched it Sunday. I was I was like, wow. Shocking. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing would happen. No. Pookie says you cannot say that word. Sorry, Pookie. Um, so, yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I'm i not surprised, though, Kiefer, at the lack of professionalism in not being able to say the right things. We just we instituted pre- post-race press conferences this year. The top three go, and then they pick riders to show up, or they ask teams to bring riders. Dungy has not come one time when he's been outside the top three, including riding an incredible race at Daytona from dead last. Right. Doesn't show up. This weekend, no Eli Tomac. Now, I know they're upset, and I know that they lost this title, and Dunge is pissed. If we were professional, LeBron James would show up if he missed a free throw at the end of the game or a three-pointer to win. You name the sport, they're coming to the press conference to tell the fans and the media what happened, how bummed they are, or whatever. But they can't show up at the press conferences if they're outside the top three to talk to us or the fans. Right. So how in the hell are they ever going to you know get their shit straight with a, with a with a with an honest answer? They're just not going to do it. It right. Doesn't happen. Yeah. So, uh, Nathan, you want to talk about uh, this a little bit? Nathan. Nate. Dog. Yeah. I'm here. What's up, Nate? No, like I said, I mean, I, I wanted to uh, you know back Chris Kiefer up on that and like the transparency. Like I I, I recorded a video on Instagram about it, and uh, as, as soon as everything happened with Marvin looking over at the the manager tower and i was just like we we see you doing it man just, right. just be honest and like chris Kiefer said in his his instagram post about arena cross like just be honest man like we get it like i would do the same thing you know if i was at that level and for my best friend shit i'd take out someone too not like yeah in a well, wish that's, way, but that's a whole different that, situation. yeah i have a big problem with right. marv taking the riders out right. to help dungeons and he would never do that and no, no and, I, no. and no factory team would do that no. they, they would never do that so that's a 100 you know not even but, debatable but yeah I, like I'm, I said, I'm with you, you. just to be honest man like like we've seen you looking around like you are the fastest man on the track i mean it was he was slowing but it's like just, just be honest man like yeah. you, you lock up your rear wheel in a flat corner and go straight like eh. people are all pissed but like oh you're crying about something who cares no, who but, cares but, but it's like no i feel though Kiefer, i get your point but i feel like people are mad not at the trans lack of transparency which some people are some yeah, are yeah 
I feel like most of the anger is just that this oh, race are. was fixed yeah. or, or, or staged. That's or, bullshit. You, or done. Dunn you know. should get second. He, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what they're pissed yeah, off that's, about. So they're almost mad about two things. Right. Lack of transparency, which you and Nathan are, and I get it. Yeah. Or the fact that, know, that Mark I mean, pulled over. Could you almost like say like like uh, the whole Reed thing, like just be transparent with it, you know? Oh, that's why I was bummed on Reed too, because he wasn't either. Like he was and, just like. And I said the same exactly. thing. I said the same thing. I'm like, come on, Chad. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. We know what you did. It, you here's know? it's it's almost such as like a, a life thing. Like you fuck up, okay? Everyone does, and you just come out yeah. like a man, and be like, you know what? I effed up. I apologize. Exactly. Here's the it. reason. Exactly. That's it. People respect that way more down the road. They might exactly. not like you right away, but down the road, they're going to be like, okay, at least he's a man about it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, Nathan. Exactly. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Thank for the call. Guys. Thanks. Thank um, Eli Tomac's crash, he didn't have a great day in qualifying or in the heat race or anything. He crashed in the main when he was in the lead, but I got to admit, when he got the lead, I'm like, this thing's over. Okay. A, it's over. He's going to take off. And then when he crashed Kiefer, like, you race without the number ones. Yeah. Um, what took him so long to get going? People ask me that, too. And it seemed like... Here's my thing. I think, one, I broke... I, I slow-moed that thing. I broke it down. He, he stand it up late. He, I think he was going to sit down and square it, and I think he just it got away from him. And when it did, I almost think it, it surprised him so much. Like, oh, shit. It happened, and then... He got on the bike, and I thought it was still running, and it wasn't. But you can see this happen throughout the whole year. A lot of these riders, they're not in a big hurry to jump back on the bike. You only see, like, the three-digit guys panic and hurry up and haul ass and get back on the bike. These factory guys are real calm about starting their bike, really methodically going, because they feel like they have enough time. Like, hey, I got 20 minutes. It's going to be a long time. The tracks broke down. Mm -hmm. I think he thought that he had enough time to get back into the race and catch up to at least a podium position. But I don't think the track let that happen this, this week. Yeah. He was just, don't give me this. He was off. That's it. Don't give me this shit about the red plate pressure no. and all this. He just, the track was, you could was only tough. go so fast on a track like that. If you tried to go faster, you'd bury it into the ruts. And people argue, well, about Seattle, look at Seattle. Different. It was a looser base. It was way looser. It was Sandy. It so. wasn't the same. So he just wasn't feeling it. You know, that's it. He just didn't ride that well. He didn't feel any extra pressure. I mean, good God, if he felt pressure. It would have been when they were tied. He would have, or yeah, he could have cracked in Salt Lake. Right. You know, I mean, that was a perfect time. I just think he had a bad race, and I think we always yeah. try to look for something to, to justify I, it. I think so, too. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, sometimes the simplest answer is the answer. Right. You know what I mean? And he just didn't have a good race. Yeah, and he, you know, um, he tried to work his way through, and I think he so, was a little bit too patient. Dude, is there any way Tomac pulls us off this weekend? No. I, I can't see it. Nine points. Those three that Marv gave him, I don't think they're even going to matter. No, they're not. It's not. I mean, Tomac might win. Dunge will get second or third. or uh, Who's going to get in the middle there? Anderson? No. Marvin? No. Millsaps? No. Baggett? No. And right. then we've never seen Cooper Webb, maybe, if you know he's been if hot he's and on, cold. Yeah. Chad? No. Barsha, no. Even if there is, there's not enough guys to no, get in between. No, there just them. isn't. There just isn't. Nine points is a lot for one round. It happens, so, but not in Vegas. If Marv comes out and says what he says, you're you're okay. You're I am not angry, totally angry on okay. Twitter. And I don't. And to go back, I don't think it's Marv's fault. I just think he feels like he can't say anything from the KTM side. You know, I don't think Marvin just decided, hey, I'm not going to say anything. I just feel like 
I better not just well, in case. This goes back to the professionalism of the sport, and it kind of ties into that press conference thing, where like these teams aren't organized. They're not professional. They're, if you look at an F1 team or what? a MotoGP team, yeah. that's professional. Well, I think they're professional. I just don't think they cover every base. I think, but your job as a professional to cover every base. I understand that. You literally I, have a staff of twenty standing around. But I think us as an industry, we're working towards that, and we're just not there yet. And th- and part of the transparency is, I think, is part of it. Well, Marvin and Dunge, after this weekend, if they need some parts for the KTM, they can go to part ktmpartsexpress.com. That's right. You just go to Papa Max to save fifteen percent off over forty years' experience in the motocross industry. Whether it's a Husqvarna or a KTM, uh, if you need some power wear parts, some power ex- accessories, genuine KTM replacement parts, KTMPartsExpress.com, Pulp MX code will save it. Go there, please, online. Uh, great shipping, um, great, uh, uh, great prices, fast, accurate shipping. KTMPartsExpress.com, everybody. Please go there. Uh, Alden Baker's coming up. A lot of stuff, yeah. He'd... What's he going to say? PC. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But he had a good night. Yep. Um... What do you want to talk on before he comes on? Do you want to talk about Zach Osborne ride or Joey Savacci's penalty? Uh, let's talk about Savacci. Okay. Joey Savacci crashes off the track. By the way, Toronto he crashed. Detroit he crashed. Yep. Uh, this past weekend he crashed. He's all alone. mental breakdowns. Yeah. And, right. and that's, I don't remember him doing that in the past. He's not somebody that we've always been like, okay, Marty. It's been 11 years of Marty making mistakes. Yep. And we go, oh, he loses the front end. He crashes. He folds. We get that. Joey won a national last year, challenged for the Supercross title. He did none of this weirdo crashing by himself stuff. Yep. So I don't know where that's coming from. But it's not good. Right. He did it again. Bike was facing the wrong way. Wygant timed it, said seven seconds oh, seven. from where he crashed. Okay. Well, what would you think? No, I, didn't. I thought it was longer. Oh, seven seconds from where he crashed to where he was uh-huh. uh, to go. We timed Christian Craig the next lap or something. And he takes off. And I got to admit, I thought he'd be penalized a number of seconds that would drop him maybe one spot or still allow him to finish right in front of Jordan Smith in third, right. get Joey third, because mm-hmm. that's how we do it yeah. on the AMA. Um, I've certainly seen guys cut the track before and get penalized seconds, but by the letter of the law that they enforced, Rockstar Husky protested. And Rockstar Husky? I thought TLD did. I thought Rockstar Husky. Oh, maybe okay. they both did. I heard it didn't Tyler Keefe went in there. Okay, either way. Okay. Someone's going to protest. Yeah. And uh, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they pushed him back five spots. So now Jordan Smith's up by one over Osborne and Savachi. Um, the penalty was harsh. I thought. No? I, I, I'm caught in the middle there because honestly... For what has ha- what happened, I don't really see that it's that harsh. I mean, why is it so hard to get back on when you know as a racer, wherever you crash, you kind of reasonably got to get on the track where you, where you exit. Here's why it's harsh, because we don't see penalties like that in the past. Right. It's um, always different. I get He would have got up and been behind Christian Craig in Four. fifth. In fifth. That's where he would have had he got on the bike when he got it going mm-hmm. and he probably would have repassed Christian. I would think maybe since Cirillo moves over for him in fourth. Okay. And, and he gets fourth. Okay. Um, if he just pulls back on the track. Right. So, so you're only for the AMA to say for the AMA not to say, Hey Joey, uh, you're in sixth. 
because you'd be right behind Craig when you got back on. Okay. They didn't say that. They said you're docked well, even more. Well, wouldn't you want to, you know, enforce the penalty because he cheated? Because that's basically cheating. I no, I get it. I'm just surprised going on past actions of this of the AMAFIM. Because I feel like if you just say, okay, put him in six, yeah. that's where he was going to be anyway. I feel like there's no enforce. You didn't enforce hey, shit. Yeah, they they basically said, hey. You can't get an advantage. You're, like, you're penalized for want to, for trying to get an advantage. I get that. Right. No, I get why they did it. It makes sense. I'm just surprised they did it. Right. Because they never they, do that. No. Right. No, because they always take the easiest route out and either just take some seconds off or just put him where he would have been or whatever. I'm just surprised they didn't do it earlier. Like I, I thought for sure he was going to get some kind of flag or something. Nah, you can't do that, I don't think. But, um, but I, here's my thought process when he did that. I'm okay. watching this yeah. and I'm like... What goes through your mind thinking, okay, I'm just going to go right here? Dude, I don't know. I, I asked that same question, and I was kind of told to shut up. You're in the heat of the moment. You're crashed. You're freaking out. Okay. You're freaking out. I get it. But why? a minute you're freaking out as a racer, you get right back onto where you were. I mean, you could have just drove in the center of the lane, rode in the center of the And the we concrete. saw that as well. Ronnie Stewart went <laughs> on the whoops backwards, and we'll get to that. But, yeah. Who else was in the middle of the lane? I think it was Alex. He wheel-tapped a fucking tough block in the middle of the, the lane. I don't think I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, he, like you got to be smarter than that. And I like Joey, but you got to be smarter than that. Exactly. Like, like These you, are what I don't understand. They don't like, break it down I, enough. I know Pro Circuit's thing was like, hey, he went safely. Uh, it's, Duh. I mean, you got you to say something. You, you know? got to go yeah. safely right back <laughs> where you were. Dude, I'm I just not sure. Again, okay, look, I raced for a long time, but I haven't raced forever. Kiefer, you do race. I know when you crash, you know, your, your, never, your, your adrenaline's yeah. going and everything. But you got to be like, this is not cool. I can't just... Right. Keep going. Yeah, and I've never been on the level of Joey's or anything like that. So I'm not claiming that. I'm just thinking to myself, man, you got to have enough, you know, yeah. <laughs> enough brain up there to be like, okay, I can't do what I'm about to do. So I need to go back, you know? I'm with so you. they just like, I think they just check out because. Dude, you can't be like, you can't take off and just be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. It's funny because I look at, I, I, I reference it to off road guys. These off-road guys, enduro cross guys, they foot plant, they move their bike around, they do all this crazy shit, right? Right from where they are. I feel like supercross guys, that's not even an option. Like, there's no fucking foot plant. They're just going to go oh. beeline across the lane and pin it. You got to think these guys are mini robots. They can't ride anything but supercross or motocross. All they've been doing all their life. But man, just yeah. yet foot plant. Ugh. You know, the, the thing about like where DV used to jump two lanes and DV used to like try to ride on the inside, the inside of, you know what I mean? Like these guys don't do that. There's no creativity. Right. They're robots. They just ride laps, you know? That's yeah. There's a lot of panic yeah. in supercross yeah. riders. Right. Um, because I don't think they're used to doing anything. No, because else. I, right. I understand because right. I rode some trials events yeah. and the first so, time I rode them, I thought I was just like, <laughs> hurry up and through it. You're like, no, you got to calm the fuck down. So you're okay with the AMA's penalty. Like you're fine with that. <sighs> I don't know if I'm okay, but I, it, something had to be done, and I, I'm yeah. okay with what they did. I thought it was harsh, and I'm surprised they did They did that much to him. I just thought they would take some seconds away or something. He's not out of it. That's what I, I care about. He's still in Dude, it. Dude, it's going to be fantastic. It's up weekend. to him to win the championship. That's it. Out of all those three guys, they've got to beat each other. So uh, it's going to be insane. Like, Yeah. Um, what also is insane is the discount that emailing James at PivotWorks.com gets you. Uh, PivotWorks, they've simplified your trip to the parts counter by creating a single, simple solution when it comes time to replacing the worn-out chassis and suspension components on your dirt bike. 
40 to 50% off of what the OEMs charge, people. So 40 to 50% off. Oh, Pivotworks prices are. I've used this stuff in my project bikes. It's fantastic. Don't waste time looking up every component on your dirt bike's chassis or suspension. Grab a Pivotworks kit, do it right for time, and save money. If it pivots, it works. If it works, it pivots. And with that, let's welcome our first guest of the night. This man, uh, he works with some of the top athletes that the sport has ever seen. And this past weekend might have been the best ever. He trains four riders, uh, Jason Anderson, Ryan Dungey, Marvin Muscan, and Zach Osborne. They went one, two, three in the 450 class, and Zach won the 250 class. It just doesn't get any better than that. Let's welcome Alden Baker. Alden, what's up? How are you? Hey, good and you, Steve, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, man, all, all good, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're good, man. Have you ever had a weekend what we just saw? Uh, not that good. I mean, you know... <laughs> Uh, last year, Detroit, I had all the three, the, the three four fifty guys, but I didn't have a two fifty guy. Yeah. So, uh, so this definitely knocks it out of the park, and I mean, it's a trainer's dream come true for sure. Yeah, so, no uh, doubt. Um, gosh, Osborne yeah. rode fantastic, man. Like, I yes. I saw a start. And I know he was fast all day, Alden, but I saw his start, and I'm like, hey, he's got to pass every single title contender if he wants to win this. How is he going to do yeah. that? Um, and, dude, he did it, and he did it with time to spare. Wow. Yeah, no, that was impressive. I also thought to myself, man, you've definitely got your work cut out, and, uh, boy, that's going to be a challenge. But, man, I mean, he he attacked it. Uh, he was committed and uh, very impressive, uh, you know, so... Yeah, I was proud of him, and, and he, I mean, he did it right. And uh, like you say, and with 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 some room for uh, for movement, you know, yeah. I mean, he got to the front quicker than I thought he would have got there for sure. <laughs> what's you he? Uh, what's he been like to work with? I've known him for a number of years. I helped him out with goggle stuff when he rode in in the in Europe, and he's new to your program. He won a, a race last year. Finally broke through. He's an older guy, of course, but. What's he mm-hmm. been like to work with uh, mentally and physically and attitude and everything else? I, I think the world of the guy. I really like him. I, I think he's got a good grasp on life and the sport and, and in yeah. general, everything. But what, what do you think? Well, Stephen, and 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 you're you're 100 percent right. I mean, I I didn't know too much. I mean, I did my research on on him a little bit, but I kind of didn't know, you know, a little bit about what he did in Europe and kind of the whole scenario, but. Boy, uh, I mean, what an impressive guy. I mean, his approach, I mean, in, in fact, left to himself, he'll almost, he'll do more than even what I want him to do, which mm-hmm. is hard to find. Um, and commitment, uh, his his attitude, I've, I've not yet seen the guy with a bad attitude or, yeah. I mean, it's, it's impressive. It's almost sometimes I think, man, <laughs> I don't know if this is just really a bit of a dream or, yeah. you know, but... No, what a what a top notch guy, and, and like I said, he does everything to the T. He's always prepared to do more if needed. Uh-huh. Um, his attitude. I mean, even when he had that that rough rough episode where he he lost so many points with the front wheel issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, dude, the way he kept composure and and approached it. Yep. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better you know scenario with 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 an athlete. So yeah, very proud of him and. and He's honestly a pleasure to have around and, and, and a great benefit to the group that I have. Uh, Pivot Works bringing you uh, Alden Baker on the Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing. If you have a training question, 702-586-PULP. There's nobody better to answer than the man on the line right now. So please give us a call uh, if you have something on your mind uh, about uh, about Alden Baker or his program or anything else. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great to have you on here. Um, so, Alden, 
Look, the whole thing about Marvin letting Ryan by at the last lap, I don't know how much you want to say about it. Marvin played it politically correct. We've been talking about it in all my shows and columns and everything else. Mm. I'm fine with everything that happened. That's why you are on a team. That's why KTM spends the money. It's the second last race of the year. Like, I'm okay with all that. Yeah, and and I can't understand why there's so much sort of, uh, I mean, mean, it's an impressive amount. And look, I haven't read. Read too much. Right, to be, you're not a big honest, uh, yeah. You're not a huge uh, no, internet guy. <laughs> I've got enough on my plate without digging into the the, the web part of and <laughs> seeing what people's opinions are and that because it's it's tough. But the biggest thing and in, in, in the way I approach it and, and even what I've said to my athletes, I said, hey, whenever you're in a situation and it comes down to where you know, and it's not often and it's not always a mm-hmm. perfect situation where. Well, man, you know, now you, we're running out of races to, to start just really just racing your own race. You've got to think. But the whole thing in, in that I feel is I would want to sit to Marv and I said, Marv, no one can tell you what you must do. The team haven't. No one's really just thrown everything at you. You do what you would feel if you were in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest key. I mean, Marv's won a 250 championship, and when it comes down towards the wire and the end of the deal, you really do, if, if it's tight, you kind of want your teammate to be a little bit more mellow with you or if you can possibly help that stand. And I think that goes around for yeah. every rider out there, every team out there. So I still can't understand why people – and, <laughs> I mean, Marvin proved – I mean, gee, Dunge has not once asked anyone to help him. And I think we've seen the last – bunch of races where the guy hasn't got a lot of help from a lot of people yeah. in numerous areas. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in a situation, I mean, Marv's come past Dunge before, taken points. Yeah. Nothing ever said about it. Nothing. He's raced his own race. We're not even and, and, and win a race and do, and you know, and has had a, actually, has, uh, if Marv hadn't have got sick and been ruined for two sort of races, you know, Holt would have been maybe a whole different scenario. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So therefore, like when you simplify it down, I still don't get it. Where you know, and even then, I mean, Marv definitely put the pressure on Dunge, went by him and all <laughs> yeah. the rest, and kind yeah. of didn't make it easy. And Dunge was, you know, fighting the track. I think everyone was fighting that track except Marv had a good groove and a good way. And I mean, he's using his talent and his ability perfectly in that situation. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, towards the end there. I, I mean, I haven't put Marv on the spot on mm-hmm. where, but I mean, yes, it looked like, yes, he had it covered. Now, to what extent he got that last lap not as good or whatever the case is. But I think I think that's really a decision that Marv has to call. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nunge couldn't talk to him on the radio and say, hey, my man, you know, do you mind? Or, <laughs> right. You know, so no one can. And that's where I get it. It's really, it was up to, to Marvin. It's either, dude... You know, I think yeah. Marvin did try and push it at one point because I was watching segment time mm-hmm. and try and get away. And actually, he couldn't. And then Ivan, when I analyzed and talked to each guy, he was, we trying to learn, okay, how can we be better mm-hmm. in all areas? And I said, Marv, you look like you had it together and then you actually couldn't get away. And he said, the problem was when he tried to push harder, yeah. it didn't work on that track. And I said, yeah, it kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. I think that's what Dunge was trying to do, was push it a little bit and it wasn't working. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, going back to that whole thing, I think, like you say, I think that's really a call that the rider makes in this situation, and it's totally up to him. I mean, I think if Marv couldn't stand Dunge and they were bad teammates, I think it might have been a different situation. Sure. We never know, but 
I think that's one thing where Dunge's got a lot of credibility with people where he's always been fair. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, step out of line, I feel. And even when he's, I mean, gosh, I remember watching that race with, with where he fought Davey. I mean, Davey was killing it. For, I, mean, yeah. I, was, um, I was impressed. I was like, dang, I've never seen Davey ride that good, you know, <laughs> and then for a long, long time. And then, and then, you know, but those are the things where, you know, really it's up to the rider. And yep. when, when Dunge finally got by him, I mean, I think Davey said, you know, okay, I've had enough and yeah. whatever. But it did its racing, and yes, coming down towards the end of the, the, the nail, I mean, I think, yeah, it's really up to... Yeah to the rest of the riders too. But yeah. I think from, from Dunge's point of view, I mean, you know, he's trying to do the best he can and he's he's not asking for favor. He's just asking for respect, you know, and that's, yeah. that's all. Uh, yeah, so. You know, Jean-Michel Bale in 1990 came back and Honda said, hey, can you help Mike Krodowski in this title hunt? Mm. And Bale said no, and they benched him. They didn't let him ride. Uh, Cooper Webb, <laughs> Cooper, yeah, true story. Cooper Webb uh, wow. let, let J-Mart buy at Salt Lake City like yeah. two years ago. And yes. again, no problem. Like it was the last round or what? It, like it happens yes. a lot. It happens. It happens in F one. I don't know about it. Well, MotoGP. Yeah. I don't follow MotoGP enough to know that. But NASCAR. Well, NASCAR. Mean, yeah. I remember in MotoGP when Nicky was up against Rossi at the last race at Valencia, and I was training Nicky, and I mean it was also minimal points. Mm-hmm. I know there was mention to all the Honda riders to hey, listen, don't make it difficult for the guy. Don't get in his way, or you know. Give him some room if it comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be that factor because at the end of the day, you know, who's paying the bills is the manufacturer. Yep. And the championships to the manufacturer are important. So I think at some point, I think we all, including the athletes, can figure out that, you know what, yes, if you are going to create a problem that's going to, you know, help out another manufacturer that you not getting paid by, mm-hmm. well, that would be stupid, yeah. you know? Yep. So, and I think it goes all the way around with everyone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Jersey was a little uh, hot and humid this weekend. So did you notice anything different with your riders, you know, as far as like... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely the... I mean, I even... Uh, I'd, I'd say the only person that really rode it the most economical was Marvin and probably felt the least effects in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, it's not like we've had actually much humidity even in Florida yet because it's been so dry. Right. Um, so, so in that situation, and I think with the rain in the morning there and, and the added, it, it was definitely a humid, hot and tougher race than normal, for sure, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think all the guys had to work for it. I mean, I know my guys had to put in a big effort and... Mm-hmm. You know, do you guys adjust for that and during the next week? Do you guys adjust? No, I mean, you know, going to Vegas is going to be completely different. I mean, I, we don't really sort of analyze, okay, what are the humidity levels? Like we focused on our new, uh, normal routine, which is, you know, covering our bases with the motos, with working on some speed. And, and also, you know, lately we've, I felt all our guys have been, struggling in the whoops and, and we've been having to work a little bit more on how we get better through the whoops to not give up so much time in that area. So I think it's it 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 is week by week and race by race what we learn from the race. But yeah on the humidity and all of that, really yes, it's still hot enough from Florida and, and we do ride outdoors, you know, outside. It's not in the stadium or anything. So I feel the guys are conditioned enough uh with that scenario. But, you know, some races, especially if the track is that 
in a way technical and you're mm-hmm. kind of on edge anyway, it, it, it kind of compounds. So we try and prepare the best and, and then, gosh, you got to go out there and, 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 and put it down, you know? Uh, for sure. Um, if this thing's not over, it's looking good for Ryan to clinch this weekend. Nine-point lead, and, and he's been the class of the field. His worst finish is he's been fourth all year. It came from dead last. But this has been a trying year for Ryan Dungey. Uh, mm. Generally speaking, his titles are wrapped up early. He's the class of the field. Um, he's got three wins to Eli's nine. Marv has – Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Marv has one more win because you know we saw what happened. But but this has been, in a way, if he wins this thing all, then this might be the most rewarding one yet for him. Yeah, and you, you're 100 percent right. I mean, and it's, that's the thing with racing and today. You you never really know. I mean, you go into the season and and all these guys at this level work hard and 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 I mean the support and everything is so you. You never quite know, and, and yes, uh, in the 17 years that I've been doing it, you know, as a trainer, you always think, man, you know, you you hope it doesn't come down to the last race because you just never know. And and we've we've had a good run for a while where it it kind of goes your way, and and certain things just fall into place a little easier. Mm-hmm. But this year has been a lot, definitely a lot tougher, man. You know, definitely, um, you know, having to. Get thrown a lot, and I mean, I think for Ryan, you're right. Um, I think this one, with regards to the most rewarding and the most having put it, and the most having to dig and dodge bullets yeah. and carry on. Yeah, yeah, this one counts as from sort his, of the test of all, of all tests so far. You know? Yeah, from his so, Seattle ride to his Daytona ride to, to yeah. just you know, I mean, some weekends he just hasn't looked as good as he has in the past, and he, you know, he's still yeah. looking good to pull this off. And all the stuff that all of us talk and write, myself included, about what's going on, what's strapped, like, he still has a great shot to win this title. And yes. that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's something where, you know, you, you look at the athletes and, and where you, you think to yourself, man, how it takes in all areas, no matter what. I mean, you know, you can have this ability or that ability, but mm-hmm. actually piecing it all together under all those stresses is difficult. I mean, even this year, just when I talk about how hard it is not to get sick in a season, and all three of my, all four <laughs> of them have been sick, where we've gone seasons and dodged those bullets alone. Never yeah. mind when they on the track and the racing part of it, but just, just yeah. staying healthy in a regular scenario. And boy, I mean, you talk about being tested and uh yeah but like you say i think the the end goal you know if you get that all together then that reward of knowing what you went through and and it, it, it is huge enough and i think it uh it makes it all much you know much sweeter when you when you get it done are you still uh helping out the ktm off-road team or is caleb russell still coming down and you guys still doing that or uh, not at the moment because obviously Caleb's in his season and carrying on. But uh, you know Charlie Mullins is is helping that whole crew out, and then Charlie, um, you know, checks in with me, and then I look at what he know he's got the guys doing, and then I kind of help, you know, just uh, you know point them in the right direction mm-hmm. or help Charlie and kind of guard that way. But it, then that's been really working out well. You know, that's sort of the next big step in. Almost okay. Another trainer kind of coming underneath me that can put his own spin and use his own knowledge and experience. Especially, I mean, obviously Charlie Mullins has plenty of experience in, in the off-road side, but uh, 
it's been really cool to see that. But they'll they'll normally, you know, as we go into the outdoors and that, then you know there'll be chances for like Caleb to come and and a couple of the other guys to come and ride and mm-hmm. try and you know get get them a little bit better. But at this point, you know, we we haven't just because of the whole difference between Supercross and and right. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, lots of talk about Dungey's future, uh, whether he's going to retire or not. Uh, Roger DeCoster said, you know, he's got an open contract offer uh, for whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. A lot of us think he's going to hang it up. What can you tell us about it? What do you think he does? And, uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that's always a big question. I mean, you know, and it's tough with, with you know, and I've seen it in the past with guys that have reached their goals. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think to yourself, okay, so what is – motivating the guy now you know is it uh you know is it has he reached everything he's wanted to do how much time has he been in, in this premier class mm-hmm. um and the top guys i think the biggest thing is is and you know ryan I, from what he's he's said to me he said man i just want to you know wait till after the supercross season is done get you know get this goal accomplished at least give it everything and then figure out okay you know what's my next step what am i going to do? What do I feel? Because mm-hmm. the thing with Ryan, too, is he's is that kind of guy that, you know, if he's going to do more and he's going to do another season, he's all in. We know what you're going to get with that guy, but yeah. he also knows, well, you know how much preparation, what I've got to give up, yep. what I need to do, and if, and if that's something that I feel, that I've told him, I said, you know, obviously you and Lindsay need to really analyze that and the whole situation with you know, wanting a family and, and when is that that time going to kick in and, and what are those scenarios? Um, so, yeah, he hasn't discussed or, or mm-hmm. relate to me like either way right. um, except for a, you know what, uh, and the team's been great because, yeah. you know, I think he's communicated to them and saying, man, you know, I know I have a you know a good offer on the table, uh, you know, and he, and he deserves, you know, I mean, obviously he's done so much for, for KTM. Um mm-hmm. But he's, you know, from my understanding, is hey, let's let's get through Supercross, yep, and and then figure out, okay, what's what what am I going to do? What's my next step? And uh, you know, look at look at those cards. Let me uh, let me ask you this way: We both know RV pretty well, and we know how he felt at the end of things, and mm. how frustrating it was, and how how great he was to deal with at times. Um, <laughs> do you see that in Dungey? Uh, do you see that? No. Kind of, no? no? No, that's just different people for sure. You know, I mean, you know what made what motivated Ryan? Uh, I mean, below, and and all his scenarios and and his accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was different. Okay. You know, I think the the uniform factor is that they've they both have great results and both accomplished more than they actually set out to do. Yeah. So I see that as being something where well, now's the case of well, are you motivated with wanting to go for another one or what is your scenario? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. um, we knew with Billow, like he was, you know, he had got to the point where, he, you know, he, he just didn't want to put, his, <laughs> yeah. put himself on the line anymore for, yeah. for, for what the reward was. You know, yeah. that never tickled him to go out there and, and put it all on the, on the line. And, and, yeah. and I think we all, we all got that, but, with Ryan, it, it hasn't come to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see that. <laughs> you don't see that. You don't see the absolute uh, pressure and uh, anger of going to the races. No, <laughs> no, that's the thing. I mean, Ryan still loves what he does. He, he, yeah. he loves the sport. And it's actually been amazing because even though he's been shown the biggest tests I feel ever, 
he's been super calm and mm-hmm. relaxed and almost sort of like, you know what, I'm always going to go and give my best, and that's all. Yep. And at least he's got a great team and good people around mm-hmm. that, that agree with that. Right, right. Yeah. You feel, yeah. You feel like you know. We know our sport's very hard, and it it takes tremendous physical strength to do this. And not only just to do that as a normal rider, but to get on your program where it's strict, regimented, and and you know, in the industry, yours is the toughest program there is. So, do you think there's a window of, you know, do you think there there's a window for each athlete that you have? Like here, I'm gonna do this, we're going to have this, and then by this year, you might be burnt out, or do you think that just depends on the rider? Because I just feel like guys yeah. get in, they get out, and they're just burnt out, you know? Well, I think it depends on the rider, you know, and and I don't think it's, it, I, I don't feel it's, it's the training and the structure of everything that really sort of rubs them wrong. I honestly just feel like it's the amount of races and mm-hmm. and and the expectancy and and so it is. I mean, they're expected to win and they're expected to do well. And then when they do come all in on my program and with the facility and everything, in a way, it's also well. You now have all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better produce, and that's not pressure, obviously, from me. I mean, I always believe yes, you put your best foot forward. You apply yourself, and you give it all, and typically the results will come. Yeah. There's never a guarantee in the sport. We know that. But I, I just feel like the, 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 as soon as the guy, I mean, just the amount of racing, and I mean, even look at what, we've got one weekend off and then straight into outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to do, me, and do, I've said it often enough, yeah. that's to me what's the guys never getting a, a taste of what normal life is at this point yep. and I feel the ones that haven't got the results yet well that's what's motivating them and that's what's yeah. charging them but as soon as the guys get the results and get their championships and all that then it becomes well it, it it's just burning them down I mean it, yeah. it, it is what it is and and I don't know how we get around that I, I don't wow can you believe they want to add more like you know uh well, we, you know, two USGPs. Uh, now we got a straight rhythm. We've always had the US Open slash Monster Cup. They're talking yeah. about adding more. Like, stop it, everybody. You know, stop it. I know. Well, that's the problem. And if you ask any of these guys that have accomplished decent goals and got a couple of championships and, and won a decent amount, that's what it is. They're mm-hmm. not. Yeah. There's no other sport out there like this one that the guys do not, and especially under this regime of training that they mm-hmm. have to do in order to be able to perform like they do, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's our problem. I mean, if, if they could get, yep. you know, two months off, I think it would be a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Uh, you know? You've got this new facility going. It's still kind of new. Let's call it still new. you got this facility down there, Alden, mm-hmm. and you're training the four guys, and, you know, you, you did some work with the off-road guys. And I know you're doing well financially and business-wise and everything else, but, dude, if you really want to kill it, Baker, you start opening that thing up. You get off the road, okay? Stop working with these dudes. Get off the road. Open it up to amateurs and, you know, sort of come in. I'm going to be here every day, and, and maybe you hire, like, a couple of sub-trainers. I'm not, and I'm not going for the job, so don't think I'm, 
going for the job here. <laughs> Get a couple guys underneath you. You start doing that, Alden, and people are going to flock to your place. And, uh, and so that leads me around in a roundabout way. Like, do you, have you thought about the future of the Baker Factory and what you want to do? And is that something down the road that you may look at? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something down the road that I want to look at. I mean, the, the goal at the moment is to try and build the, the most elite a facility that you can possibly have, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we are actually, the expansion has already started to what I call the B site, which is, you know, garages and okay. more tracks. And another outdoor track has just been finished. The garages are in place, getting built now. And another super cross track will be there for November. But that's to create the avenue for the rest of the affiliation that I have, obviously, with, yeah. with KTM and Husqvarna, which is the Husky, you know, there's some amateur kit that yep. will need some priming. There, There is off-road, we know, and there is the Troy Lee team. So, and I think everyone understands how important it is to have an East Coast base. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. that makes sense, um, and, it, and especially for outdoors. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. But... So the goal was to get it to the point where I can at least get to that and then let's run it with that system and iron out any issues and get a plan. And then I'd say, mm-hmm. you know, maybe down the line, yes, what you're talking about, yeah. heck, I've, I've, oh. I've heard numerous times. I mean, that on a business side makes a lot more sense, you know. You'd be but, printing money. You'd, yeah, be print- be- you'd be printing money, oh. Alden. It'd be so yeah, much babysitting. Nah, I know, uh, but, but uh, you know you know where I'm at. Yeah, no, I my know. My goal is, to, is the, you know, to, to have it a little bit more elite and mm-hmm. and create that avenue because, you know, the issue I have at the moment, yes, I only focus on, on four guys, and that's probably my limit. But, yes, yeah. I do need more trainers that's going to evolve. Um, but also I need a feeder system. Yeah. So yeah. the goal with that B side is to create the 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 other guys that then you can start analyzing sure. them and and seeing who will be the the next you know dungeon yeah, yeah. to fit in and and move forward and and also complement the program. But uh, yeah, I mean, but the one big thing is, and and I'm obviously excited about that is obviously I have affiliation with KTM and Husqvarna. That mm-hmm. group is phenomenal, and um, the goal is to make sure that I've pride. Yeah provide the best for for them and their riders right now. Yeah, they that was a smart move them locking you up. That was a great move by them. One of many they've made as a company, you know, since they since they started. So Alden, who wins yeah, who, who wins in their prime? Villapoto or Dungey? In oh. their prime. No, or Stu. No, we got to get guys. No, oh, he worked with Stu. That's right. He worked with Stu. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Oh, Stu, what if Stu? Yeah. Before you answer that, <laughs> what if Stu called you tomorrow and said, "Baker, let's get it back. Let's get the magic back." Because we all know <laughs> he's laughing. He's not. Yeah, I know he is. <laughs> can we? Can we? We. Some of us really want Stu to come back. He. He's phenomenal in every which way. Yeah. What? If, what if Stu said, "Listen, Alden, come back, bro." Come back. Dang, I mean, you know, geez, when I think about his ability and, and capabilities, man, I get a sparkle in my eye. Right? I just don't know, <laughs> I just don't know where he's at at the moment. You know, I mean, obviously, heck, I mean, I'm, he's like everyone, I haven't seen James in, in a while. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he's doing. But I also do believe that there is, again, he's, you know, yes, I think could, could James have possibly accomplished a lot more? For sure. We all know that, you know. But 
I don't know where the fire is or what the situation is because you you do I think with all guys. I mean, we've seen it with all the top guys. There is a point where I think that flame runs a little dry, sure. and, it, and it and it's you know it's really when they've felt like, man, I've I've won championships, I've done this, I've done that. Um, now is it a case of what? Just how many? Well, I don't know. You know that right. that does go individual, and so yeah, I don't know. But man, when you do think of you know, every one of the guys I've trained, I mean, you you think, man, each guy has had such unbelievable ability in their certain areas. You know, maybe mm-hmm. one that hasn't been as gifted and talented, but, man, the work ethic is made up for it. And it's, so it's crazy to, to see it, but it also tells everyone that, man, it it takes a bit of everything to really mm-hmm. put it together. All right, let's let's we won't put you on the spot with this, but let's go, let's go this way. Let's go this way. So RC, <laughs> Stu, yeah. Villo, and Dunge, right? You've worked with these four dudes, so many wins, so many championships. But what's the first thing that comes to your mind at each of these guys? Like their strengths. Like what what amazed you about them? So we'll start with RC. Like what was something that just blew you away? Well, I mean, firstly with with Ricky, his his ability to put in that amount of work with not being sort of especially athletically gifted. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, yes, he could he could ride a motorcycle yeah. for sure. I mean, we knew that from 125 days, you know. But his challenge, I mean, just alone with the diet that he used to have to stick to in order to make, you know, yeah. himself, you know, workable in as, you know, as an athlete in this sport, um, and his dedication to on his own. I mean, yes, you know, I was with him, but those were the days where everyone would hide in their camp and ride and yeah. just ride and train and train and dig it out, dig it out. You know, um, I got to give him credit. You know, he didn't. He had no one on the track that could push him in practice. Yeah. So everything had to be driven by him. And yes, he had a great bunch of people around him that was there to guard and help mm-hmm. and that. But he's the one that orchestrated that a lot, you know. Yep, so yeah. I got to give credit to him initially orchestrating the right people around and also being able to dig for those many years on tough conditions. I mean, today, yes. I mean, I've got a full-time tractor. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, <laughs> we, yes, we don't manicure as a track, but if something's not right and that, man, we, he's in there and he's this and it's watered and it's prepped and it's this and that. And I've used... Ricky, even today, as an example to these guys, and say, man, if you saw what Ricky would ride, and and just not even a complaint, yeah, and you know what I mean. So the errors change in what they yeah. do, but I do feel from the beginning, Ricky was able to piece that together very, very well, and 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 get a handle on it and and make that work, which was very impressive. Okay, Stu, what comes to mind? Well, I think when you think of James. Gosh, just immense ability and talent. <laughs> right, yeah. Something on a bike. I'd watch him and I'm like, wow. I just, I mean, that, how do you, you know, I would think to myself, there's nothing you can tell this guy. No, you no, know? no. Not on a motorcycle. I mean, it yeah. would be insane, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's just that, that bike ability that would come so easy to him and effortlessly, you know. Um, so, yes, and in the training, I think, you know, he only – you know, he got hold of me when I think he was in a bit of a hole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good move on his end. And, and we pieced some stuff together and he was committed and attacked it. And, heck, I mean, he's the only other guy to do 24-0. and 0, Yeah. Know? So it shows when he's on, he's 
and, and as long as he keeps that focus, I feel he was unstoppable. I think it was difficult for him maybe to keep that year after year continual focus. Mm-hmm. Um, where that's where Ricky kind of had a little bit more of an, a strength there. Right. So uh, uh, okay, Our, talent wise, gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, RV, yeah. what comes to mind about RV? There's another guy that uh, you you look at him and you think, man. He doesn't enjoy any part of this training, any part of anything <laughs> in, this, in this field, but yet full commitment to understanding that this is what I have to do because this is what the company that pays me wants from me, mm-hmm. and I better produce. Otherwise, I'm going to be a, a construction worker on the side of the road or you know, really having some regrets down the road. And that's the way he looked at it. And Amazing how in more of a negative sort of, uh, I would say... Uh, like a negative drive? Around, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, he wasn't the kind of guy that you, you could actually give him a lot of props and say, hey, man, that looked fantastic. He would actually almost then go out and ride worse. <laughs> and, and that was weird. But if you told him, nah, that still didn't look good, yeah. man, there's... There's at least another second you leaving on the table. Yeah, yeah. And boy, that that would so just a different motivation, you know. Yeah. Um, but there again, in, incredible talent in the way he rode and how loose he was on the bike to get it to to ride like like he could get that thing to work, you know. Right. Uh, um. So yeah. Uh, Dunge. And Dunge, I feel. Then now there's a guy that genetically very gifted. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, amazing to see how the mentality of how he wants things that perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And we normally guys that don't really analyze things that much. I think, yeah. in, in, you know, other riders, it would be good if they did analyze in all areas a lot sure. more. Dunge analyzes in every sultry area and always looking to find a way of where he can be better. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is impressive to see. And sometimes, you know, you're almost going to say, no, 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 you need to turn that key off now. Yeah. You know, you you you're good. You don't need to be analyzing anymore. But to find that sort of, you know, I don't think, I mean, you look at how he came up through the amateur. It wasn't like he was given a lot or. Yeah, he wasn't know, Stu or Ricky or any of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Propped as, as well. Yeah, as, yeah, as the next sort of animal. He worked at everything. He watched everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the days when I was with Stu and, and Ryan was down there just riding and mm-hmm. I wasn't training him. Right. But you could see him watch every solitary thing, continually learning. Right. And to apply that with for a guy that also didn't have a lot of people around him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was kind of left out there a little bit to sort of figure stuff out on his own and how he did that. And I mean, that, that's an ability and, and, and an impressive thing to mm-hmm. see to and how he's absorbed all of that, and then to finally know and piece everything together like he has done and get that incredible, I mean, stability, and, I mean, that that is impressive on its own, you know. Think about those and guys. We just, a, yeah, we just listed all those you know, guys. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and I say also the other thing, you know, you don't let's just forget about that guy to come out in his first 450 season and do as oh, well as he right. did. Yeah. Hey, man, that's, that's alone, like, massive. Or to, to jump with KTM and be like, yeah, your bike's not that good. I trust you. All right, I'll go there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Think about those guys. We didn't we didn't even ask about you, you about Kenny either. Like phenomenal. There's a lot of great guys. Line come, of yeah. people and and Rattray and Weimer and yeah. Townley and yeah, like Baggett's man. Baggett, yeah. Baggett's in the day. And man, that guy. You know when he got his his act together on. I mean, on an apple back, it presses. <laughs> there were some motos around the twenty-minute mark where he just started. You're like, "What is going on with this kid? Like, he's, does he have a rocket on his back?" So unbelievable, yeah. So no, I've, I've, I look. I've been blessed mm-hmm. to have a bunch of phenomenal. I don't have any regrets on any one of the guys that I've, you know, had. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot out of them. Um, it, it has been an, an unbelievable ride for sure. You know, one thing about you that I admire, Alden, and I've said this to a few other people, is like, you, you, you. For one, you're a straight shooter. When I ask you a question or in a text or whatever, you're a straight shooter as much as you can be. And if you can't mm-hmm. say something, you say that. And we need more of that in the industry. Mm-hmm. For number two, Kenny, Adam, you know, there's been some breakups that haven't gone the greatest, and that happens in our mm-hmm. sport. You always yeah. take the high road publicly, privately. Anyway, you want to say yeah. you take the high road mm-hmm. with it and you wish everybody well. And I think there's a lot of people in the industry, gear guys, teams, mechanics, whatever, might be myself even, that could learn from watching your professionalism in every way, uh, how you handle things. So I just want to say that. I always, I always admire well, the way you handle you. things, I, you know? I appreciate that, man. But, you know, that comes to, I mean, my parents always taught me, you know, and all those, the, and those specifics, you know, and, and I don't forget that. Remember, I came from a country, you know, I'm blessed to be here. No matter whatever happens, you know, I appreciate just the opportunity to be here. Mm-hmm. Never mind to be in a situation. So I'm constantly reminded that, you know, that's the situation. So, yeah, any, you know, like you say, when and you're never going to be in everyone. No. Good eye, you no. know, not in this sport. I mean, yep. but and I respect it. I mean, I think that's what makes the sport go around. Um, but it is on me to make sure that I conduct myself, that I can look back and also, you know, I have a son, and I don't want him ever to say, "Man, Dad, you acted like a real, you know, goon <laughs> there or something." You know, that would disappoint me more than anything else. And yeah. that is important, and I, I got to stick stick to that because also the riders that I have. I want to influence them in the right way. I think that's one of the most important things. We see how short these careers really are when mm-hmm. they get to the high level. And I think the important thing is, is beyond that, you know. So yeah. I try and do the best to make sure that I don't mess that part up, you know, with I'm sure, acting the wrong way. I'm sure my listeners will be calling me, you know, an ass kisser, but that's that's fine. That's the way. That's how you feel? How you feel? That's how I feel. I just feel like uh, I, every time I talk to you, I learn something. I learn. I see how professional you are, and I wish more people would do that in the industry, um, and maybe myself included. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So. No. Well, well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate the kind of words, man. That um, means a lot. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for staying up late for us. Uh, congrats on the success in New York. Uh, phenomenal yeah. job. Top three 450s, winning the 250s. And uh, I'm sure I think this weekend will go well for you with all your guys as well. And uh, thanks for your time, Alden. No, thank you guys. And keep up the good work. And I appreciate it. All right. See ya. See ya. All right, brother. Cheers, Zach. Bye-bye. Alden Baker, everybody. Pivot works. Pivot, pivot works. If it works, it pivots. Pivot works. I kind of broke it down from what he gathered with all those riders. So, cliff okay. note version? Yeah, cliff note version. Um, by the way, we're going to take a commercial, but we're too late, so Dean will come on right away. And, okay. So, Stewart, yeah. most talented. Okay. That's yeah. what he's yeah. getting at. Yep. Dunge, biggest head case out of all of them. <laughs> That's what I got. Because of the perfection thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villo, bitch the most. Okay. <laughs> yep. I-, I can vouch for that. RC, 
hardest working. That's the what yeah. I got out of everything. Uh, I know from people who have worked with Dunge, yeah, he tests himself into a into a standstill. Right. Looking at and the what bike. I mean by head case is yeah, like yeah. he he he's always nitpicking shit. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. got to be strong mentally to win yeah. shit. So. Yeah. But I mean, again, did I come off like too much of a kiss ass there? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. But I do think, you know, I, I totally forgot. And I spaced it. I wanted to ask him about the forearm strong thing and stuff like that and how he, how he feels. But, you know, I, I disagree on some levels of the, of the spray thing. But, you yeah, know, I, I, that's his deal. That's whatever. That's, listen, that's fine. I'm sure the check's cash. The forearm thing, I think, works. Yeah. I could see it working. Yes. I get that. It's a physical thing. It's yes, like rolling I your tennis ball on your arm Correct. or massaging it or whatever. Correct. But yeah, I'm, I'm out on the spray, but so that's okay. Um, uh, but I do really feel that way about him. When I ask him a question, yeah. you know, even getting some private information for a column or yep. he's like, ah, I can't, you know, I can't say that. I'm okay. That's cool. Or he'll be like, you know, yeah, you're right. You're going in the right direction or whatever it is. He handles himself with, with the Roxon thing and the, and the Cincerillo thing and everything. He always handles himself. Yeah. He, he gave good thorough answers. I think he's a nice dude. Uh, absolutely. Dean Wilson coming up here on the uh, Pulp Mech Show. Evan, what's going on? How are you, man? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good. What's going on? I was just curious. When do you think the other uh, Japanese manufacturers, along with Cowie, obviously, going to get on the uh, electric starters? I think the oh, uh, I think the Yamaha next year. Kiefer, did you next see year the... a lot of these guys will have electric start? Whoa! I think that was a little bit of like a I know but I can't really confirm thing. Now we okay. saw photos, Evan, mm-hmm. of the Yamaha from Japan. And that looks like yep. a finished product, uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, the Kickstarter is not there and everything. Um, the case, you know what I mean. So, I think Yamaha for just, sure. You know, Chad's been I'm testing. Just curious, obviously, sorry, I'm just curious. Obviously, on Tomax end, obviously he would have lost way more or way less points. Yeah. Uh, that night, if he had one, I mean, it just seems so yeah, obvious. It's, it's funny you say that because I was thinking that too as he was kicking. I'm like, man, he would have been gone by now if he had yeah. electric start. I mean, way gone. So yeah, that's yep. just my point. Anyway, no, and that's millions of dollars at stake and everything else. So. And but you know, look at this. Reed had the option to run it. He decided not to because when you have a starter, it kind of drags a little bit and takes some bottom end away. So they need to work on that part of it. I think. So I think that was some of the reason. So uh, if you I had to pre- if you had to predict Kiefer, which bikes would have it? What do you think? I I'll go with Honda and Yamaha for sure. I'm agree with that. Uh, I would say Suzuki would probably have it as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, obviously Honda's got it now. I, here, that's but, the next yeah. standard for everyone to have. Yeah. That's everyone's going to have to have that to at least keep KTM in sight yep. because they're developing. These Japanese are a little bit behind, kind of like Canada, Steve, a little bit Canada. behind, a little bit behind the times, you know, I think that was an insult musically. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I would say next step for all the Japanese is have electric start. Now the oh. weight, the weight thing, I think they're going to be behind a little bit. Weight's tough to get off and keep reliability. You're so that's going to be tough. Yeah. And obviously the steel frame with, yeah, KTM and the Huskies help that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for the call, man. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Paul presented by BTOSports.com and Fly Racing. Hey, people, uh, listen up. There is now a new way to watch the entire Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship live and commercial-free. It's called the NBC Sports Gold Motocross Pass. Non-stop racing, all the qualifiers, all the motos, every battle, every crash, every moto. A, table, a cable TV subscription is not required. So <laughs> if you don't want to pay for NBC Sports because you're too cheap, that's fine. Buy this app. Uh, stream the races live without interruptions on your computer, uh, iPhone, Droid, Amazon, Apple TV, Chromecast, all those things. Learn more at NBC, NBCSportsGold.com. I think it's 50 bucks for the year. I got a question. Uh, and you don't get any commercials or anything. What? Is all the motos on NBC or are we going back to Mav? I think we're going back to Mav. Uh, no HD. God. 
Dang it. All right, bro. Uh, EK Chains. Have you ridden with EK Chains? Back in the day, the color chain. Yeah, but what about now? I haven't. They got some cool stuff coming down the wire, and Vortex is working with them a little bit. So keep an eye on EK Chains. Uh, you'll see something uh, more approach from those guys down the road. We thank those guys for coming on the show. Fly Racing and uh, BTOSports.com as well. Save at BTOSports.com with um, the uh, code uh, of uh, Pulp MX. Right. But you can't punch it in. you got to call there and mention it. Or you can put it in the coupon code of her the coupon spot. Or the notes spot, and they'll take it off. That's what I've heard. All right, Chad Reed, Cooper Webb, they use Vortex sprockets, uh, vortexracing.com. Vortex is all the cool stuff, including some uh, brake parts and tie-downs and, and chains and, and sprockets. And uh, like I said, Factory Monster Yamaha uses Vortex, as well as the Babbitt's Cowie team, who this weekend, Gavin Faith, the final round, he's got a three-point lead. I think it's more than that. More than that? Yeah. Five-point lead on Chris Blos. I think it's six. Six-point lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Blos is second, and I think Jace Owen is third. So. Coming to the last weekend, this weekend in, in Vegas. Kiefer, you'll be there. I'll be there. Email Jake at Vortex Racing if you want the same bars and sprockets that Babbitt's Cowie and Monster Yamaha uses. He will give you a hell of a deal. Uh, Vortex is pleased and proud to bring you our next guest of the night. He had a, uh, a good night in New York. Probably not as well as he would like, but it was good all around. Rockstar Energy rider, Dean Wilson. Dino, what's up? How are you, bud? Hey, doing good. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. 702-586-7857 if you have a question for the great Dean Wilson. Uh, nice qualifying this weekend, bro. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was good. I was quite happy with that. It was, uh, I was feeling pretty good on the bike, and the, the track was pretty rutty and gnarly and soft. And Yeah, so it was good. The first qualifier, I was sixth. And then the second mm-hmm. one, I was third. Uh, just a couple of times off of first. So, um, yeah, speed was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt pretty good all day. Uh, start fell suck. Oh, dude, what about but, your starts? Um, what about your yeah, starts? You think, like, it was 17, you think it was 17 rounds, like, <laughs> at least one of them I would get, like, a luck spot, you know? But, um, oh, man. Yeah, it was, a, it was an all right night. I mean, uh, it was it was all good. <laughs> What's up with the starts? So right. like, okay, look, I had my rider when I worked for Red Dog. He's his starts sucked too, and I always said to him, "It's mental because we would go to the t- go to the track, Dino, with uh, three packs of clutches, and he would burn through them yep. all. And they were vi- we would videotape them and we would watch them, and everything yep. was good. And then we get to the race, and one time it's reaction, one time it's the guy next to him. Uh, we'd start by yep. the box, we'd start on the inside. Nothing worked because it was mental. Yeah. For- yeah, for me, I think it's clutch control. I think when I get on the, like, in practice, same thing. Like, I do a bunch of starts all week. Um, I even actually called Jeff Emig to come oh. to the track and help. We worked on some te- techniques because I just thought it would be it's someone that's always had good starts. So I, I just asked him to come out for a day, and he came out, and we spoke a lot, and he helped me. And my starts were actually half decent in um, Salt Lake. It's just uh, in the main I didn't do a start on my parade lap. So, like, when I did a start in the main, mm-hmm. for some reason, my rear wheel sunk into some soft stuff. Oh, like, okay. That was, my, that was my main event start. But, um, yeah, it's just, I, th- I know this weekend it was clutch control. Okay. Yeah, I just, like, kept popping the clutch, like, no clutch control. So, I know that's for sure what my problem is, and I, I need to figure it out. It's pretty frustrating. Because, let me tell you, Vince Freeze and Michael Lessie, they know they have no chance in hell of winning that main event, but it him. does not matter. Vince is better than Mike. Mike, Vince is better than Mike now. Yes, they get that start because yes. they just know it. Yeah. They know it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Kiefer, yeah. 
No, I was going to say, did you notice anything different between your, your clutch, you know, from your Yamaha cable than the hydraulic on the Husky? Oh, good anything, question, anything Kiefer. different? Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's definitely different, but, man, my starts, I think, were worse than the Yamaha. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, so bad. Like, especially in the first heat race, mm-hmm. I was last going into the first turn, and I kind of get lucky on getting through the, these little pockets, and I'm, like, kind of in the top six, seven, but, man, it's, like, it's just not good enough, but... <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, hey, let me ask you this because this, this drove me a little crazy, but, but I want to get a rider's opinion. Barsha was on the Supercross live show and said, Hey, I'm still getting used to the Suzuki. Now he missed some of the year. And so there, you know, there, he had 10 races or whatever. And I'm not saying compare yourself to Barsha in that manner, but I'm like shaking my head as a former mechanic. Like you're still getting used to the Suzuki. Okay. All right. Sure. But for real, Dino, can you back that up? Like, okay, you rode the first four rounds on a Yamaha, I think, whatever it was, yep. and now you're yep. on the Husky 450. Is there things that are there things that you are learning on this bike still? Ah, that's a good question. I think. Uh, Thank you. I don't know. I think it's just getting the bike set up so where you're so confident in it and you know exactly what it's going to do when Mm -hmm. you hit bumps and sections and whatever it may be turns you know but as far as just getting used to the bike in general i mean i'm obviously i'm used to it i think that only takes two or three weeks you know like but just to really fine tune the bike and where you're just completely in sync with the bike then yeah it may take a little bit more time but um for me i'm really comfortable on the bike and it's just it's just, you know, me. Right. It's just me. <laughs> um, how's the outdoor stuff coming along? Uh, you th- you started with it a little bit? Yeah, it's going good. We've had probably, well, we had a really sweet two days in Zaka Station, I think, what was that, two weeks ago? Yep. Uh, the Honda, RCH, Troy Lee, uh, Husky, and then who else? Uh, well, there was Geico. a shit ton of dudes, Did you say yeah. TLD? Was, yeah. Did you say TLD? I think they were yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So we all we, they all rented Zaka and they did a really good prep job on that truck, like mm-hmm. super muddy and rutty and rough and like you know with all of us riding it, it was just really good and um, it was really like an out, the way they prepped it was like an outdoor national where it's real muddy and like oh cool yeah yeah super gnarly. So we had a good couple of days out there testing and that was my first couple of days outdoors and then uh, yeah and then I probably had four days since then I, so like. Tomorrow I'm going to ride outdoors, and then I'll ride Supercross Thursday, and then, yeah, that'll be it. So um, it's going good, though. I, I feel comfortable, and, you know, I think with the 20-minute min event, or, you know, it's 21 minutes, I think that's going to help, you know, a little bit more going into the outdoors with, you know, time-wise. You mm-hmm. know, I think you have a little bit of a bigger base uh, going into the outdoors. So I think uh, it definitely helps a little bit. What's your goals for coming outdoors? Like, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? What would you be happy with? I would be happy with top five. Uh, I mean, I think top ten is obviously a good goal and uh, kind of realistic. But I think top five, I'd be happy with that. And I think that would be good. Like, you know, I think I'm capable of it. And um, I don't know. We'll just see where it takes us. I don't want to set the bar too high or say something unrealistic because I think I'm doing a good job of just being, you know, use this as a building year because like I said it's almost like it's mm-hmm. like my first field year almost like since yeah. 2010 that's sure. a long time ago so uh, or sorry 2011 2011 so uh, yeah it's it's just like a, almost like a rookie season I want to get through it 
and build a good base, and then next year, you know, have a have a really strong and and maybe you know mm-hmm. push myself a little bit harder. And it's not like I'm not pushing now, but you know, it's, yeah, it's just not worth to take a stupid risk. You know, as, as I think a full season is really good for me. I'd like to see you stay with that team next year. Uh, I don't know what their deal is. Uh, Zach could get to stay down now. Have they talked to you about re-signing, or is that sort of happening now? Well, they haven't said anything yet. I don't, I'm not sure if Jason is uh, the deal is done yet or not. Okay. So, um, obviously, Jason's uh, their first priority. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with that, but yep. yeah, I definitely love to stay with the team. You know, I'm gel with it really well, and I've rode for Bobby previously in my career, mm-hmm. and I'm just really comfortable. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would imagine. I'm surprised you don't know, though, Steve. I thought you would, uh, <laughs> you would know this type of stuff. I know. I don't know. I don't know everything. I try, you know, I, but first of you, all. Uh, you really do surprise me sometimes sometimes i'm just like how did he get that information <laughs> yeah i try man i i got a lot of people that a lot of friends but uh anderson's not anderson and i don't talk a whole lot i know this may surprise oh, you but... That's right. That's right. <laughs> um but uh, but talking about anderson um that team as well uh and zacco included in this but mohead is awesome he's a good dude and he worked for nick way so anything you throw at him for bike changes he can handle <laughs> no anything you throw oh, at him sure. like yeah. anything <laughs> He's never. It's not like he's never heard it before. Working with Nick. No, no. Yeah, uh, Mohad's awesome. Really, really hard worker, and uh-huh. and yeah, we get along well. So it's, it's and, good. And Anderson, I imagine you and him probably get along pretty well. You guys had battles back in the day, but who cares about that now? And he's a kind of funny yeah. guy, you know. I think you guys would get along well. Yeah, we. You know, it's like when you're racing someone, it's like kind of your rival, but we do get along really well. And he's just like a really like. It's weird. Like he's off the bike, he's like super mellow and just chilled out. Mm-hmm. And, but then when he's on the bike, he's like pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. It just it, it kind of like blows my mind. Like <laughs> I don't know. He's just so mellow when he's off the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah uh, so, it's all good. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Hal, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, what's your question for Dean Wilson? Hey, Dino, uh, podium bound man. You're having a great year. Really proud of what you're doing, and hope uh, Husky keeps you for. Yeah. Next year, man, look forward to you uh, killing the outdoors, man. Um, oh, thank you, thank you, and thanks for the support. How? Here's a little story on how. How's had my my back since for a, quite a long time. He gave me a little medal at Buzz Creek from. Uh, what was it from? How? Uh, it's for, uh, well, I was I was in the Marine Corps for a number of yeah. years, and uh, it, it was a, it's a challenge coin from, oh, yeah. uh, from yeah. my old unit. Yeah, from. Oh. Uh, Four three comma Italian. Oh, how we've we've so met. How you know I met? How's yeah. a great supporter and always has my back. So he's it's it's nice to have uh, guys like that for sure. And thanks a lot, Hal, for the support. Why, Hal? Hey, what what is it? And we've talked before, Hal. You and I. Uh, thank you for signing up on Patreon and everything as well. Um, Hal, what is it about Dino that just first attracted you to being a fan of his? Like what? Uh, man, you know it's just the it's just the the straight up perseverance, man. Just the. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm a U.S. Marine, you know, I, and it's just the gritty, mm-hmm. never die. I don't give a shit what you throw at me. I'll go do it myself. <laughs> right. And try to stand in my way, and uh, and I'll show you how how it's done. And that's, that's just the and just the professionalism. I mean, he doesn't talk shit. Right. He's not an asshole. Uh, he's great with his fans. Um, 
He just uh, he's a great he's a great Snapchat follow too. By the way, Instagram story slash Snapchat. Yeah, I'm getting fired up real hard. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, no, no man love, man. That's yeah. that, that's new core, man. Uh, thanks, thanks, Al. Uh, Appreciate thanks, it. Al. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, I have I have a question for him. Sure. Hey, uh, Dean, have you heard anything about uh, the na- the donations? Uh, is the is Great Britain is the UK going to bring you aboard this year? Um, I'm not sure yet. Obviously, it's early. To, too early to tell. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with the guys' nations. I know that they have a new team manager, uh, and he has contacted me already. But uh, like I said, I've I haven't even hit outdoors yet. So uh... you there? You got jacked. Did we lose him? Yeah, we lost Dean Hal. Oh, I lost Hal too. Lost Hal too. That's my bad. I'm sorry, Hal. <laughs> Dean, call back. Hal uh, sounds like an awesome dude, though. He is a nice guy. Yeah, I've met him at, at Bud's Creek. Really yeah. good dude. Fan of the show, for sure. Yeah, seems he, like a he, guy. He's a fan of the show. Um, yeah, I'd like to see just Dino, just like he just, after those injury, knee injuries, you have to keep building, you know? Yeah. And so if he st- he's got to stay with Rockstar, though, to just keep building. I feel like I was going to ask one of my questions when I asked him. I feel like they should probably keep him because it looks like he's improving and he's doing better. So, you know. Why wouldn't they want to hold on to that? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Dino, we're, thanks for coming back. We were just saying we want to see you get some momentum and, you know, stay on this Husky team and just keep building like you've been doing. And, you know, instead of switching to another bike and everything else, it'd just be perfect, you know? So Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Des Nations, that's interesting. The guy already reached out to you. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's good it's news. Yeah. Mark Chamberlain. There's new guy's Mark Chamberlain. Have you heard of him before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yep. Okay. Okay. So yeah. right, that's good. I think it's pretty cool. He's already added all the people that he's thinking about getting on team into, like, a group chat. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's too early to tell because mm-hmm. obviously you want the best people to be um, yeah. on the team. So, I mean, if, right. yeah. Uh, another caller from you. Damien, what's going on? How are you? Thanks for calling the show. What's going on? Wonderful. Dana, what are you doing, brother? Uh, Damien is my uh, old time sponsor and great friend at Seal Vestido. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just called to echo what that Marine had said about Dino. I just can't use the words he did because, you know, I'm at the office. Anyways, Dino is a stud. I can't wait to see him show everybody outdoors what he's going to do. I know he's got a lot, a lot to prove to everybody. I know he wants to do it. I know he's going to get it done because he really is. He's, is he, hey, Damien, is he a good guy to deal yeah. with, though? Does he return calls? Does he do what he will you ask him to do? Is he a good guy to deal with that way? Let me tell you this about Dean. Okay. Dean never hesitated one time to do anything at this dealership that we needed. He was always there for us. Any event that we needed him for, oh, you got to love the guy. Yeah. What, he, what that guy said is true, and I know Dean personally, and, I, and I'm not just saying it to blow smoke up anybody's skirt. This cat is the real deal. He's a consummate professional, always has been, and always will yeah. be. Yeah, he's good for for me as a media side, too, over the years, no doubt. So, thanks, well, Damien. Here's, here's yeah. what you do. You look at his dad. Dad's a good dude. Yeah. Talk yeah. to him, everything. You know, obviously, he, and, his son's not going to fall far from the tree. Yeah, and, and he's a bit crazy. Uh, Andy is a bit nuts. Oh, that, guy, yeah. that guy's a nut job. Yeah, I love it. He's dead. That guy's crazy as hell. He is, absolutely. Uh, thanks. But anyways, Dean, I know I talk to you almost every day. Other than that, dude, I cannot wait for the outdoors. I'm just waiting for you to to burst out because I know you're ready, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, D. Thanks, Damien. 
It's the it's the Dean Wilson blowjob show, everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say this this next phone caller has to be a hair because this is just way too positive. Yeah, no. Someone's gonna go fuck Dean. You got to think about it too. You, you you draw from American, Canadian, and Scottish fan base. Like it's really good. You cover all the you cover all these countries for people who all the bases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Hey, who you been? Who do you? Where do you ride in Florida? Do you have a place yet, or what's going on there? Yeah, Florida's been a bit of a tricky one because um, obviously at the beginning of the season, I didn't have anything, I didn't have a contract, right. so I always had budget that I did last year, and last year I paid Baggett to ride at his place, and okay. I blew my head, and so I probably only rode there 10 times, and was probably, if you do the math, was probably very expensive <laughs> each time. So, uh, so yeah, so this year was tough, but uh got to give a shout out to Chad, he was very nice and let me come out and ride still, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Chad was awesome, and then, so now I've just been back, and I've been... Uh, Obviously, it's just in California, it's so convenient. You know, like, yeah. got, I got like four supercross tracks I can ride, team tier, mechanic. You know, it's, yep. it, it, it's really convenient. And Florida's awesome, and I love it. But it's just, if, if you're not a factory rider, it, it's really not affordable, you know, because you got to have a practice mechanic. You have to pay somewhere to ride. Yeah. And there's just, yeah, so. Would, would you um, say the quality of riding is better, though, back east? Yeah, it's you almost kind of a. I like I said, I do enjoy Florida and I really do like it. But the summers are so hot and humid that <laughs> it kind of like you kind of enjoy coming back to California and just like not sweating twenty four seven. Yeah, I do enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm still training with Tyler Rattray, and Rattray is kind of like. They felt like a B site at Alden Baker's place. Yeah, Alden was just on and talking about that. Yeah, right. So obviously, I trained with Tyla, and I believe that's where I'm going to be riding for the summer. Okay, that's weird, so I, but okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so talking about your dad, Andy. Now Chisholm's Chisholm is one of the cheapest dudes out there, and I saw Andy was doing some work for the Chisholm's. So what was he doing, and why is he doing it so cheap that Chisholm's actually going to pay for it? <laughs> No, he was just helping Kyle out. Kyle's a really good guy, and uh, obviously my dad's a finishing carpenter, so he he just laid some floor down for him and okay. helped him out with it. All right, because he Kyle is is not going to pay for any sort of home improvements at all. <laughs> so that's what it made me think, uh-huh. like, huh? So yeah, no, he my my dad says he was helping, but he was a little bit green. My dad says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. He says, he says the effort was there, but he just didn't know what was really going on. <laughs> <laughs> the effort was there, the heart was there, but just yeah, couldn't figure anything else out. Um, hey, so we've been we asked we've asked uh, Baker about this. I asked Jake Weimer about this earlier. Let's get your opinion on it. The Marvin move over thing for Dunge. None of us have a problem with this. This is why you, you know, he's a friend of his. He trains with him, rides with him every day. He's on the same team. It was. I'm sure KTM will pay Marv the bonus. Do you have any issues with this? Why do you think he moved over? Yes, a hundred percent. Yes. I heard David. Someone told me David Villeman disagrees. Oh God! <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Contrary. Now Villeman said that when he screwed up in that corner, that was probably an honest screw up. And oh. and that happened, and that's why Dunge got by. But there was lo- lots of evidence to look like Marv was going to slow down at some point uh. and let him by. Right. So I, I'm not sure. I didn't want to watch it. I was yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I've, I've no comment. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm still trying to get my contract. <laughs> oh, good one. That, that is a good one. That is a good one. That's the answer. That's all we need. Thank you. Do uh, uh, you have anything else for Dino? Uh, no, that's it. I was talking about his contract, so it sucks that uh, he hasn't got something lined up, but we hope, yeah, you get uh, something lined up for next year. Let's get him a Pulp MX team. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Um, is still a part of that sticker program? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's paying off big right now for for Alex Ray. I, I, I owe him 40 bucks. so, you know. Okay. Okay. Um, Thanks, Dino. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck in Vegas this weekend. Uh, nice work in uh, in New York. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Always always appreciate you uh, giving us some time. Thanks, man. No problem. Thanks a lot for having see me. All right. See you. All right. Bye bye. Rockstar Energy Husky uh, Dean Wilson on the show. He's a, well, his chick's super hot. Damn it, I forgot to talk about oh, that. Oh, why did you ask him about that? I forgot. I'm screwed. I got to write this shit down more. I've been. If anybody it. would appreciate. Uh, uh, She's a very good-looking woman, and she she's is. super cool. I've never talked to her, so I don't know. I, I've never talked to her either, but just from what I've seen her. <laughs> How do you know she's well, super just cool? just from, like, his Instagram and the way she talks, and, like, she doesn't seem like she's stuck up. She seems really cool, like, down to earth. That's what I like about her, besides her. JT says he needs a minute. Oh, uh, so why don't we do this? JT, come on. One minute. Race tech. This interview is over. Race Tech suspension. Use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money at Race Tech. Uh, they finally have their spin conversion system for the CRF KYB forks. Oh, PSF2. Yep. Okay. They finally have that rolling, that is a, which was the Dirt Rider product of the year. That's worth its weight in gold, guys. Get product off of the, the PSF2. Get off of it. Get off of it. Uh, hey, listen, the OEMs have a tough task of making an okay suspension setup for a wide range of riders. Combine that with trying to keep costs as low as possible, and you are left with suspension that can be improved greatly. Racetech provides personalized suspension setups designed specifically for you and your type of riding. Uh, quickly, Kiefer, yeah. Corey wrote this in. Uh, I noticed Kiefer is going to be in studio. I have been diligently researching off-road gear to purchase versus MX gear. Off-road versus MX gear. As I have recently switched from mainly track riding to racing hair scrambles in Alberta and BC. Okay. Currently, my gear is Thor and worn out, and I am in the market for a new set of gear. Right. I would like Kiefer's opinion on Fox's Legion line of gear. There appears to be two lines for 17, the Legion line and the Legion LT line. I cannot seem to find any information on the difference. Uh, the Legion LT line is less expensive, but all I find on Fox's website is a video commercial selling the product. No explanations on the differences between the two. Right. Perhaps Kiefer could suggest another brand of off-road gear. Uh, I am a fan of Klim. Climb. Climb. Yeah. As I use it for snowmobiling. However, their off-road gear is quite expensive. Thanks, and I love the show. Corey. Yeah, so those are the two that we mainly use it. You know, off-road gear. Everyone kind of makes off-road gear, but um, the Fox Legion line is really good. It's really durable. It breathes. It has cool colors. Unlike most off-road gear out there, it's kind of just black. You don't get a lot of colors. Um, yep. Fox gives you some colors, which is cool. And Climb is the more upper end part of off-road gear like with pockets and things that you're going for long duration rides um also really cool for ventilation um so i guess i would say either one of those you really can't go wrong you um it just depends obviously i, I would recommend going Is, under the boot not over the boot because both of those they, companies offer both they have over the boot off-road stuff yeah why why would you do that for water uh, yeah i guess yeah exactly crossing streams and stuff but I ran under the boot, and they it's it's pretty good stuff. It's like moto gear, but more durable. Right. So. Okay. Um. So you you really what's the difference between the two? I haven't tried the other ones. I haven't tried the oh. one Legion gear. I haven't okay. tried the other one. All right. 
Uh, speaking of gear, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Uh, not too much. Just uh, Monday night in Idaho. Crazy stuff. We were just doing the, uh, when you blew me off for the phone call, we started the Race Tech email segment. So let me continue that, and we'll get your... Well, you yeah. you had uh, you were off schedule, so just to be clear. No, no, not at all. All right, so Adam, uh, this actually works out well. Adam says, I've got a question for Kiefer and JT uh, in regards to the matching gear. While I agree that you can't mix brands, how do the MX fashionistas feel about the way a company like Fast House approaches gear sets? They offer four colors of pants and various jerseys that can match with any of the pants. Do they think that this is something that we will see more of in the future? I believe one industry tried the same thing, so I don't know if that's a good benchmark. Thanks, Pulp MX, and we need more DV. All right, so how do we feel on Fast I'm not familiar with Fast House. I know what it is, but all the colors he's saying in the line of gear. I, I don't know. Um. So Fast House used to run with Troy Lee. They broke off, and now they're their own company. So they have their own pant and glove. And yeah, jersey. no, I know. But, but I'm they saying... do have different colors, jerseys. A lot of them are black, white, red to black. So that's okay. like a new thing. Okay, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine. long as it, it's the same company. You know, would I, do I like it personally? No. no. I like a uniform look, but it's at least you're in the rules. You're okay. JT, are you okay <laughs> With any of the, there's four lines of fly, right? Evo, kinetic, hydrogen, light hydrogen, and the F16. Is that still the yeah four lines? No one really. We don't. We don't really put F16 into like our race really lines, but okay. we we do sell it. Yes. Okay. Can you mix and match the different lines of pants and jersey with fly racing? No, I mean you can, I guess. No, I. But we don't. We don't really market it that way. Yep. Um, okay. The only things we ever cross would be uh, we have a universal jersey. There's a black universal and a white universal. Keith, um, how do you feel about that? That really the only ones we would ever mix and match like that. Okay. Uh, I've seen it done, but we don't we don't ever market yeah. it that way. Well, never mind sort of that what Fly would do, but just you two yep. and, and my on our debate, our continuous debate. I wouldn't mix. I wouldn't personally. Who, who are these guys on Twitter that don't know Shift and Fox are the same company? A lot. Right. A lot of them. JT, is this not as common to knowledge to all of us as the difference between an apple and an orange? You're wearing shift pants. You're like, you're wearing Fox boots. That's a mixed match. You're like, dude. dude. Honestly, this is common knowledge. No? It's common knowledge for us, but they don't really ever tell anyone. I mean, that's not like they, they tell people publicly that it is, you know? So I can understand it. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple for us. I get that part. But for people who aren't on the inside and they're just casual fans and mm-hmm. you know they're not really involved I, it's it's not like they put out anything ever saying that they're the same company i mean they really don't do that um but i would agree if you're paying attention you probably have figured it out by this point well i went to a sand wash party sunday evening i saw that i i saw that so it's like a river but without the water um okay so lot of desert rats out there in the puddles um splashing around one quads and and older bikes with a lot of fly gear, but no helmets. <laughs> so flies running strong out there in the deads. They just haven't got the helmet to match. <laughs> I, those are my people. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So, JT, we've done the Race Rex Review Pod, so a lot of people may have listened to that. But if for people who uh-huh. haven't or people who just listen to the show, again, the guy in the corner that produces the show had no problem. I don't have a problem. Kiefer doesn't have a problem. No problem with what Marv did, right? No, I'm good. Are you good with good what with he it. said, though? With what he said? Uh, I think he has to, because if he comes out and says that they did it on purpose, then they set themselves up to get protested by Kawasaki, which is not ideal. So 
uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, at the time, I wasn't good with it. But after seeing the rule, um, it made much more sense why they kind of ha- were forced to say what they did. So you saw the rule that was screenshot. Obviously, you got the thing, too. You know, it says fixing the race. You really Which, think you think Marvin yeah. doing that, that's called fixing? You think that's- If he comes out and says that he moved over on purpose and handed a win to Ryan and, and took second on purpose, then, yeah, I mean, that's basically what fixing is. No, you it's don't think not. Fixing it, is, is... Ben LeMay just said an arena cross, Kiefer said. But ben, right. Le- ben LeMay was like, yeah, my teammate needs the points. I'm just telling you, if you want to know what fixing a race is or manipulating the results, that's a textbook textbook definition of it. God, I just don't... See- Zero chance anything happens. You don't think the Kawasaki protests? I mean, that's to no. the letter of the rule. No, I because how, I don't know how else you can okay, read it. Okay, well, Cooper slowed down for J-Mart. Yeah, and, and I don't know why he wasn't protested, I mean, in that scenario. That's what the rule was made for. I don't know why else you would write the rule that way if that's not the scenario you're thinking of. I think it's for, you know, a pre-planned race before the gate drops type deal. You don't think that there was a plan in place that if Marvin was in front of Ryan, he was going to move over for Ryan? You don't think? Of- I don't think so. Look how confused he was. Well, that, that's. Well, I don't think he knew what to do in that scenario. You can't. Like, you can't. Pr- my bike, but, but the make mistake was supposed to do. You can't prove that that, but there was a plan before the race. We all know there probably was, but as far as what so happens, when, Ryan, when Marvin goes on national television and says that's what he did, you can definitely prove it. Well, uh, why can't he just say on the on the podium, "Hey, I decided, you know, I'm not in the points race. I decided that." Yeah. During the race, that's what I'm going to do. That's not that's not fixing. That's his decision on a track. So you could actually go deeper and say every decision on a track by a rider is a fixing, you know, a, a, a yeah. law broken. Yeah. And but I mean, when you're not racing, I don't have the rule in front of me, but there are rules against not racing forward, you know, to, to manipulate a race. Weimer uh, would have got fined then, too, because he let Tomac by. I don't know how you could ever prove that unless Weimer went on television and said, hey, I want you. I told him I could win the championship, so I moved over. That's what we're arguing, right. that Marvin would have to go on television and give them evidence of it. Well, Kiefer's upset about the fact that they didn't, they didn't admit it. So uh, No, I'm upset, JT, is that our industry is not transparent at all. Like, I understand that we can't do everything. We can't understand. We can't tell everything to the fan. But we have zero transparency for the fans out there. Even though we saw what we saw, that's what I don't get. From what I was told, right when he got off his motorcycle, down on the floor, like immediately, uh, there were comments made like, hey, make sure you're careful what you say up there. Oh, well. Um, All right. Speaking of uh, uh, people who are mad, uh, one pissed off fan writes me, the way Dungy won won last night in New York was a terrible for our sport that desperately needs to draw more fans. The team orders from the higher-ups at KTM violate our sense of fair play and diminishes not only the hard work of a great rider like Dungy, who shouldn't need any help to win, but also denies a hardworking kid like Marvin a premier class win for the books. That could matter him matter for him someday as we compare his 450 class record to other greats. It also diminishes the KTM brand in the eyes of purists like me, who have been loyal followers of the sport going back to the time when Yamaha pulled the same crap on Hannah so Glover would become the golden boy. The larger issue is what is the debt to the interest of the new old fans, new and old fans, who wants to watch races with contrived outcomes? Not me. That's what wrestling Every racing is for. series, but ours has <laughs> has it go on all the time. He says he's going to have a hard time tuning in for A one next year. I'm Stop sure we'll all miss him. Stop it. He also says I won't be visiting my KTM dealer anytime soon. Wow, that's so so overblown. Yeah. Right? So dramatic. Yeah. Calm down. Right. Right. 
God, one pissed off fan. Uh, this guy writes in, Marv never lied in his interview. It was well said by him. But if you insert intentionally before made a mistake, he would have said, I intentionally made a mistake. He never denied it in the interview. He just used his words carefully and tried to hint that, that it was an accident, but truly never said it was not on purpose. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Keep doing your thing. Great shows. I listened to everything twice. Casey. So there we go. That's another side of it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think honestly, his biggest mistake was in the execution part. Um, right. It, it was just so blatant, you know, jumping out of that rut and going so far wide. There was no reason to. You know, a real mistake there would have been jumping out of the rut, walking up the brakes, and then turning back inside. You know, mm-hmm. he, he literally shot all the way to the, the hay bales or the tough blocks before turning. Um, um, I think the best I've seen it pulled off was when Webb did it a couple of years ago. You know, he just yeah. stalled his bike, you know, which you can't, can't really prove. If, if Marvin had gone to the inside in a slow turn and stalled his bike mm-hmm. and then taken off again as soon as Ryan went by, he really wouldn't be able to say anything. Right, you, good point. It wouldn't be so blatant looking. I think it was just the execution part that was, the the worst managed part by Marvin. Yeah, good point. Uh, that's the Race Tech emails. Pulpamex seventeen is the code. Racetech.com. The Dirt Rider product of the year. Turn yep. your air forks into spring forks. Uh, all right, it's time. For, oh wait, message from Twitter. Uh, I have a fly F two. I went over the bars face first into finish line at Thunder Valley. Ow. Thanks to my fly helmet, I walked away just fine. From Zach. Dude, that's no joke. That's a hard. That's a hard takeoff. Too. Yeah, really. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for the thanks for the tweet. All right, it's that time, everybody. X brand goggle tear offs. It's the X-Brand Tear-Off segment. 15-second rapid-fire Q&A. Rapid-fire. In the chat room, somebody said the last place JT would know what to do is in a championship. There we go, everybody. I would compare my resume to that guy's any time you'd like. Right. (laughs) I better (laughs) shut up, dude. All those people in the chat room are 95% dildos. Um... X Brown Gog is a choice of Fast Freddie Norn, Brock Tickle, who's out right now with a wrist injury, uh, Kyle Chisholm, and many others. Ricky Brabeck. Won the Hare and Hound Sunday. Hare and Hound victory for X Brand, everybody. Ricky Brabeck. Suck it, Hare and Hound people. No, you don't want it. Cool Hare and Hound people. I mean, yeah, suck it, the rest of the competitors. Right. That's what I meant. Sorry, the Caps just scored in overtime. I'm distracted. Uh, thanks uh, for listening. EKSBrand.com. Pulp Show 17 is the code to save at XBrand Goggles. The choice of champions everywhere. Clear vision is yours with XBrand. All right. These questions are submitted by a Corey Moser. I'm not familiar with him. Mm. Be new? Must be. He, he must be new. Intern? And You got an intern program over there? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he is. It's uh, lucrative, too. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do this. 30 seconds, please, on the clock. Steve. Yep. You stood up JT at Seattle, and JT stood you up at New York. Who's the worst friend? Ah, JT is, absolutely, without a doubt. Because <laughs> okay. Seattle Perfect. is Seattle. New York City, bro, the big apple. Like, he didn't go out? Nah. JT didn't go out after the race. Smart. Good job, JT. I wouldn't I'm out till 4.30 in the morning. My boarding time is 5.30. Dumb. Dumb. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible decision. It was <laughs> awesome. It was great. I had a good time. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> well, you know, some of us just like to party. That's all. Right. Yep. Right. You know, the whole meetup with Moser, Wygant, all of Moser's friends, we're all in Seattle. Nope. Will you, will you send, will you send it in Vegas? Hotel, though, like, 7 p.m. Will you send it in Vegas, though, JT? Oh, yeah. Consider it sent. Okay. JT, if Marvin, Dungey, and KTM admitted to using team tactics, what kind of penalty do you think the AMA could or would possibly enforce? 
I don't know. After the five position rule that I didn't know existed for uh, Savachi, who knows? Maybe burned at the stake. <laughs> All right. Kiefer, if you had to choose between winning your first and only 450 Supercross race or letting your teammate buy so your team can win the championship, what would you do? Well, to keep my ride. And if I was that close to then, I'd probably just let him, let him win and have another chance some other time because I want to keep my ride. So. But Marvin's already won. That's not a fair question. Yeah. Do you think Moser forgot that Marv won? Right. <clears throat> I think he's just saying if, he, if Marv didn't win, would he have done that? I think Moser forgot. That would be tougher. That would be tougher. Right. And by the way, Marvin just inked a two-year deal yep, with two-year uh, deal. Two deal with uh, KTM to stay. So, all right, couldn't have couldn't have heard the situation. What's that? Like, that couldn't have heard the situation no, going. No, no. You know, all that. Yeah. You know, good good vibes going into the night. Right. All right. Next question, Steve. What about Reed's bike setup is not working on the soft tracks? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, look, he's not happy with it. When I went to see him after practice, he made a joke about. You got any tips or anything you can do or like any, something like he made some joke about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, give me a break. Chad was, he was not good in New York, but his attitude is like, my bike sucks and I'm going to suck. But I didn't see a lot of effort from Chad. I was a little bummed out because you just can't go with like, my bike is holding me back that much. Okay. Is it perfect? No. But is it really holding back Chad Reed? One of the baddest dudes to ever throw a leg over a motorcycle? I will say I watched his practice video. I watched his practice live, and I watched his practice video, and uh, he looked really bad. He was trying hard in practice, and he looked really, really bad, and his bike was not helping him. And I think at this point, he's just so stubborn that when things are that bad or he perceives them to be that bad, he's just like, this is stupid. Where where do you think his bike is bad at? Uh basically trying to get it to turn and like when you get really soft bumps like when when he's landing off the triples and there's soft bumps that are really harsh his bike is just deflects all over the place um my feeling is that it's a lot of his setup because i watch cooper and the bike's not doing the same things so i think it's the way chad has his bike set up but then he you know his retort is i can't ride it any other way so i'm kind of screwed so you know I, i don't know where you go from that but um, I would say it's more in how they each like to set their bikes up because if you watch Cooper has the same problems when they go to hard pack, he can't ride his bike either. So neither of them are really in a good spot for every situation. We should have a KTM with number one on it. Yeah. Put a number one on Brigade. a KTM. Yeah. All right, next question. JT, who sponsors more privateers, Fly or FXR? Ooh, good question. Uh, I would say uh, Fly pretty pretty easily. FXR's made a great effort. I mean, I give them a lot of credit. They're doing a great job. Look uh, at that. But I would say Fly Globally has them handled pretty well. Look, uh, look at that Teddy Parks experience. Look at that thing. All those guys. Well, Fly. I mean, I, I know what our, our global representation is of Fly privateers all over the world, and it, it would make FXR. It, I would say it's probably two to three times easily. I paused the LCQ in the first corner and counted just this last weekend. Uh-huh. How many FXR riders? Uh-huh. Nine. In, in the first corner, in, in 250 LCQ. All right, next question. Kiefer, who's a better test rider, the Seven Deuce Deuce or the Seven Deuce Trois? <laughs> That's a close one. Oh, man. I would have to say Seven Deuce Deuce. At, um, Tyler is getting better, but it's hard for him to reiterate it on camera. I don't think 
either one is going to be Doug, they're not, Doug Dubok yeah, anytime soon. They're not going to be going <laughs> for a job at Kiefer Inc. or anything. So, <laughs> are you allowed to put like on your on your test report sheets? Are you allowed to put like the words like "sick" with like five eyes in it? Dude, when I look at my dirt rider sheet from uh, Tyler, sometimes it, it, the first letter is caps, bro, with like six exclamation points, bro. <laughs> This linkage is sad. <laughs> Imagine the Japanese reading that. Oh my Like the gosh. Japanese are like, ah, oh, let's take a look at our new boss. Yeah. Sick. Every time I'm like with Tyler and I'm doing like, you know, okay, Tyler, you're going to talk about the Honda 450. I'm fucking sitting there for 30 minutes going, we got to get through this. It's two minutes. Like, come on. <laughs> let's pull together here, bud. <laughs> All right, next question. Steve, does the AMA spin a wheel to come up with penalties or draw them out of a hat? Uh, I think they spin a wheel. Um, the 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 Savachi penalty. I, I mean, I was like, okay, they're gonna dock him some seconds, and he'll still get third right in front of Jordan. Or they'll say, ah, you know what, Craig was right in front of you, as I said, and they'll put him right behind Craig. I was really surprised. And then Anderson gets DQ'd, but then Tickle smacks Barsha, and nothing happens. I well, the, this, I this give one's up. Tough though, because there there's a, a formal protest, and then there's a rule that applies to it. So I don't. I don't know that they had a whole lot of, uh, you know, leeway in this one. I think they just kind of had to apply the rule as it was written. I feel like, well, okay, maybe there's never been a formal protest before, but I feel like the race directors have been all over the map with, with the punishments for cutting the track Dude. or jumping on a yellow or jumping no, on a red cross. I agree with yeah, you. I, just, yeah. I think the protest right. is the deciding factor. The, the tipping point. How sure. the yeah. fuck did Grant not get fined from Stu? How did that? No fine. Nothing. Well, no. how do you not find Tyler Enningap? How do you not find that Catanzaro? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not with you, Kiefer. I don't think you – that's not but, a finable but, offense. But they've done it before in other like, – Not yeah, for I'm not, that. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm just saying you would have had to find a lot of people. They, they didn't they they find chaos. a guy for just a takeout. I mean, Tedder blew Ronnie Stewart onto another lane. <laughs> Tedder blew Alex Ray. Yeah. Off his body. Oh, easy. It was, it was pandemonium. <laughs> easy way Sounds gay. They would have had the most profitable <laughs> Saturday night in history if they'd find everybody. Let's, let's get through this X brand and talk about these okay, semi. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Next question. Uh, I lost my spot. <laughs> you said blue. That's why. <laughs> uh, JT, would Reed ever give up a win to let a teammate buy? Oh. Man, that's tough. In that scenario, if it's his best friend, um, I, I I think he would. I, I I know Chad, and I know you know the Dungey thing happened, but I also know how seriously he takes titles. Um, I mean, he, it's literally all he talks about. You know, during the off season, his championship this and title that. I think he would, but I th- I also think he's he's got a a really big you know ego and prideful side to him that I think he would have done the same thing Marvin did. 30 seconds. Where he makes sure that everyone on that track <laughs> and in that stadium and watching television knows that he was the best guy and deserved that win. Yeah. But 30, then I, I do think he would have done that. 30 I seconds. I think he would have done the same thing. All right. 30 seconds. I agree. Nobody cares. All right. Keep the last one. If you had a daughter, would you let her date Moto guys? Never. Done. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Never. One point. Even my buddy's friends that have daughters, I'm like, Keep them clear of the track. Don't even bring them to the track. Just act like you don't have a daughter. Um, all right, Kiefer, what what blew your mind the most? The raper stuck in Tyler Antinap's <sighs> rear tire. The the Ronnie Stewart riding backwards on the whoops and still making the main. <laughs> the pass by Ken Zaro on Tedder. Yeah. 
uh, the Ray Tedder incident, yeah. the Grant on Mookie thing, what had you rewinding it the most? Well, me and Travis were watching it, and uh, scratching my head the most had it been Ronnie Stewart. Like, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> to go down the lane that far? Like, you even saw a guy coming towards you, and you still kept going. Like, what is that? Like, I don't get it. I rewound it, rewound it like three times. I'm like, what? Why? Why are you doing that? The 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 the, the Ken Zaro pass got me the most. Yeah. Because what are you hoping to accomplish with that? Right. What like? Pick a pass. I told you. He he went right over the the bail. He said, "Fuck Dude, it." He didn't even try to turn. He went <laughs> right into. Know, his, if you, yeah, but if you know it's coming and the guy in front of you doesn't, you have a better chance of like being ready to pick your bike up and go. Because <laughs> you're on the inside. But I feel like had he picked his bike up, he, you know, he wouldn't have gotten. He would have. They would have. They would have found him or, or, or docked him. Like they're not going to let that stand. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, okay, you got it. Like yeah. there's no way. Especially when you cut the track, kind of hit the bail, and kind of like put straight <laughs> into it. This aggression will not stand. So I you're mean, to tell me. there's just, just he had zero chance intentions of ever making the turn. Um, even Vince's. I think it was. I, I think he was so scarred by the Indianapolis move right. that he said, "Okay, it's payback time. Who's getting some?" <laughs> yeah. And I don't even care that you're not the guy. Yeah, I don't even yep. care. Um. Tedder's slamming Ronnie Stewart and Alex Ray, <laughs> like, and and J- so JT, you th- it's for you. It's the Tyler Raper move. Um, no, well, I think I think it was first. I think it was Doink the Clown. That was yeah. by far right. the most awkward scenario of the night. <laughs> uh, secondly, I think I think the whole Ronnie Stewart race because Tedder was like a a human wrecking ball. Yes. Um, that whole race. I mean, he blew Ronnie Stewart off the start. He took Alex Ray, you know, off the track, and <laughs> his bike flipped spectacularly. Um, and then, obviously, AJ finished him off at the end of that race. Uh, so that was easily the wildest race I've ever seen in my life. I would say above any other qualifier ever. Not on, not only Saturday, but any time ever. If you take all of those incidents into account, uh-huh. how could you ever have a race? And then, and then add to that, uh, Dino and Seeley going crazy in that in the the race for the lead too. I mean, it was just yeah. a wild race. Yeah, yeah, they had a nice battle going on too. Yeah, they uh, smashed yeah. each other. Right. Um, okay, but so Kiefer is of the opinion, JT, that right. Tyler and Thignap just dump that clutch, feed it. Who cares about Raper's knee? It's <laughs> your first did. main event. Like, I, and I say no. Like, I don't think the bike would have. And Kiefer's like, it's on his brace. He would have been fine. <laughs> Oh man, I I am very nervous about answering this because I I am scared of what I would have done. Right, that's I'm all I'm of saying. The humanity side of what I would have done. Right, I you know like, all... I, I don't want to be that person. Like I, I think of myself higher than that. Yes, but I also have that other you know the little other guy on my other shoulder saying, "Oh, you would have just dumped the clutch. Like you would have been hammered down like a tractor pull all the way to the finish line." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Rapers just getting. It would have been a... It would have been a full pull all the way to the checkers. All I'm saying, I'm the same with you. Like, I would not want to blow his life out, his knee out. But you look back, and if blowing. you if you could move just a, if you could, and it, it's moving a tad. I'm moving a tad to that damn because the the, the transponder is not all the way to the top of that jump, right? Well, the transponder line is, but the finish line is at the top. So I thought you yeah. just had to get the past the transponder. 
No. The AMA official has final say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The well, then that changes yeah. my mind then. There's no way he's going up that jump then with that. <laughs> with Raper in his back. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think it depends on the, if the gearing. If you had MXA, one, two, <laughs> if you went up two, I think you may have the torque to pull him. If, if, if you're Raper, you're just screaming stop, right? You're like, I'll pay your yeah. main event. I'll give you <laughs> stop. Yeah. He was grabbing onto his arm. You see it like, hey, man. Hey. I'm, <laughs> hey. Hey. And then well, he's like, whoa. It's, it's pretty ironic that a guy with the last name Raper is screaming no and hoping that you don't go through with it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And and then, like, Ray's bike blew away from him, and as he's falling, he's, like, flipping him off. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Well, I can only imagine, just like Steve said last night on our recap, that you could see Tyler's head, like, aimed towards the sky, and you just know he's screaming, bro, <laughs> the top of his lungs. Uh, first ever main event, like, uh, just that close. 20 feet, That feet. close. And his move on Raper was slightly questionable. No, nah, that was good. Well, yeah, it was a follow-through on what I basically, you know, called Tyler out on, which yeah. was just smashing everyone. <laughs> it wasn't, I'm not saying it was dirty, it was just, just questionable. Just that that's it. Well, last turn oh. for the last spot. Yeah. I you know, kind of anything goes. Yeah. Um, so I'll DV that or hold it over my head in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, Mick, what's going on? Welcome to the show. What's happening? Hey, Steve. Hey, Keith. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, call from Canada again. Um, listen, I don't want to beat a dead horse any further tonight by talk, commenting on the uh, sweater gate uh, situation from last Saturday. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, referring to Marvin's obviously massive pullover. On Saturday, yeah. and I haven't seen a pullover that big since the last Jenny Craig garage sale. But uh, anyway, let's talk about something more positive, like uh, the recent trend in um, non-traditional sponsors being picked up and being brought brought on board to support the overall business plan of the sport. Like uh, great example of this recently, so Suzuki uh, picked up support of Microsoft. That's really incredible. That company has so much money, and the demographic that they bring to the sport will expand the fan base quite a bit, you know, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, it's a good thing for, for the sport, for sure. They're not a main title. You know, they're not in the title name of the team, and they're, they're not, they don't have the biggest spot on the bike, but yeah, you start somewhere, and, it, and that's really cool, for sure. I just, yeah, you gotta, Mick, you gotta I just say... before you can run, right? Yes, I just say, Mick, though, we had Coors, we had Wrangler, we had EA Sports, We've had all these companies come in, and they leave. We had Subway. JT had Subway forever with Coca-Cola, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. But you got to start somewhere, right? Not, I mean, no, but I, what I'm saying is these guys come in, and they don't stick around. Now, for, there's a lot of different reasons why, but they don't stick around. They don't see our sport for what it is, and that sucks because we do get decent ratings. And from what I've talked to from people who are smarter than me, about getting sponsors for bang on the buck, our sport is hard to beat for the amount of money you get and the amount of coverage you get on, on a semi and on gear and on the bikes. It's hard to beat it, and it's a yes. great and it's a great demo. But Mick, why aren't these people sticking around? Why? I don't. Yeah, I don't, it's hard to say why why the uh, why I don't sink deeper roots. Another example of a you know a new non traditional sponsorship money that's coming in is with that uh, Exignat dude. He was on last week talking with you guys, and you know the fact that he picked up uh, women's feminine hygiene product sponsorship without moniker of Seven Douche Douche. I mean, that's pretty cool. Stop it! Come on, seven stop douche, it! Douche. Yeah, you're not a fan. fan. You're not a fan. It, well, I, I am a big fan, but it's it's not clear with the fans on which company he's representing. Like whether it's Summer's Eve or Massengill. Uh, all right, thanks, Mick. Thanks for calling. Good stuff. <laughs> Good fuck? stuff. See you. Yuck, yucks. Uh, John, what's up? You got a you got a comment about the Tyler Knapp, Devin Raper? 
Yeah, that was fantastic. I turned it on. I was out to dinner, and I came home and turned it on, and it looked like a side hack race with him hanging off the side of that thing. (laughs) My question is, does he get a boot advertisement out of this thing? I don't know. It's a good point. Clearly, that's a strong boot. Yeah. Um, Feld to run the shit out of it, though. That's for sure. um, Well, Feld already did. That one promo they showed, just Tyler moving with a foot coming out of the back. I just had to laugh. It was was nuts. I, I literally just froze it on the foot sticking out of the side of the bike. It was fantastic. Uh, you should have saw so, us in the press box. JT, myself, Wygant, <laughs> we could, I mean, we're laughing, we're crying, we're... Were you just jumping up and down? We're screaming. Yeah. I mean, it is just JT. It was it was just chaos. And then there was this Doink the Clown wrestler from the WWF up in the press box. I have no idea. Oh, God, I heard that today. I, was there fantastic. was something going on. Like, there was a full moon or there was some sort of, you know, cosmic situation going on because I... I've never seen so many weirdo things go from all the way through the pack with Tomac to the Marvin Dunge thing to qualifying spots to Doink the Clown. Uh, I mean, it was just completely off the rails. Savachi, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, Savachi. The funniest part was, and we were talking about this on the on the recap again, but um, the you know Kenneth Feld was there and some of his family were there, and you know you have to know that the Supercross guys, you know, head Supercross guys were like, yep, this is just what we do. This is the show we put on. <laughs> Every week. Every night, this is what we do. Every week. Also, too, before the LCQ, Dakota Tatter took a walk over to John Gallagher. I don't know. I'm sure he was upset at the Catanzaro pass, but what exactly were his comebacks yeah. for the other two times he blasted dudes off the track? <laughs> like, yeah. like, excuse me, sir, I'm very angry about that move that Catanzaro did that I just pulled on two other guys previous two minutes to that move. Um, I don't know exactly know what Dakota Tedder... Well, I mean, the Cats move was worse, but Dakota Tedder wasn't... You can't have anything to say. <laughs> Not really. I mean... Do they, uh, do they print the AMA yeah. rule book, or is it just like a word doc that they bring to the event? I think they... I think John works on it after work on Tuesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, thanks, John. Thanks, appreciate it. I got one more question. I saw for John you. Gallagher sure. like taking one hand and like pounding it into the other, and he was talking to Dakota Tedder, and I wanted to know so badly what he was saying. <laughs> uh, what else, hey, John? One thing that got totally overshadowed because all this great stuff that was going on was the race between Seeley and Wilson was fantastic. I mean, yeah, they were like intertwined going through the whoops. That was unbelievable. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was good. And uh, JT touched on it just a minute ago. It was it was it was an awesome race for sure. I, everywhere you looked, there was something going on the difference between those guys and three digit guys is i feel a little bit three digit guys gives a little more uh zero f's than yeah than the factory dudes. <laughs> yeah. in, in a big way so uh, does ronnie stewart's like purse money cover the cost of bringing all his friends to the race oh i know and that was another thing that added to the nuttiness was the yellow dirt candy nation in the right. stands that were that, that had like they were freaking out they were sad they were happy they just roller coaster oh god it was it was gnarly uh thanks for the call man all right, but appreciate it. it. It was it was nuts. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know what to what to think there, JT. At different times, not exactly sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, man, I can only wish, and we're joking about it. But man, can you imagine if every Supercross was like that? We would be mainstream. Because <laughs> oh, you, there's no, there's never been entertainment like that that I've ever seen. It would have been great if if Marv would have. <laughs> I can't said this on Twitter today. Marv wins the race. Okay. On the podium, rips off his jersey. There's a Cowie's jersey on because he signed with Cowie for next year. <laughs> That's a little God. bit too much wrestling. That's awesome. And, he, and he's like, take that! I'm with Cowie for 20, 2018! <laughs> 
Everybody's mind oh just my blown. Gosh. Just absolutely blown. Uh. Um, yeah. So Vegas this weekend, JT. I mean, how does Tomac win this? How? Uh, I mean, to me, the only way is uh, a DNF or a bike failure of some sort or a first-turn crash. Um, I don't see how else he can do it. I don't know of enough good guys that are going to get in there because, let's face it, uh, Anderson, Marvin, uh, Baggett, Millsaps, none of those guys are going to put themselves in a spot where they cost Dungy a title. And there's just not enough good guys left. I no. mean, you're, you're basically dependent on guys like Reed and Webb and Mookie uh, Seeley's not racing, so take another guy out of there. But Josh Grant, um, you're, you know, that's those are the guys that Eli's dependent on to basically fill up the top five spots without Ryan being one of them. And uh, the last time Ryan Dungey finished outside of the top ten, or I'm sorry, outside of the top five, was New Jersey 2014. So we have three years of racing where Ryan basically hasn't done what he has to do in one night, and he's going to have all the help in the world. And uh, 250 East, um, Savachi's penalty. What do you think about that? Um, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it was way too harsh. But like I said, I think they were painted in the corner by the rule book. So um, I think if there would there was no such rule in place, I think at most he gets two spots, maybe three, and I think that's probably appropriate. I would say three is max appropriate. Um, but like I said, I don't think they had any wiggle room. And, uh, I think even as they applied the penalty, I think they were probably kind of shaking their heads saying it's too much. I, I like Osborne to take this thing. He's one back of Jordan Smith. He's ridden great. Joey's ridden, uh, great, but I, I think Osborne will take this. Kiefer, what do you think? Um, I want Osborne. It's going to, to be balls. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yes. Like my pick would be Osborne. Cause that's who I want to win. Um, but I, I, I feel like Joey's going to do it. I feel like Joey's going to pull through cause, uh, he rides good in Vegas, um, mm-hmm. and I think now he's probably pissed off. So, um, and he, he usually gets good starts. So, and Zach hasn't been—he's been on or off on the starts. Yeah, but this weekend he was off, and look at he came through the pack. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a little different when it's hard pack. Okay, less mistakes. JT, to be first if if Zach pulls us off, the first fly racing championship since uh, since J Law. Yeah, it'd be big. Um, yeah, it was uh, 2008 was uh, the last time we had. So, I mean, obviously for selfish reasons, I want Zach to win. Uh, but just logically, I think Zach's been the best guy. The one thing I think he's got to protect himself against is he can't get a bad start because when you have all of the good West guys and all the good East guys mixed in there, you know, coming from 10th is going to be a much tougher battle than it's been, say, at East Rutherford. So. Uh, his starts have been really sporadic and more more bad than good, so he's going to really have to work on that. Um, you look at Jordan Smith; his starts have been been great, yep. but he's young and he's never been in a situation like this. Uh, and then you have Joey, who I think Joey's pretty beat up too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he he's not in the best condition after that crash last weekend, so he's going to be dealing with an injury. But he's had the most championship championship experience in the 250 class. Uh, you remember last year he basically you know, lost by a point or whatever to Cooper Webb winning this very race last year. So he's been in this dynamic before. Uh, so there's very, you know, three very different scenarios for these guys. And uh, thank God, because after the, the letdown of the 450 last weekend, it would mm. be kind of a bummer going into Vegas with, with no suspense. Yeah. yeah, people were kind of saying, look at Joey's arm, and he never held it up. He kind of left it off. You know, he might have hurt his shoulder slash arm a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he'll tough it I mean, out. Look at the, yeah, the rides we've seen in Vegas, you know, from Will Hahn to, you know, a lot of these guys have ridden through pain. Cooper Webb last year, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he'll be fine, but it's just, you know, adds more more variables to the uh, to that main event. Should be interesting to see. Who do you want? Uh, I want I, I want Zach, obviously, uh, yeah. racing, but. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I like Zach. He's probably the closest. I'm probably friends with him the most, but whatever. I don't care. Like, you know, it's been a great season. I just, I, I, I'll tell anybody. Even I would tell Jordan and Joey. Zach's been the best guy all year. Yeah, he's had everybody covered. Yeah. So, fastest guy should be Zach Osborne. That doesn't always happen. Um, if 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 Dungey wins his title and he's looking like it, I mean, how are we going to remember this year a bit like the Bradshaw '92 Stanton? Mm. Like, is Dunge? Are we going to look back on it and be like, "Wow, Eli was faster, but he had bad luck." To Does me, that even matter? No, know? I don't. I think the Bradshaw Stanton thing was totally different. But I think, like we said earlier, with when Alden was on, I feel like Dungey should be the most proud about this championship because he had the pressure. He kind of screwed some things up, got caught. Tomac was coming on. He was faster, and if he pulls through, I mean, it's a legit championship, no matter what. Like he, he did it. Like he was, he was fast enough to get in and win some races, and mm-hmm. he was consistent enough to do it a lot. What? He has been off the podium what one time or something was the ratio like he got a fourth uh, at two, Daytona two, two fourths two fourths so that's uh, the worst no, finish been, no yeah he's the worst finish but he's been off the podium more times this year than he ever has in the last say, three years or something but if it, his worst finish is a fourth yeah so I mean there you go out of seventeen rounds I think I mean for sure I think this is his best championship. But well, the, the interesting thing about this weekend too we haven't really touched on it too much is. When you add in all of the the West Coast guys plus the East Coast guys, and you think about how much potential there is for for team tactics to go on in the in mm-hmm. the shootout, yeah, you have you know Justin Hill, um, you know on Pro Circuit you have Cinturillo, uh, you know for TLD they have Oldenburg and they have Shane McElrath, you know those mm-hmm. championship is sealed, and of course they want to win the race. I get all that, but if these guys are all in the middle of the pack or you know five six seven. I could easily see some some shady stuff going on between uh, between the two teams, especially yeah. after KTM protested, you know, Pro Circuit Kawasaki last week and cost them five spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. Could it's going to be drama. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, and from what I've heard, Mitch was very very unhappy with how that whole whole thing went. So I don't think he's going to really pull back the reins on these guys at all going into this race. Well, I think he should be. It was a harsh penalty, but I know what you said. Yeah, we talked about it yeah, a bunch. Yeah. I, I 100% yeah. agree. So yeah. I, I just think that adds to the scenario. You've got a lot of team guys all out there uh, that are going to be kind of looking over at each other like, hey, man, like I don't really want to do this to you, but <laughs> <laughs> i got a boss yelling at me about it. Right. Uh, arena cross on Friday for you, JT? I don't think so. Yeah, I'll probably go. <laughs> I, I, should, I was going to say no, but you know, with the championship on the line, it, it's usually pretty exciting, so I'll say yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, flyracing.com. Thanks uh, thanks for your time tonight, JT. Appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks. Yeah, last last thing. Um, I do have a couple spots for Vegas. Guys did a great job. I had a couple last-minute fill-ins for New York, so that was great. Um, and I have a couple spots for Vegas. So all I can tell you is uh, if you want to see Vegas and do it the right way and watch these titles play out, um, our my VIP program with uh, the Rocky Mountain KTM team is the way to do it. So tweet me, email me. Email Mathis, he can forward it to me. But uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty good way to go out. Oh, uh, before we go, let you go. Kiefer wanted to know what was up with that secret project that you never got back to him on. Oh, I got it with. Oh, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually just talked tonight. Ah, yeah. okay. So secret project. Here we go. Um, 
All right, JT. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night. All right. See you guys. All right. See you. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new tire from the folks at Michelin. Uh, lots of different sizes, lots of different uh, uh, patterns. Off-road, motocross, and vintage bikes. MichelinMotorcycle.com. They can be purchased wherever Michelin tires are sold. Uh, this Michelin Starcross 5, pushing the boundaries of off-road performance for riders of all levels, no matter conditions or terrain. Kiefer. Yes. What would you run? What Michelin Starcross 5 would you run at Paris? Uh, medium. What would you run at Sunrise? Soft. What would you run at Comp Edge? Soft. What would you run at Milestone? Medium. What would you run at Glen Helen? Medium. All right, fantastic. There you go. Everybody, there you go. Mission Star Cross 5, Kiefer's Choice. Been riding with them at all? What have you mm, been riding? Not lately. Have you been riding just Orange Brigade? That's it? I've been trying to ride just that, yeah, but I have been having to ride other things. LL Prep. Yep. So on my time, I ride the Brigade. And KTM just refurbed it. I got, I picked it up last Friday. Uh -huh. It was like brand new looking. It looks so good. Um, what classes are you riding at Loretta's? Uh, 40 and 25. Lots of Kiefer talk around the pits. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying much. I just do one my of deal. My, one of my sources mm -hmm. said he won't be as good out East. Mm. He rides Cali. He's Cali guy. He's high des guy. Okay. That's good. I hope they do think that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just go ahead and sleep on it. I That's fine. Go, I gotta go to Loretta's. Yeah, Marks, we gotta go and do a remote show from Loretta's. That'd be rad. Look, I'm just, cover this. I'm just saying, I'm just gonna do my deal. I'll get there and and see what happens. But I'm not going all the way over there to just to hang out and not do. Good. No, we know that. That's right. We so. know that. We know that. And I can I can ride ruts. Okay. Love this guy right here. Just, I'm just saying. There was people saying, "Yeah, I, you know? I, and I, I see why they would." I am a West Coast guy, and I, I ride hard pack shit all the time. I can't believe I'm taking a commercial. We haven't oh, taken yeah. a commercial. I know. Let's do that. No, we can't. We got right now. We got to get our Wardy and Wardy and Bailey are coming up right now. No bathroom break. No. You want to go right now? No, I'm all right. I'll carry it. No. Uh, Jeff Ward, David Bailey coming up right now, and uh, yeah, they do know that marks. Yeah, they're good. Uh, these guys right here. This is really cool, Kiefer. Okay. Um. They're doing a race across America on bicycles with Nicky Diamond and Doug Henry. That is not. I don't care. Like four man team is. You're not going to sleep that much. What are the cycles? What are the? Uh, we I should mean, ask them that. I, the, I know it varies. Yeah. Do they do? They don't do the same thing every time, do they? No. So they start in Oceanside. I know that, and they end in, end in Annapolis, Maryland. So. Uh, I know they, I read a little bit on this thing, and Wardy said he's going to try to do a lot of the climbing, him and Mickey, just because they're cyclists. Okay. And try to break the other parts up for David oh, so, and Henry. So that's what happens. Yeah. Kinda, so you, kinda, you, you, you have to pick legs of who's doing what. So I would assume there's designated spots you, there's, you have to switch, or I have no idea. Maybe you just do where you, wherever you want, how many miles you want, and then you have to make the switch. I don't know how that works. So, um, but... For a guy that I've done, you know, six-hour, 12-hour, 24-hour races, and that's nothing compared to what they're going to do, I couldn't even imagine going across the United States and just pinning it <laughs> as fast as you can go to get there. They're, they're going to lose so much weight. They're not going to sleep. It's, it's, it's insane. It's got to be gnarly, no doubt. Uh, the legends of the road race across America are going on now. Ram for short, David Bailey, Doug Henry, Mickey Diamond, Jeff Ward,
Uh, this thing's not uh, not cheap either, people. Um, so please, if you have anything that you want to help these guys out, uh, want to help you. Certainly, these four guys have given us some incredible memories over the years, some incredible uh, racing. And so, if you want to do help them out, RoadToRecovery.com. Just go there and, uh, and and donate something, whatever you can. Again, there's a whole support vehicle behind them. There's a whole support crew behind these four guys going across America. It's uh, it's an incredibly gnarly race. That uh, full respect for these guys for doing it. Let's get a couple of the legends on the on the line to uh, talk to them. Talk to us about it. Uh, 702-586-PULP. If you have a question for David Bailey or Jeff Ward, please uh, give us a call and uh, we'll get you on. First up is uh, David Bailey. What's up, David? How are you? I'm good. Thank, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and next up, also on the line as well, he's another motocross legend, supercross legend, Jeff Ward. What's up, Wardy? How are you? <laughs> Doing good, man. How you doing? We're good. Thank you for the time tonight, both of you guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'll start with you, David. Uh, how did this whole thing come together? How did you guys say, "Hey, you know what? Cycling across America in a race seems like seems like something to be really fun to do." <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a bit miraculous how it all fell into place as well as it has. But uh, for me, to have this idea was um, I was aware of the race, but never thought I would do it. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. I was entertained by it. But in 2014, I was aware that Mickey Diamond had put together a team with Mira and Bostrom and uh, Tour de France and time trial ace Dave Zabriskie, and I was already a fan of his. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's going to be cool. So I pretty much just sat at my computer looking for every update in my phone that I could get, and um, I was glued. You know, I, I sat there. <laughs> probably as, I was probably as unhealthy as I could be for that whole time they were riding because I didn't want to miss anything. Super exciting to me. And uh-huh. I, the whole time I was thinking, man, that could be done. And at first I thought maybe four hand cycles. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's not that easy to find three other people to think like I do or want to do it. <laughs> right. So it was a lot easier to, to just go, let me just start with one. And the first person that popped into my mind that I figured had the time and the toughness and it was interesting to me was Henry. I called him, and the rest just started happening. Oh wow! And Wardy, uh, your thoughts when they, when you got the call? Well, I was. I mean, I've been cycling for a long time, and mm-hmm. I kind of I text uh, Mickey. I mean, I followed the same like David did when they were doing it, just like going, "Wow, how'd that get put?" To, you know, that's pretty cool and. You know, I've always wanted to kind of do Ironman at the time. When I was over there, David was interested in the same thing when we were doing triathlons, and mm-hmm. it just never came about. So I've always been intrigued by ultra, you know, long distance. And um, I, I, I don't know, it popped in my head one day, like, maybe maybe Mickey would want to do that again okay. you know, or something. And <laughs> let me just text him and say, hey, Mickey, have you ever thought about doing And I guess it was like a day or two before David you know, started talking, oh, like, no who way. else can we get? And he's like, <laughs> Wardy texted me about he was interested. So, yeah, when I got the call from Dave, you know, it was just like, yeah, I'm in. I didn't even have to think about it. It was just like, <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know, you know, Doug was involved, how it was all going together. And then, right. you know, when you said that and got the, the, the feeling of like, man, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with three other motocross champion legends, We've all been through, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the motorcycle family. It just seemed like so perfect that, you know, it's like, yeah, let's just do this thing. So, yeah, we're committed. 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something else for sure. There's no doubt about it. Starting uh, June 17th in Oceanside, uh, nine days, three thousand mile, ends in the Annap- Annapolis, Maryland, where actually Travis Strawn is from. Another little cool deal, you know, like Pastrana, maybe he'll be there. Who knows where he'll be. But, again, that's where you end up. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty gnarly. And, and so uh, my first question is, how, do you, how much time do you spend? I'll start with you, DB, David Bailey. How much time are you planning on spending on the hand cycle? And are these just, like, clockwork four, three-hour shifts? Or how does this thing work? I was talking to our crew chief about that today. And um, what seems to be working better for more of the teams uh, over time, um, you know, this this event only started in 1982, and it was mm-hmm. just four people solo. And then gradually it's grown into, you know, it's becoming like I want to climb Mount Everest, and everybody wants to do this thing. And, you know, everyone's got ideas, but it's starting to kind of narrow down into 15 to 20-minute um so it'd be okay. your pull to go for 15 to 20 minutes pretty hard, but not, you know, yeah. sprinting. You're yeah. going about 80% of your threshold, something you could do for about an hour. And then uh, your teammate is up the road waiting, two guys on the road at the same time, uh, okay. two I get guys it. Yeah, in the yeah. RV resting. Okay. And so you catch up to your teammate and cross over him, and then he takes off. So you leapfrog like, leapfrog like that for – I'm not sure how long that's going to be. It's going to vary depending on the terrain and the weather and how we're feeling. But, you know, yeah. probably five, six hours, and then uh, we'll be ready to get in our feet, get some food and cool <laughs> off or whatever needs to be done. And the other two guys will be all fresh as daisies and go out and do the same thing. So I'm thinking since Doug and I are on hand cycles, we're not going to cover, you know, we can't go quite as fast as Jeff and Mickey can. Right. So if we're going to do – 15 minute pulls probably and then um just breaking this to jeff now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm no I'm they'll probably do right like here. a little <laughs> bit longer um, yeah they, i think they're they'll probably go a touch longer because picture this i'll ride up on a hand cycle to the back of a vehicle mm-hmm. and then as soon as jeff takes off imagine me trying to get in the vehicle and then up ahead of him a ways, and then back out of the vehicle, ready for him to come by in 15 yep. minutes. Yeah, true. That's not a lot of rest for – I can handle it because I'm just sitting there on my bike nice and comfortable. But the crew has to work extra hard to, like, get me in, get me out, pull over at a good spot. Yeah. So you you got to be flexible. So we'll have a structure somewhat like that, two mm-hmm. guys on, two guys off, and leapfrogging and, and – um, yeah, there's going to be like Jeff said, there's going to be some elements and and weather and weirdness that uh-huh. you know you can't yeah. go all the way across the United States without something happening. No. So it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be gnarly. You know what? I, I was talking to uh, Jimmy Button at Road to Recovery today about this, and he was saying, "Hey, man, like in the case of Doug and, and you, David, you know, uh, motorcycle uh, racing has given you everything, but it's also taken something from you." And Wardy, uh, you've certainly, you know, your whole life's been all about racing motorcycles. And Jimmy said, "You know, this is such a cool thing that if you're an athlete at the highest level of motocross racing, like both of you were, and Mickey and Doug, and let's say Jesse Nelson and anybody else down the road, um, this could be something." the road to recovery can get behind and help you out and it's not getting back on a supercross track or anything like that but it's the drive the determination the effort the laying it all out there it's just like when you guys were, were riding motocross at the highest level and maybe this is something that road to recovery can help in a way mental health uh riders who you know have been 
kind of beset by injuries over the years. So RoadToRecovery.com, if you want to go and help out, uh, Jeff Ward, Doug Henry, Mickey Diamond, and uh, David Bailey will be doing this. And honestly, talking to Jimmy, I was I was pumped. Uh, that's a really cool deal they're doing. Yeah, I, I, when I talked to uh, Jimmy, I had just done a, I helped my dad do a, a fundraising school for Jesse Nelson, and I met Lori, who just started working there. And she was just, you know, super organized and, and making it all happen there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, to see Rotary Recovery get him a Sprinter van that day and, and to see that they've been raising some money and they bought him a hand cycle and stuff, I'm like, that's that's the kind of thing I'd like to see continue and if I can do anything to help that. So I called Jimmy, mm-hmm. told him about this, and some people may know, a lot probably don't, but Jimmy rode his bicycle after his injury, he got better, kind of used it as – as motivation to like, okay, I have to be really better by such and such date. Yeah. And he rode his bicycle across the country, 2,475 miles. And um, I thought, here's a guy that's going to get it. He's either going to say, no, I can't, that's busy, or right. he's going to say yes. And he said, yes, let's, we'd like to help you with that. And this could become, and that's where I got to give the credit to him. He goes, you know, this could be like an annual thing yeah. where we do it every year and just keep this ball rolling and, and always keep some money and set aside from raising money for these teams to help people that are riders, athletes that have been injured and go through that weird, difficult, trying mm-hmm. process. Plus, you know, guys that have recovered from that but are just sort of maybe hanging around and need a little bit of inspiration or a little bit of hope. You know, I mean, yeah. Jeff and I are 55 and – I didn't think I'd be doing RAM when I was in my 20s and 30s, let alone 55, but it just shows what you can do when you just keep going. Uh, 702-586-7857. You want to talk to the icons of the sport, Jeff Ward or David Bailey, please give us a call. Uh, They're talking about the RAM race uh, coming up June 17th. Yeah. So is there like classes, individual classes? Like, are you guys, do you guys know who you guys are going up against or is it just more like I'm beating the clock type thing? Well, it's more this time. I think it's going to be us just trying to get across. I mean, just you got to be humble and realize that you know that's a lot of distance and elements and altitude and deserts and you know it's it's not just a funny Forrest Gump thing. <laughs> it's the real deal. So you know, there's going to be us trying to do a good job on our own. However, we're competitors. There's <laughs> yeah. other people as four men four women groups, mixed groups, eight man groups. Um, uh, two riders you know, at a time and total people that we'll be catching up to. The solo mm-hmm. guys leave a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to come into a big bunch. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to go too hard, but at the same time, if I see somebody in front of me, I keep you know, you know, to probably pass that person. And I'm sure Jeff and Nikki <laughs> was, you know, kind of wired the same way. So we will yeah. be battling other teams and, and uh, as Mickey put it one way, he said, well, I free, I don't want to say what he said, but it was, <laughs> just, we'll catch some of the teams that, you know, that we can be. We're, we're going to be competitors out there and try to set the bar real high in case another team comes along next year. Uh, Wardy, you're, you, I follow you on Instagram, and, and your flight was delayed to New York. You're working with Cole Seeley. We'll talk about that in a second. So you banged out a quick 70-miler, Wardy. Just, you know, just, you know, flight's delayed. <laughs> um, but, hey, you're you're always, uh, when I follow you and stuff, you look like you're more into the mountain bike stuff. But So how's the road bike game, Wardy? Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, I grew, I mean, that's all my training I did when I was racing motocross was, yep. you know, triathlons and and 
time trial, you know, bikes and, and laid down. So I'm really efficient at being on a time trial bike with the hips higher and leaning forward. And that's the way I ride my mountain bike when I'm on the pavement going. I got my hands on, I got <laughs> yeah, yeah. little pads on the elbows are on the bars and I'm flat and I got good power in that area. So actually it's up my alley way more than mountain biking is. So, oh, interesting. Um, okay. you know, I did, I did 72 miles today and three, 4,000 feet of climbing and, hammered that out on the mountain bike and average 16 miles an hour. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, but it's, I'm in bed right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's taking its toll. I'm making sure I get my sleep. I had this weekend. I used it as like a little sleep deprivation cause yeah. I flew all night. I only got like three hours sleep. And then my flight was at 5am out of right. Newark in the morning. So the time I got to bed at 12, I got another three hours sleep, came home. And so, so it was kind of like, you know, pre- mm-hmm. preparing me for, uh, the lack of sleep we're going to get when we do this thing. Cause it's just going to be like David said, there's so many things that, right. you know, Mickey's told us like you, you think you began to rest. And the next thing you know, you got a knock on the door. Hey, <laughs> you got to go back out because so-and-so's yeah. either sick or their right. bike broke and we need you, you know? So yeah. it's, we're just kind of preparing ourselves for, I mean, I don't think we compare for compare, for, you know, prepare for everything, but mm-hmm. you know, I know we're going to be doing like getting up in the middle of the night and getting on the trainer and, getting some miles in in the middle of the night and then going back to bed and yeah. doing a couple of things during the day. And so it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of work. Uh, David, I yeah, got, yeah. Oh, go ahead, David. Yesterday I did, I ran out of hammer sponsoring us and, and I ran out of heat, the drink and, and uh, I had one bar and I didn't eat a big dinner. And I'm like thinking I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It was super windy. And I went from, uh, like, Yorba Linda down to Huntington and back, 45 miles. When I got back to the car, I so just wanted to drive home. And I thought, <laughs> no, let me just do another lap, another 45. Yeah. And so I kind of purposely dug a hole. Yeah, and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. for the last, like, 15, 18 miles, I was thrashed and just, like, moody. And <laughs> and um, that's how we're going to feel. And I just kind of, I think Jeff's been doing that too. We all have that ability to sort of prepare and, and forecast mentally what sort of conditions we'll be in, what it's going to feel like, and then just getting really comfortable in that state. And then, be, you know, then when it happens, mm-hmm. we've already kind of trained for it. And I did a little of that yesterday. I came home, which is, I woke up like, is it still today? I was, I was beat. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's, I think it's funny, David, like, uh, uh, whether it's High Point 1983 or or whatever or 2017 on mountain bikes, Wardy and Osho are still racing each other. They're still racing. <laughs> They've never stopped. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so funny to me that these guys um, have been through everything and they're <laughs> racing mountain bikes together against each other. <laughs> yeah, I think it's That's cool. I was for uh, you're reading your interview just a minute ago about it's just family, you know and. <laughs> So we all, um, yeah, we all kind of drift apart and, you know, yeah. get married and have kids and things. And, and then it, at some point, it just, I think it shows the bond that we had during that cool kind of late 70s, 80s era where yeah. we were really family. And this, this just demonstrates that. Yeah, Wardy, you're just looking over and there's Osho once again. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like, I know, yeah, like David said, we have our own deal, doing our own deals, our own family. But it's like every time, whether it was, 10 years ago, 20 years, you know, yesterday you, you, you see somebody that you were racing with and it's like, 
it's like you never left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're with these guys and it feels like we're still in the same era. It's like you, you grew up with these guys like family, you know? So like when you go see relatives you haven't seen in a while, it's like you're there and it's like you've never yeah. been away, you know? So that's the kind of feeling you get. And that's why this thing is super special. And yeah, hopefully the whole motocross community just keeps getting behind it. And, you know, for what we're doing it for, you know, we're doing it for a good reason. And, and like you said, and like David said, we can, hopefully they can, you know, keep it going legends of the road every yeah. year and and who knows who will run it next year you know maybe we'll have an eight-man team with more guys or maybe there'll be two teams who knows you know i know mickey's talking about doing it solo and oh, he's got a screw loose i think <laughs> still so <laughs> uh road to recovery road the number two recovery.com just put in the uh, donation box you want to support the uh, legends of the road race and uh everything will help it's a very expensive with support crew and motorhomes and everything else uh, so please check it out uh i know racer x will be doing uh things on there um, all the time with the updates and everything else yeah so david you said you watched it last year so where do we go to follow you guys is it gps based is there somewhere a website we can go and watch this you know go down yeah you can go to uh racer x i'm <laughs> race across america.org uh-huh and they'll have like their latest, you know, they change from year to year. Technology is getting better. And so now they have, I think, like better ways to track it and stuff. And they have a Facebook page, they'll have updates. But I would start there. And then on Legends of the, uh, the Twitter, Instagram, I mean, Legends of the Road, I imagine Road to Recovery will try yeah. their best to keep updated. And then one of our crew guys um, that I was just talking to today, he was talking about a way to possibly take some photos and and um it's like a tracker to where like every 15 minutes or whatever you you see where we are on the road oh cool and i don't know if that'll yeah. be any different or better than yep. than uh raceacrossamerica.org but i know that when i watched mickey and those guys back in 2014 i couldn't get enough you know yeah. like brian manley was driving the rig and I, last minute he was going and, and I know him and I've trained with him a little bit mm-hmm. and he would send me stuff that I couldn't get anywhere else. And you know, he just happened to be there when it, the teams were passing each other on a changeover in the rain somewhere in West Virginia. And I was glued to it. It was really intriguing to think that, you know, two four man teams were just minutes apart all the way across yeah. the United States and battling for the win. So yeah, it was cool what Mickey did, and and that's really I, I I told Mickey one day I didn't ever I always looked up to him I dug his style and the way he did things but I just didn't see him becoming you know some yeah. radical cyclist with just you know <laughs> Tour de France looking legs and but he did yeah. and then he was talking about doing it solo but then put together that team and and um, so that's really what got me fired up and wanting to do it and Brian also he came back and yeah. showed me some pictures and I, I felt a little bit more you know on the inside so yeah. we'll, we'll try our best to keep you guys updated but raceacrossamerica.org and, and following us we'll We'll give you all we can. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. Mickey was Mickey hung out with Motley Crue. It looked super cool on a bike. Yeah. And then there was you guys. You know what I mean? But awesome. Yeah, Mickey's <laughs> really done it. But, yeah, back in the day, like, I mean, I remember he'd been telling me the biggest problem with Mickey at Yamaha was that Jim Morrison was on the bike with him and it was weighing it down and whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean? What a, what a, yeah, what a, it's turned into great. It's been turned into really He's great. He's a super yeah. cool person to be around. I was always bummed at Hans yeah. when uh, he came on at 86 and won the championship. I was um, thinking, you know, with, with Johnny leaving and going to Suzuki at the end of that year, that mm-hmm. 
you know, at the time, I mean, I I got along with Rick, but I didn't get along with him to the point where I wanted to hang out with him everywhere. Right. And I was thinking, man, maybe it's going to be cool to hang out with Mickey and ride together a little bit. We we did a lot of things the same. Mm-hmm. And not really like a replacement, you know, for Johnny, because we were still hanging out. But I was yeah. looking forward to hanging with, with Mickey and getting to know him better. And then I got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang it, man. Yeah. It's always a little bit of a, re- a regret as the years wore on, but here I have this opportunity to hang out with him and ride with him and, and uh, man, he's he's funny. I'll tell you that. It, yeah. He's um, he's an interesting person. I've, I'm reading some chapters of his book, and uh, that'll be out, I think, here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of going across the country in 2014, and also Pike's Peak, which he did like right after that. The yeah. one took you know over five days of gnarly, and then the other one only takes <laughs> nine minutes. Real interesting right. contrast. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. It's a it's a pretty cool group, you know, and we've left Doug out of this a little bit, but I know that Mickey rode with Doug while he's back at the New York Supercross. They rode yesterday. They rode to Southwick and back. Oh, jeez. Uh, Perfect. It's going to be an entertaining, uh, it's funny. If one of us is down, there's there's three other guys that are really interesting and, and with a good sense of humor and a yeah. good spirit to pick us up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wardy, we got a call from you on the line from, uh, from Ryan. Ryan, thanks for calling the show. Uh, what's your question for Jeff Ward? Hey, first off, uh, Steve, thanks for letting me sit in on the show a couple times. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. You're welcome. And then uh, basically my, my big thing was, uh, where, where do you you won on every size bike that you ever rode, it seems like, and even on the 500, what part of your style or preparation, you think, helped translate to all the size bikes? Because everyone seems to have trouble with different sizes. Um, I don't know, maybe... Uh... It's hard to say. My stature and lightness helped, I think, for the 125s, and then I had to build some strength to handle the 250s and even more for the 500s, which I was able to do. But I don't know. I just think um, my style, the blind choice and throttle control, um, you know, not so much on the 125 because they were pretty wrung out all the time, but that, but line choice came a big critical part of it. So, um, I mean, that's my biggest, I think, was just being able to uh, ride smooth and, and – um, good line choice i go i would say and the 500 was you had to do that it wasn't a bike that you you know our cowies worked really well which helped and they like to go straight so it was basically <laughs> get straight and give it throttle it had great handling it was a great desert bike so um i was real fortunate to be on that bike and uh, but i would just say you know my throttle control probably in line choice there you go thanks ryan and hey one more one more oh, question sure go ahead uh, i i think uh I think Wardy's ninety one, ninety two style, for, like gear and bike, is like the the best looking getups of all time. Uh, did you ever consider yourself a style icon in that measure? <laughs> Appreciate it. No, I mean not really. I I I probably copied a few people. I think I copied Johnny when he screwed his visor into the side of his helmet to round it. And, <laughs> you know, and then we copied Myers Cop, Bill. Myers Cop, copied Myers Cop, exactly. You right. know, and. Uh, but I did have a little unique because Sinisalo had the white gear, and you know I know Johnny had the Gators, but um, you know I just think that Sinisalo had a pretty cool, pretty cool you know kit back then with what they were doing. And uh, but yeah, I was always tight. I mean, yeah, I'm, I was up in the night before the national, put my stickers on the helmet, nah. <laughs> making sure you know on the, on the chest protector, and then yeah. there's Troy Lee, of course, that you know would come up with something in a paint scheme or paint my chest protector. Or face guard or whatever. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't think it was a style. I mean, my style was, you know, I think it was, uh, it was fluid. It wasn't flashy, but it was just, I think just fluid. And, and, uh, you know, that made me stand out a little bit. The uh, no one could vent a jersey like like Wardy. Just like, cut the shit out of like, it. Like there was so many holes in your jerseys all the time. One time I went to the line and uh, AMA made me go put a different jersey on because I had it cut so much <laughs> that there was too much. the whole side was gone. It was like a tank top. <laughs> well, remember those cotton jerseys? Yeah, we couldn't have the sleeves. We had to because they wouldn't let you know. Ronnie would just push them up above his elbows anyway. Right. So they made made rules that you had that you know two inches from the wrist or something. Yeah. So we kind of got in trouble, but it was uh, yeah, it was unique. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. So you two guys, okay? So eighty six, you went at it. Eighty five, you went at it. Eighty four. Uh, um, David, you won in 83. Now, Wardy, you were in the 125s, but you guys were on Supercross. So I, I'm going to put you both on the spot here and see if you pick the same race. But what I'll start with you, David. What was the epic David Bailey-Jeff Ward battle to end all battles in your careers? Was there one that stands hmm. out? Uh, we had quite a few. Um, I'm sure, yeah. One that's interesting to me uh, for other reasons besides just what was going on on the racetrack was – in 83, we battled at Foxborough um, in Boston and Boston. And so uh, it was rain- the day before we did like a Wrangler photo shoot. It was super hot. And they got us standing there in tight jeans or shirt, shirt pants <laughs> forever. And then um, then the next, you know, I, mean, I didn't think it was going to rain. I didn't even, didn't even occur to me to look. And the next day, it was cold and rainy. And I whole shot it. I think I was leading early. And then I thought, okay, cool, I have it. Yeah. And then um, you get that feeling like, yeah, it's over. And then here comes Jeff. I'm like, damn it, you know. <laughs> and he just inched up, inched up. And I was like, I was trying to go faster and make sure I had the right lines. And I just, I'm like, it's, I can't go any faster than this. And he got by me. And then it was like, well, I, I lost, you know, damn it. But yeah. it's seconds from my bad. And then all of a sudden I heard the crowd freaking out. And then he, screwed up and went off he fell in a corner i think and i got him back but what's funny about it is that my wife gina was with uh jeff's mechanic uh wife tina mcandrews mm-hmm. and she gina didn't know me at the time so she was probably rooting for jeff okay <laughs> and here we are battling and i beat that i beat him and they're like oh darn it you know and so to me that's kind of a funny yeah. one uh, uh, what about you, Wardy? Do you remember a battle with, with David somewhere? Well, I mean, one with, with David is, is like, I mean, I wouldn't call it like a battle because we never had any friction yeah. toward each other, like whatsoever. I, I could even remember, you know, uh, maybe one time, at, I don't know, was it Daytona or something? I got yeah, I off the track or something. But, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, like coming from David, you don't even like, think about it. It's just like, you know, he didn't mean to do it. So you go on and there's no right. coming after in the pits and like, what the hell are you, you know, I'm going to get you next right. time, David, damn it. Um, but, uh, I, th- I know at accident, we had a good, pretty good race on the five hundreds, um, at his home track. Yeah. I think we got, I think there's a couple of photos where I'm not, I think I'm number four or something. And yeah. that was my first year on the five hundreds, I think. So to, to me, for me to come into that class, thinking I'm going to meet, beat David Bailey on a 500, after you know all the accomplishments he's had on one, yeah, it was 
I just remember that my brain is like, you know, I'm racing the 500 now, you know, with <laughs> yeah, David. Yeah. Right. Because, and Brock was, Brock was one of those guys. But I did race with Brock in the 125, so um, I had a little bit of experience. But really, on the outdoor side, was that year was probably, the I think, the first year I raced with David on um, – because uh, when I ever raced 250s, I think you were still on 500, right, David, on the 85? Yeah, we we didn't really race together that often, just Supercross. But yeah, then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was your first year on a 586. And then I remember I whole shotted my own race, and I was going around the first turn thinking, well, that's that. And so I kind of like went a little bit wide and did it perfect, and Jeff did it perfect. And he passed me in kind of a season where no one could, you know, is up in the trees. Uh-huh. And I just panicked, like, like I've got to get him back right now right. or I'm going to be getting roosted with those razor-sharp clay pellets. And um, I just I wanted to be in the lead, be in my hometown race, and I got him right back, kind of luckily. And um, I think I got him as surprisingly as he got me. And then he was right there for a while, and, and it, he's the kind of person that you can't mess up. And or he'll get you, or he's he's already working on some trick line. He's going to get you anyway. But he would keep me honest out there. And the same thing, like I was never worried about Jeff doing something weird, yeah. or jumping over into me, or you know, showing me a front wheel really close to me, or something like that. And and um, yeah, it's just I think really I was just a fan, still am, but I was a fan of Jeff. You know, I mm-hmm. saw him leading the Coliseum when he was young and riding the what became the trans USA moved up to the two fifty, and he was really small and he's leading races. And I, to me, it was just like, he was on another level. So when I finally got there, it's weird to think that he saw me that way in some, in some way, but <laughs> no, I think it's just a lot of respect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back then it was uh man was, I, I hate to be one of those guys that walked uphill to school both ways, you know, and, and, and all that. <laughs> I hate to be that kind of guy, but man, it seemed like it was a special era. It did. I don't know, but again, like, I don't want to be one of those guys that's stuck. In, like, you know, you know. But I don't know, man. It just seemed so cool. It, maybe it wasn't. Well, it was on such a rise from you know. I yeah. Mean, the Euros, Euros were coming over in the early you know seventies, late seventies. Everything was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and more following, more following, and riders' names. You know, and it just seemed to be where now. You know, we know what Supercross is. You know, here it is. This is. Yeah, you don't. There's that much. You know, besides four strokes coming, but back then it was just changing so much. And I think from bikes and everything, it was just like a really, just a really cool era. And we were learning on the training aspect. We're probably doing too much. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, yep. who knows? But it, yeah, it we didn't have like a track map. You know, right? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was just okay. We have this much dirt, so. So, what should we do with it? We're going to make the start, <laughs> and then we need a big jump someplace. So, I mean, really, when we would get to the stadium every week, we'd walk the track just like, wow, look at this one. Right. So everything was – it wasn't like we tested for anything. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes they just build the whoops with a backhoe, and we're going like, <laughs> we need cold maker to get through this. Um, There's no way, you know? Yeah, the guys go out now. They know it's 67 feet. They know the, ra- the angle of the ramp. They know it's, it's exactly what they can do, you know? So – yeah. Like you said, you'd probably train too much, so maybe, Wardy, maybe Dogger. <laughs> Dogger was ahead of his time. <laughs> no, nah, he, he was on the extreme opposite side. Oh, okay. All right. He, was, he, he wasn't even in the middle. <laughs> That's what. I was just checking. Maybe maybe Dogger. we look back at Dogger era. So he was super smart. <laughs> Dogger's one of, a, one, Dogger's one of a kind, I think, that will never – 
never be duplicated. I don't think. No. To get it to do the as least amount as you could possibly do and still do what he did is never going to be duplicated <laughs> in the sport. <laughs> uh, we just had uh, Troy Lee on maybe uh, six months ago, and I had to. He told me his favorite Dogger story was that Dogger told a magazine one time for a training effort that he he did some hot tubbing. <laughs> he, he, he said Sweating. sitting in a hot tub was training. <laughs> Sweating it out. <laughs> so Dogger's great, man. I loved I loved being a teammate. It was just he was yeah. just classic. And classic and, and he's he's a great guy. And David, you and Johnny would look at Dogger and just shake your head. It's like, look at this guy. Well, I remember he came to the Honda track because it's far, you know. Yeah. Far from Temecula, but I mean like it, from San Diego, El Cajon. Yeah, El Cajon, right. That was a drive. You know, you almost be better off just flying. <laughs> but uh, he got there, and he was riding his 125 around, and he didn't have the track all sort of figured out like Johnny and I did. And I just remember, you know, you can push a 125 a little bit harder. And it, I think it was in the winter, so it wasn't as dry and slick, and you could be more aggressive. And he turned a couple laps on the outdoor track and a few on the supercross track and did stuff that I just, I didn't even know, I was speechless. Like, <laughs> did you see what he just, he just jumped off of that and still made the berm on the inside. And, you know, and he, yeah. that's where I learned how to do like a wheel tap. And so Ronnie was, um, he was, he was really stylish, but he also was super technical. Cause like what he said, he was like, okay, how could I do the least amount and get the biggest result? <laughs> right, and right. and he, had, he was the definition of that. You know, I tried to do it, but Ronnie legitimately yeah. was. His line selection was more wordy, just about trying to try to uh, stay smooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, miss every bump on the track. Um, well, awesome guys! Thank you for your time, both of you icons of the sport. We're going to be following you, uh, race across America, the legends of the road on Instagram. And uh, again, if you guys can help out for this, it'd be great. Road to Recovery dot com. Uh, just go there, tell them it's for the legends of the road. And uh, David Bailey, Jeff Ward, Mickey Diamond, Doug Henry. Uh, starting June 17th. This is going to be great. And thanks for your time, both of you guys. I hope we uh, hope we uh, raise a little bit of money here and got some awareness. And uh, we'll be we'll be cheering for you. Cool, man. Thanks. thanks. Good thanks luck, guys. Out there. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks, guys. See, See you, guys. Bye. Legends, right there, man. Like David Bailey, Jeff Ward, everybody. Yeah, it's great. First race, 86, Anaheim. David Bailey, Rick yeah. Johnson, and unknown to this day. Wardy was the defending champion from 85, mm -hmm. broke a throttle cable in the heat race, and you had to finish, like, three from the end to qualify for the semis. Okay. Wardy broke a throttle cable, finished last in the heat, didn't get enough points to make the main. He didn't make the main? No. I don't remember, but I just remember yeah. the battle. But just imagine, like, not, like yeah. Ryan Dungey not making the main. Right. The opening round. Yeah. That's what happened to I, fe I feel like you were either... Uh Honda fan or a Cowie fan? Like, those are the two, like, you went yeah. with back Well, in. we had RJ on the show a couple weeks ago, and I just told him, I think you were an RJ or a Wardy fan. Mm -hmm. I was RJ. You couldn't be a fan of both of them because right. they, they would win everything, and you had to pick your side. Right. Whether it was Honda or Cowie. I feel like it was yeah. a Bailey or a Johnson thing. Like, you'd yeah. be one or the other. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, everybody, if you can help out, that would be fantastic. Please check it out, RoadToRecovery.com. We are going to go to commercial break, our first one of the night. There you go. And uh, and we'll be back with more Chris Kiva from Dirt Rider. we got some more segments to do. Uh, we got a Gear Ally cold call coming up. Right. It's called Seven Deuce Trace. You going to answer it? What? Someone's going to answer this week? Uh, you, you screwed <laughs> us all up. Uh, all right, everybody, stick around. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back after this. 
I'm Weston Pike. I ride for JGRMX Suzuki, and you're listening to The Pulp Show, and Steve Mathis is an idiot. All of us have one thing in common. When it comes to leaning that bike into a corner, floating a dirt bike through the air, or blasting a sand berm in a UTV. And that is passion. At BTO Sports, our foundation is built around family, which allows us to offer unparalleled customer service. Knowing we share a common interest, we look forward to the weekend as much as you. So we offer three-day express on orders over $85. BTOsports.com is proud to be a premier source for motorsports parts and apparel for well over a decade. Due to our reputation for excellent customer service and great prices. From motocross to mountain bikes, sports bikes to UTVs, BTOsports.com has what you need. Because our passion reflects yours. Yeah, that's right, people. That's Van Halen. I want to tell you about my two favorite things in life. Van Halen and Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com. They make much more than just moto gear. Mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, hard parts. They've got it. FlyRacing.com. The F2 Carbon Helmet, it's as close to a factory bike as a helmet can get. It's out of the box and onto the racetrack ready helmet for guys like Millsaps, Baggett, Kennard, and Pike. Carbon Fiber, Kevlar, Coolmax, Mips. Fly Racing's F2 Carbon has 10 different graphic styles, 22 colorways. Go to your local dealer, get them from flyracing.com. Please check them out. A whole line of hard parts as well. Flyracing.com. Do you ride a stock bike? Then why drive a stock truck? NFAB offers innovative products to take your truck or Jeep to the next level. Innovative, high-quality styles will let you customize your vehicle just like you customize your bike. The new RKR rails with patented detachable steps provide ease of entrance around town and clearance and protection for an off-highway adventure. NFAB's direct bolt-on MRDS pre-runner bumper with multi-mount and LED helps light up your world. Justin Barcia, Weston Pike, and Filthy Phil are all NFAB users and fans. Visit NFAB.com to learn about all of the innovative products and how you can outfit your build. NFAB. Get your truck in gear. Attention KTM riders. Need a little orange bling for your KTM? Maybe some cool new KTM power wear? Or just a few parts to freshen up your ride? Whatever you're looking for, KTM Parts Express is your place to shop. KTM Parts Express, the number one online source for all your KTM needs. With over 40 years experience in the motorcycle industry, customer service is our specialty. Our warehouse is packed full of the latest KTM Powerwear clothing, Powerwear accessories, and genuine KTM replacement parts. Huge inventory, great prices, fast, accurate shipping. Use the code PULPMX to save 15% off your order. KTM Parts Express, the number one online source for all your KTM needs. Everybody knows Racetech is the number one place to go for your suspension. Everybody knows that if you go PULPMX 17, you get a discount at Racetech.com. But besides that, did you know Racetech? They are now the home of engines as well. Racetech suspension and engines. 
great guys. They've done a lot of great work for the, uh, a lot of privateers and, and different riders in the pits with their motor work. Precision engine services are dyno, flow bench, and then track tested to provide maximum performance and reliability. The Racetech engine services use the industry's most desired state-of-the-art equipment and a championship-proven experienced team. They're really pushing their engines, and they're really doing a good job down there, those people. What, think about how many years they've been doing incredible suspension. Well, they've added engine work to their program with guys that have been around the sport for a long time. Pulp MX 17 gets you a discount on their engine services, whatever it is. Rebuilds, performance, they can do it. Got four-stroke motor problems? Racetech.com, everybody. Check them out. Guts Racing, the leaders of seat technology, has tons of new stuff for 2017. Guts Racing has new products like RCH Factory Suzuki Graphic Kits and complete Husqvarna seats. Guts Racing has added new gripper material colors, fluorescent yellow and pink to go with nine other colors we already have. Guts Racing even expanded to more teams and riders. 2017 Guts Racing will be seen on JGR MX, RCH Suzuki, Factory Husqvarna, Cycle Trade Yamaha, Blue Buffalo, Barn Pros, MCR Honda, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, Malcolm Stewart, and many, many more top teams and riders. Guts Racing has the world covered for 2017 and beyond. So now it's time you join the Guts Racing team by using discount code PULPMX2017 for 30% off at GutsRacing.com. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything, I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle.
Want a chain and sprocket kit but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559 and get hooked up with a V3 performance kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. It's a ridiculous amount of gearing for nearly any bike. Join the ranks of Chad Reed and Cooper Webb on the factory Yamaha Supercross team at Rocka Vortex Sprocket. Available in red, black, blue, silver, and green. Yes, green. Call a doctor, because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX16 to get 40% off your next order. And don't forget to sign up for the Vortex Athlete Support Team for 2017. For more information, call 800-440-3559 or visit VortexRacing.com. Attention riders, welcome to Atlas Air Flight 604 with non-stop service to a better neck brace. Please follow along as we outline the safety features of this revolutionary device. Located on the underside of the frame is a convenient, easy open system. To fasten, simply insert the release bar into the left frame. To release, push the release button and pull the frame apart. We suggest that you keep your neck brace fastened throughout the duration of the moto as you may experience an unexpected huckabuck from time to time. To ensure a safe ride, please keep your neck underextended at all times. In the likely event of an over-the-bars emergency, your brace will double as a suspension system. Although the Atlas brace will not be noticeable, it will be there when you need it. If you are riding with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your brace first and then assist the other person with a prodigy, tyke, or roll. We ask that you keep your brace on until your moto is finished. Maximum surface area is located on your chest around the sternum, back around the spine, and up over your shoulders with extra padding over your collarbone. Should you need more, please request a Defender Roost Guard or Guardian Body Armor. We remind you that this is a non-rigid neck brace. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying the product is prohibited by the limited lifetime warranty. You will find this and all other safety information in the user manual located online at atlasbrace.com. At this time, we ask that you remain standing with throttles in the wide open position, elbows up, and two fingers on the clutch. On behalf of the captain and entire crew, thank you for flying Atlas Air. Enjoy the ride. WUSA is the number one source for quality wheel sets and wheel building services. They are the exclusive importer for talent and kite hubs along with DID and Excel rims. Their wheels and wheel building services are trusted by the finest teams in the country. Teams like Factory KTM, JGR Suzuki, Rocky Mountain MCKTM Rockstar Husky Star Racing Monster Energy Babbitts They all trust up, yeah No job is too big or too small WUSA everybody, we thank those guys for coming on board with us Whatever you need for your wheels 
hubs, wheel building services. They've got it. Mention Pulp MX when you call down there, and they'll give you a discount. They ship nationwide. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at WUSA.com. WUSA, they're all things wheels. Do it. WUSA. Do it. Gear Alloy Wheels. Since introduced in 2004, the Gear Alloy brand has dominated the truck, SUV, and Jeep market with a wide range of styles, sizes, and finishes. Featuring unique, aggressive off-road styles, along with fashion-forward SUV styling for today's discriminating sport truck and off-road vehicle enthusiasts alike. Designed and engineered in SoCal in order to stay on trend with design. And sourced worldwide to ensure the highest quality, best-looking product available. With styles available in 16-inch through 22-inch diameters and 5, 6, and 8-lug applications, including 10-inch and 12-inch wide options. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, GMC, Dodge, Ram, Toyota, Nissan, or Jeep, there is a gear alloy wheel style for you with 20 different wheel styles to choose from in black, machined, milled, and chrome-plated finishes. Gear Alloy is a proud sponsor of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha GNCC race team and has been a longtime supporter of seven-time WMX champion and X Games athlete Jessica Patterson. Be sure to check Check out all the Gear Alloy wheels at GearAlloy.com or ATDWheels.com. Get your trucking gear. Starting now, you can use the code PULPMX17 to save on Gear Alloy at SoCalSuperTrucks.com. Gear Alloy wheels for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Get your trucking gear. Shortcut. Shortcut is the word of the week. Established in Northern California in 1989, Works Connection's original idea to bring top-shelf motocross and supercross products to market still holds true today. Offering protection and performance upgrades in the form of either aluminum or plastic skid plates, the patented ProLaunch Start Device, radiator-saving radiator braces, or the unique Tack Hour Meter with maintenance timer. Being just a few of the product choices, Works Connection stocks. Tested and trusted by RCH Racing, JGR Suzuki, Star Racing, Rock River Yamaha, and Babbitt's Kawasaki. You can count on Works Connection to provide reliable products that deliver. Available on the web at worksconnection.com or your local retailer. Founded in 1999, PivotWorks was created with the vision of providing a fast, easy, and complete solution to maintaining the suspension and chassis of your dirt bike or ATV by taking all of the hard-to-find parts within the different chassis and suspension segments and packaging them into one easy-to-order kit. PivotWorks helps simplify the way you buy dirt bike parts. You can save time and money by ordering a PivotWorks swing arm or linkage rebuild kit that contains all of the necessary parts for a complete rebuild, whether it's wheel bearings or a complete shock rebuild kit. PivotWorks has what you need to get your bike or ATV handling like new for a fraction of the price of the OEM parts. If you race, ride for fun, or just like restoring bikes like Mathis, PivotWorks should be your first choice when it comes to bearing and seal replacement. After almost 20 years of business, PivotWorks is still the leader in OEM quality aftermarket bearing and seal kits. And PivotWorks is giving back to Pulp MX listeners by offering a special 30% discount for all orders placed online. Go to PivotWorks.com today and use the discount code PULPSHOW2017 for a 30% discount on your order. Ride hard, ride fast, ride PivotWorks.
E.K. Chain set out to design a chain that was as elegant and beautiful as it was strong. The result is the 3D Chain by E.K. The first thing you will notice about the 3D Chain is its formed outer side plates. They have a curved form that helps to reduce weight. The centers of the plates have a recessed rectangular stamping that adds an eye-popping appeal. The inner side plates feature lightning holes and rounded edges to further reduce mass and put more power to the pavement. 3D chains by EK are available in three colors, chrome nickel, black gold, full gold. 3D's elegance is matched only by its strength, 11,400 pounds of tensile strength to be exact. That's enough to handle any motorcycle, no matter the terrain. The QX2 X rings that are featured in the 3D chain have a better wear resistance than standard QX rings by 30%. This more efficient design results in a chain that transfers 1% more power and torque to the rear wheel. EK is accepting applications for rider support. Get your 3D chain by EK at a great price through the EK Rider Shop. To apply, visit ekchainusa.com and click on Rider Support. Jeff Ward. Motherfucking David Bailey and Jeff Ward. Dude. Hey, and I didn't, again, I already blew Alden in the show, so I didn't want to keep blowing our guests. So you're going to blow David and but more? I was almost <laughs> going to be like, does it get any fucking gnarly other these dudes from the 80s? That's kind of like, I didn't really talk because I grew up watching those guys and fuck, they're like my idols growing up. Dude, they're just gnarly. They're so gnarly. And you know what? When I did the Jesse, I was with David for the Jesse Nelson benefit thing and listening to articulate the bike and what guys should do he still has it he still mentally has racing brain it's insane i really miss his commentating as well i don't know if you liked his commentating but i do i did thanks for listening everybody appreciate it get data ride engineering 
we tested anything with Ride Engineering lately? Ride Engineering is coming out with a 2017 CRF 450 Link. So Adrian, Adrian, uh, Adrian got one millimeter longer Link. So uh, okay. yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, fantastic. W Wheels, uh, WUSA.com, the choice of wheels for half the teams in the pits. Atlas Neck Brace. Not Liat. <laughs> um, nah, just keep going. Don't worry about happened? that. Anderson thanked <laughs> Liat on the podium when he wears an Atlas for like three years. I didn't hear it. I got to listen to this. W- what are you doing? I don't know. It's not like you just switched. I get that. Right. You had one job. You had one job. Dino said he's pretty chill after his racing. He's a pretty chill guy. <laughs> he's pretty, apparently, he's pretty <laughs> chill. Uh, AtlasBrace.com, FMF, Works Connection. Uh, you see the CRF uh, oil change? Uh, yeah, thing? I got one. And? And it's awesome. Because okay, I didn't know nothing wait. about why they would have that. Okay, okay wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with the CRF 17 oil change. Right. Why do you need that? Can you explain okay. that? So you, it's a big ass Allen bolt underneath the. Okay. Right. So you go to change it, you break it loose. It falls all over your hand, dude. And a shit tongue comes out at once, and then it kind of it's funnels not an down. Angle? Because that's how it's like. No, it's straight down. So oh, you, as soon as yeah. you loosen up, boom, oil yep. everywhere. Yep. So. Yeah, you like cool. that? Cool, cool idea by Works Connection to do that. Dude, they're full of cool ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's think about, let's think about it, right? Uh, so, WorksConnection.com's on board. KTMPartsExpress.com. Michelin Star Cross 5. X-Brand Goggles. You got some X's? I did. Thanks to Rich and okay, Darkside. Are you going to be wearing them? That's uh, the next question. Well, that's the, that's the next question. You so, motherfucker. I'll wear them. Dude. You're fucking kidding me. X-Brand Foam is legit. No, no joke. I do like the foam a lot. Pivot Works, Roost MX, Gear Alloy, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension, NFAB Jeep and Truck Parts, Fly Racing, BTOsports.com, all on board with us tonight. Uh, hey, uh, let's, oh, let's get some phone calls here real, real quickly. Dark Side, what's up? Real quickly. What's happening? Quickly. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I just, uh, real quick, on the BTO thing, I keep hearing you talk about it every week. If you go online, you put your... You're, put it in the comments. Please apply the pulp discount. They will apply it on your bill. It will not show up on your confirmation, but you'll get it on your bill because yeah. the discount. Yeah, yeah. I've, to, I've told so, people that. I've, aren't I? Haven't I been good that? I've, I've, well, yeah, but you kind of like, I think it works. I know you're not. It, yeah. it works. I use it yeah. all the time. I, can, okay. I concur so, because I was there at BTO a couple weeks ago, and they do do that. I, yeah, I made so sure. just put, yeah. in, put, in the, put in the remarks, <clears throat> please apply the pulp max discount. Yep, and, and we'll do it. That. Okay. Oh, my so God. Keeper, yeah. Keeper, can we? And you better wear them damn goggles. But can we confirm that you're going to run the 125 Dream Race? Uh, I'm not going to run the 125 Dream Race in Sacramento. Oh. Uh, I will. No, Lakewood. I will be at Lakewood. Yes, bitchin'. I will be at Lakewood because okay. the guy we have racing the 125 is going to race Sacramento round, Lane Shaw, and he right. will be racing uh, Washougal. And so. you'll be wearing your X brand goggles. I will wear X brand just for you and Steve in Colorado. Sweet. I'll bring you tear-offs if you wear the goggles. There you go. We're in. I'm there. Okay, man. That's it. Thanks, guys, great th- show tonight, man. Good thank you, Dark Side. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, Cody, quickly. What's up, Cody? How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so, quick comment and then quick question. Um, so, when I was in Seattle, I saw in practice uh, Barsha, Clayson, and A-Ray standing there talking. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Clayson was standing there in the middle, and he had his arm around Barsha, acting like a uh, marriage counselor between the two. It was hilarious. 
That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, I like it because, yeah, we all know Barsha cleaned Ray out and everything else. And then, yeah. Yeah, so uh, then my question is, I've seen both of these happen at the local track. Um, what's worse, uh, red number plate backgrounds or running number one? Oh, running number one. I, I, I haven't seen the red plate for a while. I've seen a few times. But... I was thinking about putting red on my number one. I've been sick. <sighs> Dude, no, running the number one to me is worse. Dude, I've seen so many. You know what I do when I see it at the track? I give them the horns. I'm like, yes, that's my teammate. All these dudes are at the, <laughs> with number one on the d- uh, factory editions. And I would go, yes, what a dork. Take the number Stop one Stop it. It's sold that way. Uh, that's fine. Yamaha used to get sold the number one on them then all the time. you run it. No, you didn't. You not, nobody ever ran it. We oh, took them off. Shit. And they were a pain in the ass to take off. I think it's cool. You had to use a, you had to use a hair dryer and you peel that black shit off because they swept all three well, titles in like seventy seven. You or brainwashed something. Heather and she ripped the shit out of him in the garage. So now well, I have Travis him. Preston stepped up. I appreciate Travis hey, Preston for doing that. Let's give this guy some fly gear. Want some fly gear, bro? Uh, sure. Wait, you hesitated, Cody. Yeah, what do you got? What's going on? Uh, okay. To be honest, I was going to get it for my buddy because I actually broke my back back in twenty twelve and I'm paralyzed. Um, back when I was riding. So, okay. Yeah, gonna get it for my buddy, but I mean, if you guys got a helmet or something? That'd be rad. Who's your buddy? Uh, one of my best friends. He rides still. Okay. Uh, let's give it to him anyway. Yeah, we'll give it to you, but you got to give it to your buddy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do. All right. It's the Fly Racing uh, Kinetic Rockstar gear uh, in honor of Zach Osborne's win. That is what Fly is giving away tonight on the show, and we appreciate that. And uh, so stay on the line, Cody, and. Uh, Tell your BF that we hooked him up. Yeah, tell tell him that we hooked him up, and tell him um, get his sizes from him so we can uh, dial you dial you in and dial him in. Absolutely, thanks, guys. And just one thing about him, really quick, is sure. uh, actually not too long ago he had a brand new pair of gear, and then his dad passed away, and he put his gear in with his uh, oh, yeah. in with his dad and his casket. So he's I'm all about it. Then. Needing some gear. Perfect. Holy so, uh, smokes. Really, really appreciate it, Everything guys. got really deep on Dude. this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's awesome. Good to hear. And uh, so it's coming your way. Stay on hold, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thank he you. He sounds like Michael Lindsay on the phone. Is that like Michael Lindsay? Sounds like him. Gear Alloy, in association with uh, the RMA, uh, RMATV MC uh, KTM team, Gear Alloy has teamed up with SoCal Super Trucks to bring Pulp MX listeners a great deal on all Gear Alloy wheels during the season. Pulp MX 17 at SoCalSuperTrucks.com. Uh, and uh, you can save. They offer a complete range of custom wheels, tire suspension accessories for your truck, Jeep, or SUV. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, a GMC, a Dodge, a Ram, a Toyota, a Nissan, or a Jeep, Gear Alloy has you covered 20 different wheel styles. Get your trucking gear with Gear Alloy. They support the sport with the Rocky Mountain guys, as well as uh, Jessica Patterson, of course, uh, the Ampro uh, Yamaha GNCC team as well. Gear Alloy, they dominate the truck, Jeep, and SUV market. Uh, we got to call Tyler Entignap and get to the bottom of him being so close to Tyler. a first main event. Jeez. Gear Alloy, cold call everybody, gearalloy.com. He was so close. And you just think he should have dumped it on Raper. Yes. You just think that's it. Just, yes. Dude, the foot was wedged in there so mm. Cold calling people. It actually sounds exactly like Cold it. Hi, it's Jagger Home, please. Calling people. It's called the Gear Alloy Cold Call. Bro. Hello. Bro. Bro. Oh Great radio, God. bros. Tyler Entignab, you're on the Gear Alloy Cold Call in the Pulp Mech Show. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were 10 feet away. Ah, 15 feet away. 
from your first ever 450 main event? Dude, you don't have to tell me. Now I have to relive it all again. Oh, hey. Hey, Kiefer is pissed at you. Kiefer is pissed at you. I was pissed at you, brother. Why? God. I just re-bobbied it and just came off my bike and ran across the finish line, did a front flip of on top of the lip or what? Yes. Like, I feel like Raper's leg was safe enough inside that wheel that you could have dragged his ass up the face of the no, job. No, you Dude, couldn't have. Do not see me downshift. No, I didn't I see it. First year. <laughs> I was in first year trying to go, okay? Was it, like, were you letting the clutch out it wasn't going anymore? Dude, I was feathering it. Okay? Oh, <laughs> Explain yeah, the explain the feeling in your stomach when you had to sit there and look at the checkered flag as that guy went by you. Dude, there's a video. So like they had a speaker right next on that corner. Yeah. Because they had like speakers across the whole track. Yeah. And there's a on speed on Twitter, they posted a video and you can literally hear me screaming. Get his leg out of the rear wheel. <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. I was Dude, it was so heartbreaking, honestly, because it's like I, I like saw the checkered flag right in front of me waving, and then I saw the gap we had, and oh, I you had a huge gap, literally yeah. stuck. Dude, I was I was so gutted. Me and Travis, we had like a little barbecue, and we're watching it, and I was jumping up and down, throwing my hat. I was like, go, 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 and you wouldn't go, and I'm like, fuck, go. <laughs> right there. Dude, it was the, the, the clip they played on speed where just you're moving and, and Raper's bike is on the back, his foot is stick. It made me laugh so hard. I'm just like, look at, <laughs> look at this Supercross. What a shit show right now that's going on. <laughs> oh, my God. What a shit show. What about the bad luck for Raper and me? And I missed my first main event by 10 feet Dude. because my bike stopped. Hey, Dude. and you were in here like last week on the show. And then this week, I think I feel like you were like a, one of the hugest stories of, of the main event. You probably had. Yeah. Everyone was cheering for you. And it just sucked, dude. Oh, my God. Hey, was Raper. Dude, and, too, I like was riding good. Yeah. I caught like I caught up and was be able to like kind of make a pass. I mean, it wasn't the cleanest pass I've ever made. But <laughs> no, and JT in- would like a word with you about that pass also. <laughs> oh, I already heard it. I already heard it. I'm, I'm coming after him. We got beef. Was, uh, <laughs> Tyler and JT have beef. <laughs> <laughs> was Raper, what did Raper yeah. say to you afterwards? Was he like, what the Dude, F? Or- no, I, Raper, no, Raper was super cool. I was just, you know, I'm glad his legs are right and stuff. Because that's a sketchy theory there, like a scenario. But, uh, yeah, me and Raper talked before the LCQ and we actually lined up right next to each other on the LCQ and he was all good and I was all good. It was just a shitty situation, honestly. Oh yeah, that was man. I felt for you. Cause I was like, he, you travel yeah. the whole freaking circuit in a motor home, you drive in everywhere across America and you're freaking 20 feet away from the checkers. And that's the <laughs> only people didn't like what I had to say on Twitter as far as just drag his ass, but it was kind of half kidding, half serious. But I was like, man, he yeah, was right there. God, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got next week. And two, I almost made an LCQ, too. I got fit, so I'll be coming up short again. Yeah, yeah. You'll be you'll be in touch with our, our own Corey Moser. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, damn it, dude. Yeah. So Raper was cool, though. He was like, thanks for not breaking my leg, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was cool. He was, I mean, we were both kind of bummed. He was like, he kind of got squirrely in the sand. That's, how, yeah. that's why I like 
could have made that maneuver. Yeah. And then <laughs> maneuver. Like maneuver. Let me tell JT you called it a maneuver. Uh, that should be in the AMA rule book. Maneuvers. No maneuvers. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. No. We're all cool. You know. It's just. You know. It's the last last transfer spot racing, bro. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm okay no, with it. it. It was good, man. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Um, so. bummer, bro. So you're on your way to Vegas now. You're you're almost. Where, yeah, where no, you at? We're, yeah, we're in Oklahoma City. Okay. Oh, yeah, you got to race. Well, come by the house if you get in early or something or whatever. Come hang or I'll go. Oh, for sure. Go, yeah. I gotta well, make it. Gonna, I gotta make gonna, it up for you on that buffet. By. I gotta make it up to you on that buffet we went to. Are you going to Arena oh, Cross? Dude, I know. Yeah. No, I'll be there Friday. Okay. Well, bro, yeah. thanks for picking up. Right. We appreciate it and. Honestly, yeah. I, feel, I feel so bad. It was so close. Oh, dude. So hey, just make it well, make it in Vegas. Everybody's rooting for me in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah screw the seven deuce deuce. It's a seven deuce trace. Yeah, dude. Yeah, seven deuce trace is where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. I keep it real all the time. Yeah, you do. Uh thank you for picking up. I really appreciate it. And good luck, buddy. We'll talk soon. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good night. All right, see, see you, Tyler. Tyler Entick up on the gear alloy cold call. <laughs> he, is, he was way too nice. Uh, Marks. I would at least tried a little bit more. Marks, Feather. you saw the foot. Two more feathers. Stuck in the bike. Two more feathers. Yes. He had to stop. Did he? All right, so your team Kiefer on this? Uh, if, if I was that close and uh, not only making my first main, but from the semi, yeah. right. oh, I would have been pinned. I would have just feathered a little bit more, see if it would have gone, and That's then fair. I would have ripped the transponder off my forks and ran across <laughs> the finish line. Yeah. Hey, how awesome would it be if he did drop his bike and just run up? That would be awesome. And just be like, oh, you know, you're not going to get us. You just run up the finish line. <laughs> he, uh, the crowd would have went nuts. Oh, oh my God. Lost sure. it, yeah. And he would have gained some serious fans. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, uh, we talked about this, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago, Kiefer, and we, <clears> we, I did a podcast with him. Dean Matson. Yeah. Number 99. Dino. I've been posting it on Instagram a little bit. Uh, good top privateer for many years in the series. He wants to start riding again, maybe look into racing. He's almost 50, I believe. Mm. Um, he's in good shape, though. He's ripped. He's ripped. And you're such a nice guy. I lined this all up. Fly and X-Brand stepped up, kitted him out. Mm -hmm. He looks fantastic. Best dress. And, and lit kit. And he he looks fantastic. And you are such a nice guy. You've taken him riding twice now with a bike and uh, and gas and everything else. <clears throat> How's it going? Well, I mean, as expected, he hasn't ridden in 17 years. So he's a little rough. He really hadn't ridden, huh? No. He says he's he went once or twice a yeah. long time ago. Nothing major. So. He hasn't uh, rode a dirt bike in 17 years, so it, a lot of the stuff's foreign to him. I mean, he really hasn't even rode a current four-stroke, so all that was new to him, and yeah. he was really intrigued and asking a lot of questions, which I think's weird because I'm so used to it and yeah. I've been around it. Right, but, right. He's asking, uh, like, the simplest things that you're like, yeah. oh, okay. And uh, so I, I had a couple 125s on the day, the first day he came out, and he rode those. He's like, man, they changed a lot, you know? And <laughs> um, both the times that he, he went out with it's, it was a little bit windy in the des, so it's, it's hard to jump some life, stuff. But right. you know, he's super appreciative. He's a nice guy. Um, like I said, he's I, I he's tan and ripped, so I keep Heather away. <laughs> and, I think uh, it's really nice of you to do that. You're a really nice guy for doing that. I don't mind. Like I like helping nice people. If you're you nice do. and a good dude, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, you help too many people on Twitter and everything. I agree. <laughs> um, now, what the funny thing is is so Doug Dubach, who's maybe <laughs> the nicest human being around. 
uh, got has gotten in one fight on the track. Yeah. One fight in his life. Oh, man. And it's with Dean Matson. Yeah. And you brought Dean to the track yeah. with Doug there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so quick story. The basis of, of this article I was doing was kids from come from 85s to 125s. And Carter Dubach, Doug's kid, was there. And Dean hasn't showed up yet, and I'm I'm rapping BSing yeah. with Doug, and and I said, hey, uh, you remember Dean Madsen? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, he's coming out to ride. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. You know, Mathis lined it up, and he's like, no shit. I'm like, why? What's wrong? And he's like, <laughs> do you know Kiefer? The only time I've ever gotten a fight in my whole life, not even in racing, in my whole life, was with Dean Madsen in in some European yeah. race because he teed me up three separate fucking times and. <laughs> From a heat race, semi, and LCQ, and he just punted me in the stands. And so, finally, the last one he did, I just kind of mm-hmm. was riding back to the pits and ghost rid my bike and jumped on and started doing haymakers on his ass. <laughs> Again, Doug Dubach, maybe the nicest human yeah. being around. Yeah. And you brought him to the track. I brought him together one more time. <laughs> but they, they, they talked. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at first glance, Dean kind of saw him at the you know, corner of eye. I don't think he, like, wanted to confront him at all. Uh, didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But once he saw him, he's like, hey, Doug. And they, they talked and... And Dean didn't know I talked to Doug previously. And okay. Dean came up to me and goes, yeah, man, me and Doug didn't like each other back then. But we're cool now. Everything's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You bring him out the one time and, and, and right. Dubok's arch enemy. Right. Oh, it's funny. But, uh, hey, nice job on that, Kiefer. Thank and, you. And, and Dean Dean Matson's getting to go ride a dirt bike again. Yeah, it's, I, I'm all which about you, people which riding. You so. are all about people riding dirt bikes. Yep. Even the guy in the corner there. Yep. Back flipping fool. Don't bro me. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of uh, uh, bros, uh, Steve down at Honda World Downey, complete bro. Uh, they'll hook you up uh, on, a, on a new or used Honda. Uh, they helped me out with the Ridgeline, and it's great, guys. There's five freeway and 605 freeway meet in L.A., 30 minutes from basically anywhere in L.A. They'll give Pulp MX listeners a free first-time oil change if you drive a Honda. So if you drive a Honda, you want a free oil change. Free. You go down there, you mentioned Pulp MX Service Department, and if you drive a Honda, you will get an oil change for free, and it's fantastic. And again, Honda World Downey, they'll give you the best deal possible on a newer used Honda. I'm waiting for a guy to roll up in his CRF 450 and says, I want an oil change. I'm just waiting for it. Uh, that's probably a good point. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll draw a Honda car. Yeah. Yeah, I should put that out there. Um, again, lots to talk about uh, when it comes to the Pulp MX show presented by BTOsports.com. We... We have uh, the BTO Sports Tweet at Travis segment coming up here uh, on uh, the People Tweet Travis. We have uh, the NFAB JGR check-in now. Uh, N-Fab.com, proud sponsor of the JGR Suzuki teams and the Rocky Mountain team. Truck, Jeep, or SUV parts, they've got them. They support the sport, whether it's Supercross and Motocross with the teams I just said or the, the uh, off-road world with the GNCC, NFAB, and Pro Yamaha team. Uh, they've got it. N-Fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA, and uh, great, great company, Steps. Light mounting solutions, bumpers, lots of different things. Innovative, high-quality styles let you customize your vehicle just like you customize your bike. So the JGR Suzuki check-in this week uh, is with Jake Weimer. I wanted to talk to him about the uh, Ronnie Stewart going backwards on the whoops towards him. <laughs> and uh, talk a little bit about his year and, uh, and everything else. So uh, here you go, folks. Here's a little short mini-interview with Jake Weimer about how things are going. N-Fab.com, JGR check-in. Please check them out. N-Fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, and SUV parts, bumpers, sidesteps, light mounting solutions, all sorts of real cool stuff. And the, and the N-Fab guys not only 
are a big part of the JGR Suzuki team, but they are also part of the Rocky Mountain KTM team. Millsaps and Baggett and Benny Bloss. So NFAB, support the sport and support them that support the sport and support them. And then you support the show and then we'll all be supported. All right. Uh, Jake Weimer, what's up, bud? How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Uh, good, man. Yeah. Hey, so uh, you're in the semi. You come up to the whoops and there's Ronnie Stewart facing you. That had to be the nuttiest race. You you were all right. You worked your way to second, and you were away from it. But what did you think of that moment? Well, I mean, obviously at the time, like everything's happening so fast. But I de- I definitely did see him, and <laughs> I've I've seen it on TV now. I've I watched it, and I I saw it obviously, but. Yeah. It almost looks worse on TV. I mean, it's not its not like anything yeah, crazy, no, but no. at the time, it was almost just like such a split second. I was like, oh, wow, what, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it happens so fast. Like, I don't have time. You don't have time yeah, yeah. to just be like, oh, man, what? But yeah, I definitely saw it coming <laughs> into the loop, but I was, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, not as, not as bad as last week at Salt Lake with Bogle. And, yeah. And wow. Yeah, wow. really, right? Um, yeah. Uh, that, w- that could have been deadly, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, so so what, yeah. what about your race? Uh, 11th place, a good finish for you, one of the better races for you on the year. I feel like – wait, how did Seattle go for you? It was going well, right? And then you fell – um, what, how did Seattle go like two, three weeks ago now? Brutal that neither one of us can remember it. But I yeah, feel, it is weird. I, I can check I it out. I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like at, at New York was gnarly. Seattle was gnarly. Um, yeah. And you can put some laps in and not make some mistakes. Now, Daytona, you were riding well, and then you, you sort of yeah. went backwards, and it was one of your worst races yeah. that you've had. But that was another yeah. track that, you know, Probably you could have done well if it just wasn't for whatever reason you felt like. Uh, yeah, Seattle, you got 11th also. There we go. So yeah. what I feel like is you can thrive in conditions that make, a lot of other guys make mistakes in because you can just have a lower heart rate, back it down, and be like, I just have to do 20, 20 minutes plus one here consistently. Yeah, you know what's funny is because my mechanic and I uh, have talked about it and talked about it um, this weekend, and he – said the same thing he's like man it always seems like when the track is like really really difficult and tough that's when you do well and what's funny about it is that those are the weekends honest to god like i felt so uncomfortable this weekend (laughs) same as seattle right like because i don't i'm not i mean the 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 truth is is that i'm not really that comfortable in those situations so I end up just, you know, all I can do at that point, because I'm not comfortable, so my speed is not good. So (laughs) all I can do at that point is I just, I'm like, just ride your laps, do the best that you can, and just don't, don't be, you know, don't crash, don't do anything stupid, and just keep trucking, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I've done. And then at those races, it is funny, because then I end up doing not bad, you know, so it's... It's pretty ironic because you know those rounds. Like I don't, I don't enjoy those conditions. You know, yes, when it's yeah. really soft and really ruddy. Like to me, that's not. I, I just don't really like it. You know, like someone like Plessinger or something. Like he, he really enjoys that type of riding and he excels at it. But for me, it's like kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. But then I end up doing 
Okay, so yeah, I don't know. I just think you're smarter. You're like, okay, look, I can, I can go balls out here, but instead, let me just do something. Let me double this instead of tripling this every lap, and I'll save myself all that time that I would try one triple and case the shit out of it and lose time. You know? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I don't really have a problem doing the jumps really per se. It's just, I don't know when it's like that. I just, for whatever reason, I just, yeah. Well, I don't feel that comfortable. So it's not really an issue to where, you know, like one of the rhythms this weekend, it was really hard to triple through the rhythm. And, you know, I didn't do it the whole time in the main, like I'm sure most people didn't, but I definitely did it, you know, right. um, yeah. a lot of times. So I, that's, that's not really the problem. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't feel that comfortable and it, I struggle a little bit. Wow. Good job. Anyways, good job being not comfortable yeah. and getting an 11th. So, um, yeah. not so bad. Um, what are you doing after the supercross? Do you know anything? Is your role any clearer on what's going to happen for outdoors, uh, anywhere? Um, no, not, a, no, no, we're still working on it. I don't know exactly. I mean, <clears throat> if Weston, who just started riding again last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's making pretty good progress. So I think they're planning on him being ready for Hangtown. I think that's the plan. But if not, if he's not ready, then um, I, I will okay. race till he's ready. All right. So, but further than that, I don't know. I think, um, I think I might do a little bit of testing here and there, and but I, I, long term wise, or you know, the yeah. whole summer, I, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure. You got to take the summer off, relax with your wife and your kid down at the beach, and then get lined up in Australia to go down there and be on the Brayton program. There you go. That's a sweet program. Get on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I, w- I would do that. The problem is, is like the last couple years or whatever, and I don't know if this is my fault or I honestly, I don't really know. Cause I, I try and make sure it's, you know, known what I'm doing and you know, what I want to do or whatever, it, you know, and I'll, I'll answer the phone. I'll talk to people. And, but the last couple of years, like some things come up here and there, but it always ends up being so last minute uh-huh. that then I, I don't want to do that. Cause if I'm going to do something like I want to make sure like I do it the right way, you know, I don't yeah. want to be riding this brand and then, you know, end up flying out Friday and I'm going to race a different brand, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. you know, like right. I don't want to do that. Right. So yeah, it's something I would consider it though, for sure. If mm-hmm. everything's, you know, right. And, right. and we'd have some time and yeah, I mean, I, I would do that. Uh, a couple things. I like talking to you about a lot of stuff in the sport, even cause I feel like you're not for one, you're smarter than the average rider. Two, you have a pretty level head about things, um, so I enjoy getting your opinion about different things. So let's start on a couple of massive things from the, from the weekend. First up, Savachi's uh, penalty for cutting the track. Uh, what did you think of him doing it? And were you, what did you think of the penalty and all that? Were you were you okay with all that? I happened. I did see it actually right when it happened. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, I was watching the big screen and I saw the whole thing. And I saw him. I saw him take off, and as soon as he took off, I'm like, "That's gonna like, there's gonna be a problem." <laughs> yeah, yeah, so did I, I mean, I right, knew, yeah. and and like for in defense of Savachi, I'm sure at the time, you know, it's at that point there's a championship and all these things are going on. It's just full panic mode, you know. Yeah. And I don't think he intentionally was like, "Hey, I'm gonna cut the track right here," but at that point, you're just you're freaking out a little bit and you're trying to hurry up. But as soon as he did it, I knew there would be a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and again, then then we get to that point, was the penalty fair? Well, we don't really know because the penalties are always different. So I don't really know if it's fair or not. Yeah. There was, and it's so hard to put a set penalty because every situation seems to be a little bit different. So I understand both sides, and I, you know, I'm sure it's really difficult to figure out what's fair. Whether it's fair or not, I don't know. Him being docked something, yeah I, yeah, I knew that was coming as soon as I saw it. Is it fair or not? I don't know. That's that's why I don't work at the AMA because I don't, you know, I don't know. One thing for but sure, I definitely the, knew something was going to happen. One thing for sure, it's all over the map. That's what we knew it would be. This one's, you know, we've seen it happen before, and guys get docked some seconds. They never really get uh-huh. docked. I mean, what they what they docked Joey via the penalty book, the penalty via the rule book makes sense, but. They oftentimes don't go by. They just go, ah, here's five seconds. Right. You know, so. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, another thing I is. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a question, though, too. Like, if it would have been Osborne or something, someone different, yeah. you know, what would would they have done something different to make the points chase tighter, you know? So, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, second thing was Marv. Marv moved over in the last lap to let Dunge win three extra points in the title chase. I don't have a problem with this, but there's a lot of angry people um, on my Twitter. Now, you've been, you've won a championship. You've been in championship races with teammates. You've covered all yeah. of this. What, I, I'm okay with this. You? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Like, these championships are everything. It's, it's literally everything. And, and these big companies and manufacturers – I mean, that is, that's what we all do it for, and these companies pay money for. Like, it's not like we're at the fifth race and yeah. there's team tactics going on or whatever. Like, there's one one race to go. You know, it is the closest battle that we've had in years. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to be upset. I mean, the only thing I think that's a little bit weird, and I'm not a team manager, or I, you know, I don't really know exactly. Mm-hmm how you deal with that but i do think that i don't think you know denying it or dancing around it is probably i don't know to me or the fans i think you know i think if you're gonna do it i think maybe just own up yeah i think so i mean i either way i don't think it's a huge deal and i think people need to understand a little bit um they want to see a race and they want to see it be close but um you know, at the end of the day, championships are, are it's everything. So that you know, you got to do what you got to do. And and I I would have a problem with it if it was round ten. Yeah. Or you know. Or or but, like but I at said, this point. Yeah. Or like I said, if Tomac, if Marvin went out there and tried to take Eli down, like that kind of yeah, team yeah, tactics. Yeah. Like yeah, don't do that. Right. One hundred percent chance KTM pays Marv his win bonus though. Right. We all agree on that. Well, I don't. I mean, I, again, I'm not a team manager, but I would. I would hope. So. I would probably. I would think so. Yeah. But I'm. That's not my place. But yeah, I, I would. I would think they would. Uh, did you ever get spoken to a Cowie to help RV out at all? Did anybody pull you aside and say, "I don't know"? I know you were hurt for a couple of those. No, things, but... no, because not that I remember. Um, Eleven. I only raced two Supercross races because I was injured, mm-hmm. and then. Um, 12, 13, and 14, I don't remember it really being that close. Like, I remember 12, 
he had already won the championship with a few rounds to yeah. go. Yeah, maybe four rounds. And then out. beyond that, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember being talked to him, being like, "Hey, you know, here's the situation." What like, about I don't? What about when you won your title at PC? Now, Mitch says he doesn't really play the team tactics, but I wonder if anybody was said, "Hey, I don't," and I don't remember your specific <laughs> end of the race. <laughs> this is, it's actually pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> um, Mitch never said anything to me, and I actually had a pretty good point lead like it wasn't super close uh-huh. but being in the moment I was freaking out a little bit because um, you know just just with everything that goes on one round I crashed and didn't do good and I lost a bunch of points and then I was freaking out going into Seattle main event because it was a really short start and I was on the far outside and so anyway but so Mitch never said anything but you know Hanny was my teammate and we like he was so he was an awesome teammate <clears throat> honestly and we really got along, but and he was like, "Hey, you know, you need me to help you out. You know, you need, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever. You, if you need me to do something, let me know." But I'm like, "No, nah, we're good, man. Just, just settle down. I think we're. I'll let you know. But at this point, I think we're good. Was let's, he just leave it alone? Was he sort of uh, indicating that he would maybe even shank a guy? Well, I didn't ask him exactly, like, hey, what are you going to do? Like, go Tanya Harding someone's right. leg? Or I didn't ask him what he was thinking, but. Yeah. But with Hanny, he, he, he did brought it up to me. Hey, man, if, if you because I was freaking out at this one race, right. and he's like, "Dude, if you like, if you need anything, you let me know. Like, I got no problem. <laughs> We're good, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with Hanny, this could cover almost anything. Almost anything. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but but Mitch never, Mitch right. never said anything. Well, uh, hey, thanks. Well, for, I, oh. I do remember afterwards we laughed about it, but he never, he never said anything. Uh, thanks for doing the uh, NFAB JGR check-in. NFAB helping out JGR for a number of years now. Do you have any NFAB parts on your any of your trucks or anything? No, I don't. I lined up. But bro. I know Thomas. I know Thomas, and um, really cool dude. And yeah, they they have some cool stuff. And um, we gotta get yeah, you. I have I have one truck. I drive it to the track every day. It's 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 a workhorse. I don't I don't I don't have anything. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. One more race this weekend, and uh, and then yep. the series is done. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for doing the NFAB JGR check-in. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. LCGPA, the new launch control system developed by Get Engineers, together with top teams all around the world. The technology that made Get Riders World Champion is available on the market. Destroy the start. Get the whole shot with Get. Uh, the RX1 processor, the, uh, this, the LCGPA, extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OE systems. Uh, JGR Suzuki and Reed and Webb uh, use GET. If you need a deal from GET, get GET. Just email the show. We'll pass it on. And uh, Dan and the boys at GET will uh, help you out. And uh, two strokes, too. Really good on two strokes, Dan said. Sell, they sell oh, really? Ton. Yeah, they sell a ton. I'll be down. So, Chris Kiefer from Dirt Rider, Dirt Rider Magazine, DirtRider.com. DirtRider.com. Have you ever been to DirtRider.com? I've never been to DirtRider.com. Are you serious? Ah, uh, no, I have. Years ago. Wow. Thank you. How's it going? It's better. We re- revamped it here in the last year, so it looks a lot better. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of dated for a while, but yeah. Do you put a lot of rider interviews on there and, and bike tests, or is it... Uh, bike tests. A lot of testing. Yeah. Not, a, not a lot of interviews. But yeah, we do get a lot of off-road interviews yeah. and stuff. There's a you gotta, sprinkling of everything. I'm always, I always say this to media guys uh, in our sport, like, do find a niche, do it well. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are off road, so we MXA or Racer X has it covered. You know, we're at the MXA? race all the time. Okay, 
I'm getting to them. Okay. Racer X has it covered, yeah. you know, the pro racing scene. Yeah. So dabble in it for sure. You got to cover it. You can't ignore it. Right. But what you guys do well is the off-road stuff. So test off-road products, interview off-road racers, do what you do well. I feel like we're hybrid though, so we can't just do one thing. No, no, no. You, you sprinkle the coverage of Supercross yeah. motocross for sure. Right. But, but offer somebody something they can't get yes. elsewhere, which is off-road specific stuff because truly the off-road community is underserved. Yes. You go to the GNCCs, there's 6,000 racers there. I wish we would go to more GNCCs. I wish we would cover more GNCCs, but logistically, it's I hard. know a guy, his name rhymes with Shmaby Shmooms. Uh-huh. Can maybe help us out? No. Oh. He's not happy with Dirt Rider not putting Caleb Russell on the cover at some point. Okay. Well, so. that's, not a, a, that's not just like we're never going to do that. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You guys that's not out of the question. So, you know, there's some different podcasts and stuff out there, and I'm always like, just do what you do. Like... Whatever your niche is, like right. Kenny Taco Bell has a podcast. He's still doing it? I don't know if he still is, but he had one. Right. I said, don't talk about what happened in Supercross. I'm doing that. I'm at the pits. I, I do this well. It's my job. Right. But I don't know anything about freestyle, and they don't get any coverage. Right. Call those buddies up. Tell, get stories about banging hookers, snorting coke, and doing backflips. Right. That's your niche. That'd be great. I'd, listen, it, I'd listen to that. Do it well. Right. Whatever it is. That's my biggest thing. That's my advice for everybody. Besides that, and work your balls off. And you well, don't got to be a good photographer to, uh, or you got to be a good photographer to get to get to get seen. So I think a lot of media guys work their balls off. It's not a it's not a nine to five thing. I'll tell you that much. No, yeah, no, I no. am a shitty media guy, no doubt about it. <laughs> You've been fucking waiting for that, haven't you? You've been sitting there Man. week after week. Where does he find these? Just waiting for that drop. I keep some in my in my pocket. Yeah, for just loaded, day. loaded and ready. Wow, that's good. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> Do we need? Can I just get one more just of something that, that we haven't heard before? Just one. F you, dude. I don't know if I have one that you haven't heard that you haven't heard before. We haven't heard that one ever. Really? No. no. Never heard that. No. He was sitting in this chair last night and looked looked hot. Mm, okay. Fuck you. Those are old ones. <laughs> Those are old ones. I didn't even make those. Those were those were around before I started. Huh. I just pulled them and, and started using them. I like it. Yeah. Great radio, bros. <laughs> that, that must have been a long time ago, dude. There's a lot of French in his mouth still back then. No, I don't know. I think it's just, we got to get that guy back up here. Now he's a take the French out of your mouth. There's sharks in here. Now he's got to. <laughs> uh, uh, now he's rebuilding that house. I don't know if he's ever going to come back up. David Villain and everybody. Uh, 702-586-757. Call anytime. Leave a voicemail. And uh, voicemail box was full. Wow. 62 messages. Fuck. In a week. And I imagine I got a little bit of the Marv stuff, but there's probably a lot of people calling that couldn't leave the Marv stuff because it was full. Wow. But here's the best of the best that was uh, the week in the voicemails. Here we go. Hey, I was listening to the review podcast. And you were saying that you don't like the time and events and you don't think it worked, but I don't think that uh, the Dirtworks guys got a chance to build tracks without worrying about the times. I think those tracks were already planned and ready to go. So definitely give it another year, maybe two. Uh, let them come up with some different designs where we don't have to worry about lap times and uh, see what happens with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't buy that. They they just need to buy more dirt, and they knew that. They saw it going down the concrete or the plywood every week. So 
Where are you at on the time main events, Kiefer? <sighs> As a fan, I like it because I get to see more. Um, so, honestly, I had no problems with 20 laps. I think 20 laps is great, too. So, I, no, I just don't have really have an opinion on that because I, I don't care for either. It's like, it's fine for yeah. either one. It's fine. Right. So It's like chocolate ice cream. Yeah, it's like all good. Right. Yeah. As long as I get to see and watch racing, I'm fine. Right. All right. Steve, this is Mike. Mike Ockenballs. You know how pissed off you get when you talk about the 250 class? Well, that's how pissed off I get every time I hear you say New York Supercross. So if you say it more than five times tonight on your show, I'll once. be at the Meadowlands, and when I see you, I'm going to punch you in the face. Wow. You got it? Mike Ockenballs. Mike Ockenballs. Okay. Uh, it's me. My, yeah. <laughs> me, Mike Ockenballs. That's four. We got your joke right at the beginning, hey, up, Mike Ockenballs. Like, we got like we got it. All right. And hi. And then you just said... <laughs> You said it three more times, which ruined the whole idea of Mike Cock and Balls. Right. So, clearly you're not a joke writer. <sighs> Second of all, I asked Wygant about this. Wygant is born... Oh, is everything okay over there? Yeah. Oh, I just look at your phone. Uh, don't even talk. Uh, Glass are, house. Those are texts for the show and Oh, things like right. Because okay. Twitter is on. Oh, yeah. No, no. no. Uh, look at my texts. Here we go. Um, I, what's... Uh, I didn't even pick the son of a bitch thanking, up. Thanking Tyler Entignap, thanking <laughs> Wardy and David Bailey. Uh, that's your wife talking Fro. Fro oh, texted. it's my wife. Fro, <laughs> that's fucking better. <laughs> Fro texted. Fro texted me. Okay. Um, so this is all Dean Wilson. Thank you. Like hey, This is all work-related. I didn't even touch the thing. I just looked down Whatever. at it. Okay. So, Wygant's born in Jersey. Yeah. And is loves Jersey. And I said, what do you call this race? Because it's Heath Rutherford. Yep. It's New York City. It's New Jersey. That's right. All right there. Wygant is like, uh, yep, no problem. Call it New York Supercross because without New York, that stadium wouldn't exist. Right. It's yep. not built on the tax fund. Yeah, tax, yeah, tax yeah. fund of Jersey people. Right. It's a New York Supercross like the Jets and the Giants play there. Right. So Mike Cockenballs suck on that one. Mm. Wygant says it's fine. And he's from Jersey. What's up, guys? This is Tommy from Kentucky. Just want to start off saying I wish somebody would bring the motocross game to Central Kentucky. Me too. I've and, been saying that for uh, years. Second off, I wanted to say that uh, I think the format right now in Supercross is good. you got to think about all the fans that have stuck with this sport the whole way through. And, you know, for us people who ride ourselves, like, it's an honor for us just to get to go and watch these guys ride because, you know, they're just on a whole nother level. So I think the format's not broken. They shouldn't change it. And uh, that's all I got. You guys, thanks for everything y'all do. Yeah, no, don't change anything. Don't try to be more entertaining or anything. Don't do not do that. Just do you know, good. keep running the same format you've had since 1986. Yeah, Go can't, ahead. Can't do that. But do you know how good a Kentucky Supercross would be to go to? Just to sit back and take it all in? Yeah, apparently the Nashville was maybe going to be on the schedule for next year. Mm, so I feel like Kentucky would be better. Yeah, I do too. I think they're going to go to Houston and Tampa is the word. Houston and Tampa. That's nothing. They will really be mean. added on. That Tampa has the strip clubs. Okay. Tremendous strip clubs right across the street from each other. Oh, and then on deck, on deck is Maserati and Lamborghini. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're doing, Tampa. It's, it's uh, a trip. It's Mons Venus, and the other one is... Mons some, Venus? Yep, that's the main one. That's a, It's good. 
Um, real dark. What's it make? What makes it good? Like the quality of chicks. Okay, got there's a ton of them I remember from back in the day. All right, Tampa. We can call Denny Stevenson and get a full report. <laughs> um, Mons Venus and what's the other? Oh man, someone will tweet me or whatever. Anyways, Black Velvet. Um, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Math ass. 480 Phil. East Hampton, Connecticut. Hey. Next time you see DV, I remember we were at Southwick. And I believe it was his clutch. Got cooked. I don't know if yep. it was a 400 or a 420. It was actually a 252 stroke. Or were they 426 yams? It was a 252 stroke. Anyway, I just remember watching at the end of Moto World. Larry Myers was announcing, I believe. Uh, shows me fucking giving him the fucking finger. As Classy, he bro. His Troy Lee fucking helmet out he, didn't have, he didn't have Troy Lee helmet. I'm like, go back to fucking France. I end up, hey, I think he's fucking really fucking smart. And I and I really like listening to him. He's a smart dude. But at the time, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> I couldn't either. Hey, really? I like that video. Yeah. What what did Ricky Carmichael say to you that time? Fucking, he looked like a fucking Mathis that weighed like 200 pounds. But anyway, love the show, guy. Thanks, and, buddy. And, uh, Thanks, guy. Bomac train, huh? Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Great show. Yeah, I didn't like DV because he's fucking calling me a big boy in the middle of the fucking race. So I was like, well, screw that guy. Big Randy, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, I just was going to comment on uh, you guys were just talking about the uh, the tying graces, and um, you know, as as a fan, man, I just I just sure hope that they they give this a, a, a better chance and really work on trying to improve their method and make the tracks right because I just think it's you know a quick twenty lap main event. It just goes so fast, and it's just so little of racing that you know we as fans get to see. And I yeah. and I think it challenges the riders more as well. I mean, I get the whole lapper thing, and it gets kind of dangerous. But mm-hmm. and I just I hope they keep the lap that are the time races. I mean, it's we're getting to see a lot more racing this way. Yeah, I hear you for sure. And I've talked about it before. San Francisco last year was forty three second lap times. Dungey was on the track for like seventeen minutes total, including the heat race. So right. I absolutely get that. But how about how about we look at the track deterioration and the riders, you know, barely surviving out there? Right. Well, and, they got. I, I I just think they yeah. have the ability and technology to fix it. Well, okay. Yeah. No, I do. Uh, stadium layout, more dirt, all that. I'm on board with that. I don't think the time mains are terrible. I'm just like. Eh, there's some negatives to them too. You know, it's not an all positive thing. But, but I'll tell you what, I don't pay for a ticket. And if I did pay for a ticket, and I went to Santa Clara last year, and many and many other races, and saw Ryan Dungey for 17 minutes or Ken Roxon or whoever, I'd be like WTF. You know, so yeah, I get it. Yep. But dude, and then one but, more. but 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 Randy, I gotta say though, I know a lot of my privateer buddies listen to this show, but these fucking guys. They can't do 10 minutes. Yeah, They're exhausted at the back. <laughs> yeah. When you look at 13 backwards or 15 to 22, these guys are done. They're rolling everything. They're, they're barely hanging on. Like, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You shouldn't suit your series around, you know, the 15 to 22 guys. But I'm shocked, uh, Randy, that um, these guys at the back are that far off the pace. Getting lapped twice, three times in some cases. I feel like it's not so much. I, I know it is 
conditioning, but I feel like it's because they're not in the race, so to speak. Yeah, once you get lapped, they're gets, not really yeah. trying. They're like, fuck it, I'm in 19th. Like, whatever, you know. I'm just going to Yeah, I guess. Well, but well, how do you I, get I better, though? How do you get better? I, 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 don't know, I just know as a rider, ruts are really. Ruts are no joke. Oh, you know this I mean? weekend, those, yeah. Those, those guys make it look so easy. You know what I mean? Oh. I mean, the good guys. Um, what you don't understand, when those rhythm sections, like, when they land, and, oh. like, doing a triple and then going off the neck, there's so many ruts in that pocket, it's retarded. Yeah, Randy, you're right. Ruts are no joke, and they're super hard. Then add in a super cross. You know, no, like. I mean, I, I, go, I go right yeah. to the vet track at Paul after a rain, yeah. and I'm, I'm hating life. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, I can't ride that crap, so what? it's, uh. It's um, I get it, and then real quick, I haven't got to listen to much of the show tonight, but uh-huh. I I don't know where everybody's at on this on this whole KTM Dungey Musquin thing. But I mean, to me, it was pretty damn obvious what happened, and to me, it's I don't have a problem. No, with it. isn't that why they, isn't that why they pay millions of dollars for a couple of riders and install the team? I don't Dude, know. Dude, I'm with you, and so's Kiefer and the guy in the corner, yeah. nerd guy. We're all with I you. Mean, you know what? What everybody's forgetting is there's there's 400 points up for grabs. Dungey has 341 of those. You know, he didn't just get those by, <laughs> right. by getting, having people hand it to him every week. No, day. it's you know the second I mean? last race of the year. I'm fine with it. Exactly. Yeah. And it ain't going to matter. Those three points aren't going to matter anyways, Randy. Yeah. So And, and you know, it's going to get real bad if they do it again. And you know, they might have to do it again, you know. I mean, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. You're definitely well, going to see well, it in the 250 race. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Thank well, you. Well, the two fifty of them all mixed up is going to get really gnarly. Oh, it's going to yeah, yeah. I mean, AC and uh, and just jo- Justin Hill, Josh, they got, they got yeah, nothing Justin. to ride for. Like, yeah. So God with both but both series together, that's going to be very interesting. Thanks, but, buddy. Um, anyway, thanks for the call. Th- th- thank you, guys. Yeah, thank Bye-bye. you. I knew my our listeners would be on this. The other strip club is two thousand and one Odyssey. It's right next to the stadium. It's got a spaceship out front. Wow. Yeah, that's what the club is. So it's Mon Venus. It's taken to another planet. <laughs> Spaceship out front. <laughs> I remember the girls being really pushy, though. Uh, they like, all are. Like, nah, just, like, don't have to be that pushy. I feel like I'm going to a used car lot when I go to the strip club. Like, I just want to hang out and right. watch what you do. If I need something, I'll come if to you. If you're alone, they'll, they'll, they'll be all over you, too. Like, if your chick gets, like, if Pookie gets up to go to the bathroom, they just jump you. Oh, yeah. Because that it, happened to us. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you by that. By the way, I'm there for you. You saved me two hundred dollars. Right. Easy. Right. Just give it to me. I should. I should. You just. <laughs> I just. I'm a little tipsy, and I said, "What do I do?" And you said, "It's over." Everybody in the club getting tipsy. <laughs> you said it's over. You're like Chris Rock. <laughs> it's over. There's no sex in right. that champagne room. No. But yep. if I was a strip club owner, I'd be like, "Look, ladies." Just sit back. You'll get up getting more money if you just chill out. Because if you get pushy, the dudes will be like, hey, just back up. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think this chick's into me. Exactly. Hey, Matt, it's Randy from Illinois. Hey, Randy. Loving Blake Was that Martin Randy? As a guest host. Same guy? But you got to let him do the songwriting and singing. I almost threw up a 12-pack of beer over your singing. You got to stop it. Ow! Werewolves of London. Ow! Yo, Pulp MX. Good show last night. I wish I could have stayed up for the entire show. Fell asleep. Well, Deucey. Nice co-hosting. And your brother. You both laughed off at the same time talking to Adam, uh, Malcolm. Yeah, that's funny shit. Anyway, back to the app stuff. Stitcher got 40 minutes into it. And 
it started buffing forever. Probably Stitcher. Switched over to yes, the Pulp Stitcher. FX app. Working. When your phone goes to sleep, the show stops instead of like Stitcher. Marks? It can go to sleep and keep playing. Maybe that's another little is this, is this a glitch known? in the Pulp MX app. Is this a known problem? Not that I've heard of. Okay. So that's more of a feature, isn't it? It has to be built in. Well, I don't know what phone he has or anything, so if he wants to shoot me an email. I know that. How does he do that? App at pulpmx.com. Oh, look at you. Yes. When you listen to the, email. the pulp casts, the uh, post-race pulp casts, your phone goes asleep and it shuts off as well. Are you guys that, that could be fixed. It doesn't like to do anything but its one chore. If you try to do something else on the phone, it just shuts off. Mm, it doesn't false. like playing with anything else on your phone. It's not a gay Apple. It's an Android. Anyway, good show. I'm trying to listen to the rest of it. God damn. A minute 13 for Ferendis' speech on the podium. Pookie was telling me how long it was. Time it. A minute 13. Must be a French thing. He's going, yeah, him and Marv just competing. Um, look, the guy with the app. Look, I get it. We're working on fixes. Marks is busy. It's going to get fixed soon. We apologize for the money spent and not working and all that. I get that. You can always listen to any show on the built-in podcast app on any smartphone or download any uh, podcast, uh, any downcast. What is it? What is it? A good one. Pocket cast. Yeah, there's like there's 8 million of them. Yep. It's free. You can do a Steve Mathis show, Steve Mathis archives, fly racing, moto 60, uh, pulp hockey, uh, pulp mech show, Steve Mathis show on racer X. And you download them on Wi-Fi, and you never have a problem. That's it. I know it frustrates you on stitcher. Stitcher was being, were being morons for a little bit. And, and the, the pulp app is somehow morons for some being moron for some of you people. Again, I can't stress enough. I have a voicemail here coming up about this. You can just listen to it that way. That's it. It's easy. Just to give an update on the app. Ah. Certain things uh, with testers seem to be getting better. Uh, Android listeners that couldn't listen before to live shows, that seems to be, for the most part, fixed, it seems like. A lot of other stuff seems to like like not being able to switch shows that being broken and the gray archives screen uh that seems to be fixed as well so we're we're testing we're doing things and it seems to be getting better so just uh, improvements just a little bit a little bit it's more like, testing uh, and then and we'll get these uh updates it's like key for ink pushed out just testing constantly just always improving always yes i think this is new record steve eight thoughts the uh vancouver zone beginners class champion i made about three minutes into your podcast before i felt the nerve to call in and it's uh it's in defense of you and travis marks and it's also just to say like oh my god like you actually have to state that hey those guys that's pulp mx app isn't working which i bought which i never even use and never have to complain about it not working because quite frankly like you mentioned every single phone from android whether it be android or uh, mac or ios or called iphone has a podcast app already built into it where Almost every podcast in the world, if I can believe correctly, it's free, including the Pulp MX Motocross Show. It's free. I mean, anyone doesn't know that, 
Well, I'll be hard dealing with guys who ride motocross and, and have concussions, so probably some brain injuries occurring here that, you know, I, I guess uh, it could be a blame for their stupidity. But, Jesus, I mean, like, anyone who's complaining about the app, first of all, I think the app was at 2 bucks. I don't know. I bought it so long ago. $2, and people are complaining about it not working. Like I said, it, it's inconsequential if you want to listen it's to it. the Pulp Motocross Show, which happens to be the greatest motocross podcast and show in the whole entire world. And if you want to listen to that, you don't need the Pulp MX app like you're stating. These guys are morons. Like, yes, exactly. Android and iPhones have apps already built into them that will play these podcasts for free. You go to your Wi-Fi, you're at home in your Wi-Fi, Monday morning at 10 a.m., you refresh it, boom, Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday morning? Yeah, thank you. Anyways, I've had a few concussions, as you're sick and tell, hit my head a few too many times, whether it be through basketball, football, or uh, motocross accidents. Anyways, I was just calling in defense of you, Steve. I don't even know if we want to play this in the air, but I just, I just want to you know, share that with you and have some, uh, you know, whatever. Anyways, thanks, Steve. Have a great one. Marks, keep up the good work with the app. It's $2.00. I spend more money on condoms in a in a weekend than that, and nice. you know those those get used out pretty quick as well. So, anyways, there are apps on every single phone made in this goddamn century that has podcasts. So, in them. thank you, text. And the most Pulp MX show mm-hmm. is free, just like every other goddamn podcast in the world. Wow, it's different. Anyways, mm. I already heard this. Bye. Mm. Hey, Steve. This is Gus Keeter from I, Eastern North Carolina. Gus Keeter. I've got a list of little bullet points here I want to touch on. The show is awesome. I'm going through this week's show right now with uh, the Seven Deuce Deuce, and those guys are a trip. But anyway, so after this weekend's performance at Eli, and everybody was talking about how it's Stu F, I went back and watched some of the old 07 Stu videos on YouTube, and my God, it makes me so sad that I missed that whole era of racing. So, Can you imagine just like you like you didn't like, know about it? He didn't know about Stu, dude, or Carmichael, <sighs> Timmy Ferry. Like you're just he, like you just you're just young or and whatever. You watch Tomac and Dunge, you're like, yeah, fast. And then you, it's just gnarly to watch Stu back in the day. I'm glad you're saying this because a lot of people like accuse me of gargling Stu's balls. No, man, like uh, you know, and I'm just like uh, 20 years in the pits for me. McGrath, Carmichael, Stu. Tomac, Don, uh, Villapoto, I've seen him. Right. Real close. Yep. Many, 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 many times. Yep. And I just go, yeah, Stu's the best. I'm with you, man, because look, say what you want about Stu, don't like him, like yeah. him, whatever. The dude is insane on a motorcycle. I mean. Insane. Yeah. Like, you heard it from Alden, and Alden's seen the, the, the best. And he, you can even say, like, he was, like, I was blown away every yeah. time. Especially you. You're such a nerd about motorcycle riding. Yeah, like you know, you you Instagram Study videos it. of these dudes. And yeah, this, you know what I mean. I love watching the guys, and you can tell really technical riders. Stu was technical. He was fast. He was balls out. He was all of it. Yeah, oh, exactly. To see Eli kind of doing it now, that's awesome. But it makes me sad just to see how awesome said and Stu was. Really cool. The other thing I want to touch on, Dungey. He just seems like. He is content with whatever happens now. And like, listening to him on the podium, he's like, he doesn't seem mad or upset. It's just like, yeah, yeah, awesome. If I win, fantastic. If not, fantastic. Like, it seems like he's come to peace or, like, with grips, like, with whatever happens. So, awesome for him. The other thing I wanted to touch on is that you mentioned in this week's show, too, about um, 
you know, it's pretty much short of Eli's bike just crap in the bed is what it's going to take and, you know, for him to lose the championship. You being a former mechanic and behind the scenes on from that standpoint, how much stress is, like, on the, on the team right now not to jack up his bike? Because a mechanical failure looks like the only way that Eli is going to lose this. So, Sorry, Gus. You know, just from your standpoint, is it a lot more stress? Or are the guys just doing the same thing they're always doing? Or is it a lot more attention to detail now? Marks. He mm-hmm. is on fire with the drops. My God. The guy has come. You're out of your mind, dude. And his timing is impeccable with these drops this week. I've blown water out of my nose three times trying to listen to the show with the drops. And one more thing, in closing, your boy, A-Ray, with the Yama Dog butt patch, Yama Hog, Yama Hog, just just let it drop the dog. If he wants to do something in that vein, butt patch, go with Yama Hog. He wants anyway, Yama Dog on the back of his pants. Why? All the content it's so you do stupid, right? Awesome. So old school, like lame. Um, appreciate everything you do. It's great. Um, Yama Dog. Thanks, Gus. Uh, as far as the mechanics, no, they go through the bike – Top to bottom, front to back wheel, and so they're not going to do anything different. Uh, Carlos and, and, and Krantz, not going to do anything different this week. The bike's already gone through every little thing's looked at each week, anyways. So they'll be regular as, as program as usual. They're all meticulous every round, anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. They're not, it's not me building the bike, Gus. Or me. That's even worse. God, I look back at when I used to build bikes, and I'm like, I used to be a mechanic. Like, I look at these guys now. Were you meticulous? Like, really, like, careful? No. Or you just like, it's a clockwork thing, just like that. Okay. Yeah, like, no, I wasn't meticulous because um, I just looked at it like, look, uh, it's got, the thing's got to run. It's got to stay together. Um, you when know, so just torque everything right. Double check, triple check things. But as far as like, hey, my electrical tape uh, isn't perfectly lined up around right. the kill switch wire. You have ADHD or whatever. No, no. Oh, hey, look, one of my safety wire loops is... ADD. Off or whatever. No, I'm like, I'm like whatever. You know When what I mean? you go down in the garage and work on Project 89 or mm-hmm. something like that, do you like, ah, I miss doing this? Or do you like, is, no, it, is no, that more no. enjoyable doing that now than it was back then? Uh, yes, yes, okay. yes. I was over it by the end. Right. You know, also the so you're the RV of mechanics. Stress and pressure, everything. Like, you're just like, what if this thing fucking blows up and the guy goes over the bars? Like, I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't do that. Yeah. I built so many motors, you know, like. So many motors. And that's back when you did it all, right? Yeah, motors. you did everything. Yeah, yeah. You did everything. Yeah, you, I even built some cranks. They never really balanced that well, but I built cranks. Um, yeah, what you, know. you wrote for me for Dirt Rider was cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Did I get paid for that? No, you don't get shit. Okay. Hey, Steve. It's Dave from Arkansas. Hey, um, I, just, I was just listening to uh, Pod 292, and... Just we got them listening to Tyler Evans, and uh, you know I'm I'm glad he's out trying to help people, you know, help young riders and stuff. But what was his what was his whole point mm-hmm. about corporations? And I did not get it. I don't know. Is he looking for a paycheck or what? I mean, that's kind of mean. I'm sorry, but I just what was his whole point? I I had I could point. not understand what his point was about the whole but corporations and supercross and it's like you know to me i think it's great you know more money coming yeah. in you know but yeah i i didn't get it all right um, take care thanks for everything bye yeah dave it's probably been a month are we any closer no 
I get asked that maybe once or twice a week from people. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the track? Yeah. Just, what was he saying? I'm like, I couldn't tell you. If yeah. you I go, if you could have saw me and Steve's face, uh, we would be like, uh, we don't know. Marks, do you figure it out? Nope. No. Nope. All right. Move it on. But he, di- hmm? but he is driving a Maserati. So he's got money somewhere. I feel like him and Dean should hook up. Yeah. Make a dock. Yeah. Make a dock. Love the idea of the D name. One thing that could be beneficial is if the rider that wins the D name has the choice to not get any parts or points, not get any um, first money, but go directly into the main. Too tired. The main, yeah. I guess is what we're going to be calling it then. And, uh, I think it could be good for riders. I think it could be good for people who maybe don't qualify so well or or have a crash or a mechanical or something like that. But win the B main and then advance to the A main by choice, but then relinquish everything that you just did in the B main. I think that's how that would be the first. I mean, okay, but yeah. Yeah. Great show. Paul? No, it's not going to happen. My B main, my B main idea was great though. For next year, if they go to a Monster Cup format, they're going to need races. They go to like a multiple main event and get rid of all the qualifying. Yeah, I heard all that. the qualifying happens in the day. Yeah. They're going to need to add races. So the dudes that don't qualify, give them a B main for five laps or they five get minutes. Money. They get purse. yeah, they get last chance money, last chance qualifying money. So the 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 the, the goal is what? You have the jerky privateers that don't make the twenty two man gate get a little series. A little bit of money. And a if series? Yeah, every race you're doing a B-Main. Okay, so they get points for the B-Main? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's a B-Main champion? Sure. Hmm. And at the end of the year, if we see more Devin Raper's legs stuck in Tyler Entenapp's bike, right. I'm all for that. Right. Sorry, Raper. But right. if I see more Dakota Tedder blasting people slam off the fest. track yeah. on a B-Main. B-Slam Fest. <laughs> mark me down as yes okay. for that. Okay, Got so. Um, Got it. All right. I have a question about the B-Main. Yes. What happens if a guy has to ride the B-Main one week, and the next week he makes the real main, so he loses the points for the B-Main? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The idea is to not win the B-Main. Nobody gives a shit about the B-Main. We don't give a shit. But they might. If if it's a series, they're giving a shit. But no, no, no. There's no no series-ending money. Just whatever. Like... I won the B main, and then Nick Schmidt can be like, yeah, I made every A main but three. Right. Okay, well, Nick Schmidt, you're a better rider. Right. Than B, than B class champion. Right. It's sort of like being like, <laughs> never, never mind what I was going to say. Never mind what no, I was going to say. I really wish you would say that. No, because it was going to go back to what you had been said twice tonight already. Okay, don't do that. Thank you. Um, so nobody's going to care, you know? Right. Nobody's gonna care that you're the B class, that you're the B main champion. Like that, and a fucking five dollars will get you a Starbucks mocha. Uh, but you still keep track. You still want to be there because it's LCQ money. It still pays to win. It still pays the most. What you think there'd be like a a Martin Davlos of the B main that would just wouldn't make the A main just to bake the B main? Yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be Dusty Pipes. Okay. Hey. All right. This is Sean Brown calling from Canada. Just wanted to call and say I'm listening to the show right now, and it's fucking deadly. A couple uh, <laughs> ideas, questions. 
First of all, I think you should do like a podcast with JT tells all, like a an uncensored version because he's he's kind of letting loose a little bit on the show right now. And he, he said full retard and the whole email thing with him cussing. It's not really like JT, and I like that. So I think it'd be pretty sweet to do like a, a JT tells all. Maybe oh, uncensored. It's never gonna happen. Anyways. The other question I have is... JT's uh, got some stories. You guys talk about the battle right now with Tomac and Dungey, and it's, it's awesome. It's what we've been waiting for for a few years now. Yeah. But my question is, that maybe hasn't been touched yet, oh. is who will it be more upsetting for to lose it at the end? Dungey, who has been so consistent and looked like he was going to carry it all the way to the end like he has the past few years? Or is it going to be more upsetting if Tomac loses after the hard fight that he's put up? Just curious on your guys' thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, if you guys do play this, give a shout-out to my best bud, Dylan. He's laid up on the couch right now with a fucked-up ankle. and Come on, Dylan. Life, so. yeah, Dylan. Get your Six shit together, tennis, Dylan. If you give him a shout-out, that would be awesome. I know he'd really appreciate it. All right, Dylan. Thanks, We're dude. pulling for you. What you're doing? Pulp on. Pulp on, bro. Uh, who's going to be more disappointed about losing this title? It's all deadly. It is? You didn't get it. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're, dude, both guys are going to be so bummed no matter what. If Dungey, yes. But I, for me, Tomac. Just the simple fact that he hasn't won one. If he wins this weekend, it'll be 10 mains. He won this And year. he still didn't win the title. Yep. So, there um, you go. 10 mains and not win the title. That's, all right. that's, uh, that's shameful. At BTO, uh, BTOsports.com. Uh, tweet at Travis. Use the code BT, PulpMX at BTOsports.com. Put it in there in the uh, notes, and it will take it off according to the dark side. And if they don't, I'll give you dark side's address. You can go there and beat, beat the shit out of them. Uh, BTOsports.com, whatever you need for your biker body. They've got it. You went down there? Yeah. How was it? Tour. Traffic was shit. It's, uh, Simi Valley-ish. Uh, Ventura, Camarillo. Camarillo, wow. yeah. Yeah. That's when, my old stomping grounds. Yeah, the 805, right? That's why I have an 805 number. Camarillo, okay. California. They're not in Camarillo. Yeah. No, they're not. They're in Camarillo. No. Dude, they moved. That's what they told me. They were in, Now they're in a different building. About two years ago, they moved. Okay. Camarillo. What road? I don't know. Santa Rosa? No. Exit? Yes. Santa Rosa. That's my old exit. Okay. So that's Camarillo. Yeah. Totally. So why, yeah, why are you they, arguing with me? Yeah, they moved like okay. two years ago. Okay. We interrupt this podcast hey, to bring you this important from- Wait, no, 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 really. Hold on. Good. What? <laughs> he was over it. But uh, how, how is it? How is it? Oh, it's great. Doc Whedon. Yeah, all the, I went out and just me and the family were driving up to Zaka, and I dropped in, and they would show me around the warehouse and what they do, and they have like a little showroom, and yeah, it was just cool to see how they work, and it's small. There's not a lot of people there. You know, it's a small knit, you know, business, and they have two amateur guys that are really pushing the amateur uh, side of racing to get BTO out there. So, yeah, it's cool. BTOsports.com. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from BTOsports.com. Here's the tweets of Travis. Had to make sure I was in the clear. Yeah, BTOsports.com. Please. These are questions submitted to at Paul Pamek Show. Travis Marks over there picks the best ones, asks me and Kiefer what he thinks, and uh, let's do it. Sweet. Assuming KTM was the main reason press conferences came about, do you think Dungey regrets it? It puts him out there and forces him to answer tough questions. No, we, nobody asks him tough questions. No. Did anybody in the press conference say, 
it was it really a mistake? Did anybody really say that? Uh, no. Marv said it's frustrating to lose the race like that, and nobody, like nobody, no one, no one believed it. Okay. But no one hounded him about it. No. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, right. No one says, you're lying. Yeah. Like, you just say, hey, Marv, it didn't look like it to us. It looked like you looked around and slowed down. And he just goes, no, no, it was frustrating. And you just go, all right. All right. Uh, Jeremy wants to know, do you think the way races have been so exciting for the past month that Feld decides to not change much? Uh, I hope not, but maybe. I mean, you know, these, these fuckhead teams are so uh, biased towards their own self-interest and, and you know not looking at the bigger picture, so maybe they put heat on Feld to, to not change it if, if it worked out well for them. Um, you know, Cowie can say, hey, Eli Tomac's a warrior. Don't change a thing. KTM can be like, we want a bunch of titles. Don't change a thing. Um, but maybe. But look, uh, this is the tightest Supercross series since we had in since, uh, what, 11? Six years ago? And then before that, it was like 2009. And then right. before that, it was never. Right. So it's the third time in like... 25 years it's been this close what about the other 22 years that have been just 85 point runaways and if they don't change anything they're gonna i think make it for the bet like we talk about the tracks breaking down i think they're gonna try to change that up a little bit if they're gonna leave everything else the same yeah i hope so they've kind of indicated that uh you everybody knows my position change it up we're here for entertainment it is not just about the purity of the sport anymore about bob Hanna and 45 minute motos right it's about being entertaining yep i do like heat race points stuff like that i do like that i don't like joker lane bullshit and all that shit right heather does yeah by the way oh boy. we are canceling Kiefer after dark tonight because Kiefer has to get on the road i got it it's not my decision it is chris Kiefer's decision it's come late. down on him tbc we have two questions in the bank that are really good that I'm really wanting to answer, but let's TBC okay. that. Yep. Ryden125 wants to know, the AMA slash FIM said Reed was guilty for getting in the way. Why won't they say the same thing about Marv pulling over? KTM must have a lot of pull in the biz. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, Chad admit did not admit it. Right. But AMA said you're guilty. Marvin did not admit it. AMA didn't say anything. It's not... I, because I'm not, he's I, impeding the race, Chad was. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but if you go by JT's rule book, which I'm not in agreement, by the way. I got right. your back on that. Yeah. The rule is not written that the rider out on the track decides to make his own race in hand. That's like saying, hey, I twisted my ankle in a rut, and my ankle hurts like shit, and I am going to ride around the track right and let someone let my teammate by because i can't hold on to the bike right now because my ankle like exactly like yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. marvin got a stump oh, oh my stomach hurts i'm gonna i can't ride anymore uh, dungey went by me yeah so how do you how do you yeah. police that so so the, the 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 tweeter is saying like by via the rules and he's got a point the, if you yeah. go by the rule book ama's determined that chad reed was guilty and if you if you interpret the rule the way JT does, not the way you and me do, you and I do, then why not why not look into that? But they won't and they shouldn't. So how much pull does KTM actually have? Um Are they pretty powerful? DeCosta's pretty powerful. Roger's pretty powerful. He's got a lot of respect. He's been around a long time. Uh remember the whole fuel gate with RC? That was all Roger saying, yeah, I'm going to the F my buddies at FIM and telling them that this is a joke and then you know Ricky gets to keep his points. Meanwhile, Yamaha Awesome. Yeah, I was there then. We did not cheat. We were not trying to cheat. 
um, you know, we get screwed. So Roger's pretty powerful. Nathan Young wants to know, Does he says, this is a dumb question. Do the rules state that the bike has to cross the finish line too? Could Tyler Entignap <laughs> have just made a run for the finish line? No, the bike, bike has to finish cross, yeah. yes. Yeah. David Leeser wants to know for Kiefer, have you ridden a Tom Morgan KX250F Big Board 270? If so, is it worth the investment, port polish and cams, or is stock always better? I haven't ridden a Tom Morgan Big Board. I've ridden Jay Clark's Big Board. Um, if you're a vet rider, yeah, Big Boards are great because it's a light bike. you got more torque. So I would say yes for a vet guy. 350, right? 350 for a vet guy. Yeah, it's a different power, though. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it still doesn't feel like a, yeah. a big board 250. It feels like a, a ringed out 250F, like a, on top? It feels like more like a 450-ish. But oh, just, well, that's better than torque. Bottom yeah, end. but maybe too much power. 250F has torque, and it doesn't you know, go as fast. It's well, more snappy. I'm surprised that you're an Orange Brigade snappy. member, and you're recommend, not recommending KTM for so it. I'll just keep it real over here. It's like Tyler and Adam. Sorry. So, yeah, that's my answer. Uh, have you ever ridden a Tom Morgan KX250? Yes. Like Ryan Huffman years? No, not that. Later. Tom Morgan used to be Warriors mechanic, factory Cowie guy forever. Mm-hmm. He could make a KX250 from Ryan from Ryan Huffman days, and I think McCormick Cat. No, sure wasn't a Honda. No. Okay. Cowie, and he could make those things bark. I've ridden Tom Morgan Hondas and they're fast as shit Dude, too. He could make those two strokes. Rap. Varner was a good two-stroke guy too, man. Varn dog. Yeah. All right. Can MX203 would like to know, do you think if every race was like New Jersey, the sport would get bigger? Or do you think just adding Doink the Clown will do? <laughs> just more Doink the Clown, bro. That's all we need. We, the fuck is Doink the Clown? He's, he's a, he was like a B-level WWF wrestler. Okay. There's many of them, though. There was a lot of Doinks. We met <laughs> one of them. The original Doink got addicted to cocaine, he told us, and got fired from WWF. Okay. But he's a real wrestler like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Uh-huh. Like a B-level, though. Did he dress up? What, did yeah. He... Oh, he was. He's an evil clown. Okay. Bad clown. He was like that at the race? No. Okay. In wrestling. Okay. So this guy came up to Wygant. Thought Wygant was Nicoletti, we think. Thought he was a rider. <laughs> okay. Asked Wygant, why aren't you out there? Pointed at the track. Right. And it was so weird that he picked Wygant, who's a huge wrestling dork. Right. So we just like, you're Doink the Clown? And he Googled him, and, he's, and Doink's like, that's not me, that's not me, that's me, that's me, that's me, because there's all these Google images. Huh. And he's, and he's Doink the Clown from WWF. Huh. All right. Another text coming through. It's my wife. want to know if you're letting me go. You, you can go. If you want to go? You can go. <laughs> we'll, we'll finish this up. We, we will. For real. So you can go. I'm fine. Hit the road. I'm fine. We will finish this up. <laughs> no, go. You, you got to be at Glen Helen at 8? No, I don't, I don't be anywhere at 8. I'm fine. I'm pulp. I'm pulp 24-7. He said he's not. He's. Okay, we'll just move on. To be determined. We'll just move on. Is KTM getting too big to be healthy for the sport? Ooh, mm. that's not a bad question. That's from Ken. That's, I well. don't think so, but that's not a crazy question. Why is it not crazy? Because they have they own Husky. Okay. They're spending a ton of money. They're going to have a lot of power when it comes to like the, the rules and stuff like that. And and if you're voting, you have Husky and KTM's vote. You have two OEM votes right. in your pocket, whichever way you want to sway it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm. But on the other hand, they're the only team that has three big-time 450 dudes. Canard, Muscan, Dunge. So like they're investing back in. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And not to mention the BTO guys are damn good too. Yeah, they've invested in this. It's a Rocky Mountain, but. Oh, yeah, sorry. We'll take Rocky BTO. Mountain. BTO. Um, they're, they're not, not to mention, yeah, they've invested in a high-level <laughs> That's four, not me. 450 effort. So, um, you know, it, no, the, the answer is no, they're not. But, hey, maybe, maybe, you know. You never know. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing over there? I'm checking this. Uh, uh, oh, speaking of which. Uh, hmm. TMR and Jay Clark are using Pivotworks and Hotcams uh, Works 270 kits. Yeah. So those are available through... Uh, Who did you get that from? James at Pivotworks. Okay. What is it What is it called, though? What company? What are you talking about? The big bore, the 270 Works kits. Oh, uh, Cylinder Works. Cylinder Works, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Same company, parent company. Yes. Cylinder Works, two, works 270 Jay's big kits. Jay's big in Cylinder Works and yep. Pivotworks. And that's uh, James Schuster. Yes. Mike Julian wants Thank to know. Thank you, James, for that. If you had a percentage pie, what is the percentage that Brayton stays at MCR? Mm. I talked to him this weekend about it. <sighs> I probably shouldn't repeat the conversation. God dang it. I want to know what's the beat. It might be in confidence, though. But you know what? Fuck it. Okay. Uh, he likes it. He likes Mike Genova. He likes Tony Alessi. He's not been getting along with Mike and Vince Freeze. Really? Mike? No. So, I think if they want to keep Honda support and they want to keep doing it right, he'll stay there and all that. But I think if Vince is there, it's just it, he might look somewhere else. Just from the run-ins that he They've had. had run-ins like three times this year, yeah. And, and what's Mike, though? Mike's not like that. I don't know. I think they got into it, too, somewhere along the line. Hmm. So, that's what I've talked to him about a little bit. and um, But I, he likes everything else. He was under the Honda truck this weekend just because MCR – didn't bring their truck all the way to New York, which kind of sucks for Vince because he's doing pretty well in the points and everything. So Vince didn't even show up. No. That's kind of weird. It's a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you're Vince, you're just kind of at the mercy of, of MCR. So is Brayton happy with the setup on his bike? Is he still – because yeah. I know he's fighting it for a little bit. Well, yeah, he got a late start on it. I think it's better, but with if he, if he knew he was staying there, it would be mm -hmm. more testing and more everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So, he got six this weekend. Good job by JB. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, the, I probably shouldn't have told you guys that, but yeah. Anyways. That's why the people listen, Steve. Nobody listens to this show anymore. No, you're right. So. Charlie Worthy wants to know, if Dungey wins this title, will we say that he rode smart or that Tomac threw it away? Can we say both? Yeah, say both. Yeah. If there was a percentage pie. Oh... Oh, well, you can say yeah. No, with with ten wins, if he wins Vegas, right. Tomac threw it away. Right. Not only at New York, but Anaheim and wasn't Arlington kind of nice front break. He had, a, he had a front break problem. Yeah. yeah. Corey wants to know if Anderson was in first. Do you think he would have let Dungey by on the last lap? No. Yep. I do. You do? Yeah, I do. He no sounded, way. He sounded like he wanted to win on the podium pretty bad. Yeah, I doubt it. I would say no. Husky, Husky, even though same bike, whatever, Husky ain't playing that. They want to win. Okay. Because he even said, I'd love to get JT got, on the line right now. We got now. one more week to try to get a win. Marvin also said he's frustrated that he lost the race. Well. Stop listening to the podium comments about what they actually, like, that doesn't matter what they say. They could say anything on the podium. It doesn't matter. So you're telling me Bobby Hewitt be like, yep, no problem, pull over. Yep. You're telling me that. Yep. Wow. Disagree. Florida Dirt Bike. Wants to know, Steve, what's, what new city or venue would you like to see added to the schedule? 
Winnipeg. <laughs> One that people care Jesus. about. Asperia. <laughs> <laughs> um, new city or just any city? He says new, but... Dude, I heard Toronto's sure. clip next year. I really? hope not. I, I can't confirm that, but that's what I heard. I hope not. Um, well, Boston wouldn't have been. Well, I liked Boston, but we went there already. So, new city. Um, yeah, Nashville. Nashville sounds cool. Sounds like a fun city, right? Denver. We went to Denver already. I know, but I haven't. Yeah. Uh, Todd Cranwell wanted to know something about in the 450 main RD. Uh, Dungey battling for the lead and Eli starting 15th. I'm assuming this is Salt Lake. Broadcast cuts to Jason Anderson in fifth position cruising for over a lap. WTF. It's like watching an NFL game with one camera stuck on a single player for a whole series of downs. (laughs) That's actually a good analogy. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, bro. Don't get me started on the TV. He's got to (laughs) go. All right, that's all then. Yep. Yeah. uh, Table, mate. David Bailey, Jeff Ward, Alden Baker, and Dean Wilson, and Tyler Entignet. Mm-hmm. Which one did you like the most? David and Jeff. Yeah, me too. Just growing up in that. Did you listen to the RJ interview from a few weeks back? No. Is that good? So did you never listen to the show when you're not on it? No, I listened to it. Apparently just... not. You didn't, did you listen to the RJ show? No, I didn't. Did you I'm listen just... to the show when you're not on it? Yeah. No, I don't listen to my show. I listen to other shows. Yeah, you weren't in it. I understand that, but I'm just saying I dismissed that one. But I do. So listen. you don't listen to shows that you're not on. Not 100 percent of the time. Oh, so you lied. Now we lie, Marks. <laughs> now we lie, Marks. Should we call him? Should we call him Marvin? Ooh. Uh, see that? See, I didn't even go there. Oh. See, I feel like that's too, too much. Too yeah. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> Come on, precious. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it, Kiefer. Thank you, buddy. Good thank job you for again. having me. Yep. Uh, next week is the Vegas Super Wrap Up Show. Eddie Ray, Alex Ray, Cade Clayson in studio. Dang. Should be good. A lot of testosterone up there. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, A Ray will probably make up some new words at some point. Okay. That'd be good. He's eating a bunch of dicks. Yep. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to our sponsor. Sponsor deals on the Pulp Show, pulpamexshow.com. See what this guy wants. This This, is good. This has got to be a good call. This could be Heather, Pookie. No, it's not Heather. It's Nick. Waiting for Marks to get the info from Nick. Can't, can't, can't hear it. Nick wants to know if there's any chance that Tomac injured his shoulder again when he fell. No. So, ten just had to get this in, Nick, at 1043? Just Hang getting on, in there, Nick? Yeah. Just had to call, Nick? Yep. It's past your bedtime, Nick. What, what, it, Tomac injured his shoulder? You know, I, I would just I watch the slow motion and it looks like he's struggling to move it when he goes down. Um, like he's trying to he's trying to get on the throttle going in, yeah. in the middle of that turn and and he just it looks like it's not cooperating. You know what, and, Nick? You're, you're right. Um, it does look weird that he got up like that and everything. I talked to the Cowie guys and they said nothing wrong with biker body after he picked his bike up. Now, well, uh, could they be lying to me? Sure. I'm I'm thinking maybe they don't want to make excuses at this point yeah. because it just sounds like excuses. Yeah, or, or they just don't want to. We're going to know yeah. in a couple of weeks if he goes in for surgery. Yeah, no, no. Hey, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but they told me nothing, but you're right. Who knows? It was odd that he rode so unlike Eli Tomac. But again, we, like oh, he first talked about earlier, that track was pretty gnarly. So yeah. um, there was all that. But thanks for calling, buddy. 
No problem. Thanks. He cased some jumps afterwards, right after oh. pretty bad, and it didn't look like it bothered him. No, true, true so. that. Um, all right, everybody. What? No, you're not on. Uh, I think the, his fastest lap was still on five, so I mean, yeah, it was after that. Yeah, he's yeah. doing all right. I think he's okay. Oh, Motolytics. <laughs> well, fuck, who knew? They they pop in. From I didn't time know that. Time. I didn't know that still existed. Uh, <laughs> Be out Wednesday. All right, everybody, get the Pulpmex app, get Stitcher, uh, tune in as well. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to you people for listening. Thanks to you, uh, Chris Kiefer. After Dark, yeah, we'll be like back please next drive, time. Please drive safely I will. on the way home. You're yep. by yourself, so don't, uh, you know, don't go live for two, hour, two hours. Instagram live. Instagram live? Yeah. Oh, geez, I can imagine. Marks, thanks for your help uh, this week. Thanks for having me. You were probably like a B this week. What's my rating? Better than tits. Yeah, no, you were. Yeah, I'll take it. My rating. I don't even want to deal with that guy on Thursday. I don't even want to deal with him oh, coming in here. It's gonna be. You better open the garage. Cracking his he's knuckles. Not be able to get Who is this? Tits? Tits is a dungy super fan. He's been. Oh uh, yeah. boy. Um, I really don't care. Thanks to Swisscore. Thanks to Moser. Thanks to Pookie. Thanks to you people. Thanks to our guests tonight, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks everybody. I had two things on my mind: winning races and smashing pussy. There's something I want to get off my chest. And it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine. And I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff. And I was totally nude. And it was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho. But I just wanted you to know that. If you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho. Please.